welcome back to another exciting episode of Loss of Lieutenant. My name is Kevin, I'm your host tonight, and I'm joined by fellow hosts... Jacob. Nick. Josh. Hey. Uh, so tonight, folks, we are um, we have hit episode 100. Well, actually, we're probably a good bit past 100 at this point, but uh, if you've been listening to our last like gazillion spotlight episodes, but they, they don't count. They're separate. This is actually 100. Uh, so, <laughs> has this, has this anyone is, um, noticed how much we've been putting off doing the 100th episode? <laughs> quite a while. Yeah, um, like down 99.5, 99.75. <laughs> Yeah, getting ever ever so close to to ninety nine point nine 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 nine. But now we have ticked over into a hundred. We've reached a hundredth episode, and uh, tonight's going to be a bit of a celebration of that. Uh, we are currently sitting on our live Discord channel uh, with some with uh, whoever wants to join in can join in the fun, listen in live, and um, ask us questions in the chat. We've got the chat up on the right hand side at the moment. Um, but before we get into the um, the Q and A of the of of the cast. We we are this is obviously a, a proper episode, so we're gonna we're gonna do the usual catch up, followed by announcements and events. So uh, first of all, uh, folks, guys, how are we getting on? Uh, good, good, pretty good. ITS good. fifteen, freaking dropping. Uh, yeah. Has anyone have a chance to uh, play any of the new? I mean, I know, I know. At least against you, Kev, we got to um, on our four hundred point game. We got to use uh, bloody O twelve prestige. Yes, yes, we have had one game of um, the new ITS fifteen in a slightly unusual format with four hundred point limited insertion that we're currently mm-hmm. um, practicing for this weekend. Um, Tristan's running a four hundred point limited insertion event, which we're all very excited for. Um, and yeah, we, you and I, did throw down last last Thursday at House mm. of War. Uh, my Rama versus your Steel Phalanx in Biotech 4. Yep. Which is one of the three missions of the event. And that was scary. It was a scary game. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. Biotech 4 is incredibly difficult at 400 point limited insertion. It is. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. So it's I, 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 I found that out, I suppose, the hard way, which is. If you are going first in Biotech Vor, unless, and I think Nick will talk about this um, soon, unless you've got a huge BTS on your models, believe it or not, first turn's probably the more conservative of the turns. Because yeah. you're just going to move out, your opponent's probably already hunkered down and hiding for the most part, and you just got to get into that middle and just sit there and try and weather the storm, because... I tried to be aggressive with still being still phalanx, and it did. I was just out of position for so many things. Mm. In in some ways, Biotech for four hundred point limit insertion gives you a little bit of a, a an extra layer of protection because most of your stuff is usually more than one wound, um, so you can weather that weather that storm. But then, of course, that means that you are then putting yourself potentially at a much weaker position going into round two if you if you can't get yeah. everything out of the out of the zone, which is kind of what we both we both kind of noticed like even things that you and i couldn't get out of the zone on turn one survived like it might have lost a wound but everything was two wounds or at least no one in cap and we were able to then the next turn get 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 them out yeah um but yeah no definitely you you what you were saying is right about um you you went pretty hard at me on on turn one but my right, my force consisted of a consisted of a fully linked janissary missile launcher a fully linked hortlack janissary 
and a and a fireback wielding sunduk bot with neurogenetics. So that did make your life a little bit difficult, even with the eclipse smoke to mm. to actually um, push out your DZ and 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 persecute an attack. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think there's many missions that I would necessarily say Huck Islam have like a native advantage. Um, for mm. like they're just they're just good all around. It's Huck Islam, but I think Biotech Vor is one of the very few where you've got a lot of like BTS six, BTS nine models that can really just sit there in the Biotech Vor zone, right? Give it the middle finger and be like, I'm all right. Look, there's not too many options of running a Rama list in 400 points. It's either run a pure Jan list or run double Maggie's. It's kind of one or the other. <laughs> and mm. and uh, I was really excited about wielding, bringing out a BS-17 missile launcher and a BS-16 MSV-1 mimetism damage 16 AP sniper rifle. And I was like, fuck yeah. yes, this is amazing. Um, so uh, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, but what what I am what I am glad about this tournament is I get to run the uh, more expensive Achilles, <laughs> which uh, which everyone agrees is the worst of the two Achilles. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, mainly mainly because he is like eleven points more expensive, and he doesn't get like he gets a lot for it, but he also like loses a the bit. Minus six certainly helps. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the I think the main problem is is that um, in Steel Phalanx he's in a expensive faction already, but at four hundred points limit insertion, it's fine. You've got yeah. a bunch of points somewhere. Yeah, like if I went to the other one, what am I going to do with eleven points? Half yeah, of my yeah. dudes, are, half of my dudes are characters. It's not like they have options. How it's, many net yeah. rods are you running? None. None. Well, net rods. <laughs> that, so that, that's a good, a good, good. I've got a combined army list with one Imatron. <laughs> wow! Well, it's a good. A yeah, good, but that's, good that's because you've got the bloody um, avatar. avatar. You can yeah. actually pull enough points that you need to take an Imatron. Um, it's a good, probably good segue just to sort of. All four of us are playing in this event on the weekend. Um, just briefly, guys, have you? Um, what has your experience been with playtesting the four hundred point limit insertion? Uh, what have you noticed? What have you liked? What have you disliked? What's been a challenge? Well, I'm jumping into a vanilla army. Um, I'm playing uh, combined army with this one. Uh, so the lack of fire teams is uh, hurting. So there's far less um, <clears throat> far less uh, order um, efficiency in mm. in those in that vanilla army. So um, you know, ducking away from my beloved JSA to 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 try some power gaming. Um, <laughs> Yeah, have you to, done power game <laughs> to, to play the best faction for this format? <laughs> Your oh. average point of trooper is significantly higher than many of the others. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I, I have you done biotech vol with uh, your vanilla? I have. Yes, I played okay. against I, I, Ryan Kirby, but it was it was also very difficult because I was running a janky janky list. <laughs> yeah. So m m just a quick question because I've always wondered this about biotech vol. What did you just burn through like two or three command tokens in your first turn to get everything out of the zone? Yeah, I was I was also running a duo, which was which sort of helped a little bit, um, yeah. and a lot of impetuous. So, yeah, because um, that's that's one thing I've always that's always been sort of my concern with Biotech Four is that as soon as it sort of like if you see it in a tournament, it pretty much ma makes everybody who like wanted to play vanilla go, oh well, I got to go and play a sectorial because yeah. otherwise. <laughs> 
You've yeah. got to spend a like well because everything well, has to spend their individual order to get out of the out of that's there. Why, that's well, why you play Jules the Avatar help. and get yeah. an extra uh, get an extra two orders, get an extra three orders. Duo's help, or in the case of the Avatar, who can't duo, he has plenty of fair well, orders. That, he's just orders. Orders. It's yeah, like a fifteen good. order list, uh, yeah. and then I get an extra order because we're playing in the new season, and uh, an extra command token because. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the O12 prestige you were talking about at the top there is very useful mm-hmm. and um, a quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably get into this more in the Q and A, but it was just more of a sort of overview of of um, what how you're. Because I know uh, I'm running Rama, and I know Nick, you're running Assassins, which yes, probably the better try. of the the better um, sectoral to run, I think, for this format. Just uh, I tried writing nature. some Rama lists, and I think you were right. It's pretty much either double Maggie or full Janissary core, and at expensive Harry's that mostly had double Namur and something to make it Harry's. Yeah, I'm I'm running a double Namur and Tariq, which is which is a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Um oh. a lot of fun, but it's also yeah, it's it's great. It that that is that is a good Harris actually. Mm. But Did not you so get good your in not so good in uh I oh yeah we'll 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 mention that as well. Um once you've um how are you finding it, Nick? Just curiously with I've only done one game of it, and I ran it into containment field. Uh, so I was paying more attention to the mission than the actual list. Uh, I made a few tweaks, like um, decided a Brid hacker was going to fit better than a Brid killer hacker, uh, because total control and pictures in a format that will people will run many, many tags uh, seemed like the better response. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I, I did start out, to enjoy uh, the whole Asawira Lieutenant Fizz fourteen thing, uh, because with he managed to stand up every time that he killed me. Uh, so I'm looking forward to trying that at a tournament and having my dice sabotage me <laughs> as soon as I try it. The, no, it does sound pretty good. Like a full core Asawira team. That's yeah. like it's quick. Yeah. It's good bs ap spitfires ap rifles they're all good in cc they got BTS giant too. giant bts they're just like a big fuck you to yeah. a lot of armies which is which is really, and, really interesting and also there's nothing like you can't you can't be like oh i'll just malay this shooty link because no the um martial arts yeah. uh, too or buddy yeah. hard yeah. Kill. Fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah they are i mean they i are. mean the, the main thing is you just try and punch through their armor because they're, they're pretty low on armor at least compared to their bts armor, armor four armor four, armor four. No, no, like, i know yeah, like yeah. i said compared to their bts oh, yeah. right there's still yeah, there's still up viral. as far as armor <laughs> yeah viral yeah. does not um, like viral. Um, so, so quick, how do we get on oh sorry what are you saying jacob oh i just quickly before we move on uh to like talking i suppose about that i just wanted to go over my game i had with uh kyle oh yes oh we wanted we, we, we wanted to briefly mention mercs before we before we moved on oh that? yeah sorry yeah. sorry yes go yeah, yeah. go I'll, so, I'll so, um, second, yeah. in addition to the um format that tristan's running it's also going to be a char- it's also this is also a charity event that we're running on saturday um so it's 400 points on an insertion with the soldiers of fortune extra <clears throat> But in years gone by that we've done this, we've done this like almost every year and we've always had Soldiers of Fortune added. And what ends up happening is everybody just has like nine orders plus McMurrow or nine orders plus New Jimbo or Saito or whatever. So this year, um, Tristan decided to make it an auction 
and um, you bid on the mercs you wanted, and all proceeds uh, went to charity. I'm not actually sure what charity we're using. It's undercover. Kids, is it kids undercover? Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a, a kids facing homeless, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a homeless. homeless yeah, okay. Charity. So kids, and is it based in? Is it Australia wide or Melbourne? Uh, it's an Australian charity. I don't know okay. if it's specifically yeah. this to a city. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um, I think we, the rules based on it were: if it's a character, it's a ten dollar minimum buy-in, and if it's a non-character, it's a five dollar minimum buy-in to to, to like place that. a bid. Um, and yeah, some yeah. of the bids went pretty high. I think McMurrow went for a fair bit. Nauf went for a fair bit. Hmm. Um, there was some. I think late... One of them hit sixty. Yeah, there was. I think it might be Nauf. Maybe was it? There was some. Yeah, I think there was, was some late sixty. Yeah, yeah there was Hector, some late Hector like sniping. Bid. Yeah, the Hector definitely bid 50 on now. I don't know whether <laughs> 60 came through. Um, I only know that because uh, I was trying to get now and <laughs> it didn't happen. Um, so, so does anyone here, did anyone here actually get one of the mercenaries? Oh, yeah, baby. Um, yeah, I got heaps. What, what did you get, Josh? Uh, I got um, Drew's. Because mm-hmm. why? Because <laughs> I just I wanted an X Pfizer picture with BS twelve in in combined. I thought that would be I suppose, fun. I suppose that's not the worst thing. Uh, no, it's fine. It's a good one. Yeah. Okay, yep. I got um motorized bounty hunters I bid for because I didn't realize that combined already had motorized bounty hunters. Some some uh, people just bid like a dollar on something just to give the money to charity. They're probably not yeah. gonna use them. Um I put ten bucks on Shredder Carano and then um they and someone mentioned that Liang Kai was right there, so I put ten bucks on Liang Kai as well. <laughs> uh, and um, and then uh, Tristan mistakenly put Fiddler up as a merc, and then realised his mistake too late after people already bid money on Fiddler, and so he's letting me run Fiddler. <laughs> so I, <laughs> which I'm so dark about, but whatever. <laughs> we're, um, we're, gonna, just... we're gonna rock up. It's gonna be the Avatar and nine mercs, and we're just gonna be like, "What the fuck are we do with this list?" <laughs> Avatar, Drews, Fiddler. That's all you need in a list. Yeah, in a combined yeah. army list. That's all you need. You um, are limited just to all my... eighty-five points of mercs in a way, though. This is all my. Oh no, Tristan revoked that because we're paying for them. <clears throat> oh, oh, I did not read that part. Yeah, oh, well. you can put whatever you like in. Um, oh, okay. There, all the things that I have septorized are coming out in this. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was about to say, you, buddies. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, Josh is running. Like his army's just called the future. It's just what what's going to end up happening is the avatar with everybody at his Le- side. Leankai is an ex- is an expensive taker creature, but he's a good taker creature. He's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> who, who who got McMurrow in the end? Uh, I believe Peter, who spent forty oh, bucks. Oh yeah, he just fucking swooped in at like two minutes to midnight and was was like bang bang bang. And I was like, you he, got, he went McMurrow, Ada Swanson, Trip Hammer, Cube Jaeger for some reason, Ooh. and Libertos. Trip Trip Hammer. One of the missions the, is firefight, so I guess you can argue a QB gear is not actually no, it's terrible because it's a specialist, so don't don't do that. Um I I didn't get I got like I got Hannibal. Hannibal was one of the picks I definitely wanted to get because I wanted a Stratigos lieutenant. Um which is great. Um and I got Yojimbo yeah, cool. because I missed out on McMurrow, and I got um Laxme. Or was it Valeria? No, Laxmi, I think I got. You got Laxmi. a hacker. Yeah. And then the rest of them, I didn't. I wanted to get Senior Massacre, but Val... You got Emily. Out, I think. You got Emily as well. Oh, I got Emily, yeah. Um, 
because I wanted to like because my elder chain of command option in Rama is 32 points and she's 31 so it's like I'll just save myself a point and get Emily even though sorry um those out there who bid on her I'm probably not going to use her <laughs> <laughs> well you only you put 15 bucks so you might have had some some other bids on it yeah yeah I think in the end I think it was like 60 dollars or something like that I ended up um donating in total I think we had what was it maybe a total of over three hundred dollars, I think. Uh, total. E- oh, um, the total was your put cam- up in the thing. The camera is having a hard time focusing on you as well, by the way. Josh. It's yeah, struggling. Um, yeah, we had about yeah, oh, we got over seven hundred dollars oh, okay. in there um, because fifteen dollars yeah. of our um tournament money goes into um. Oh yeah, that's right. Go- goes into it as well. Yeah, um, so that's really cool. If I that's can make sure that's this. Great. I might have to turn my lights off. Oh. Nick, did you well, Nick, did you get any any good any good mercs? Uh, I did not. I didn't see any that I felt I really needed in assassins that weren't already available in assassins. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. McMorrow. You've got for days. You've got yeah, yeah. You've got all the shit you you need. That's a good point. Um. And then what about you, Jacob? Did you say you got you picked up any? No. I was I was thinking of the only one I could think of uh, for Steel Phalanx was Laxmi. Um, mm. But uh, but I was she's like Pandora. She's kind of pretty good anyway, right? It was it was mainly because she's the only merc with a killer hacking device plus, which would give me access to all of the I mean, hacking hacking device plus. Sorry, I don't know why I said killer. You have who's got yeah. a hacking device plus as well? Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was thinking of that because then I'd have access to all the um like site blocking yeah. options. But um, yeah. Make, make make use of that white noise that you didn't make use of with your Bakunin list. Um, speaking of which, to. we didn't have any. He didn't have any <laughs> Speaking of which, we will move. We will. We will. We will move on because we we'll have to get into the, the main part of the show soon. But uh, in exciting news, Jacob, you want to? So we'll get to that point now. Yes. So God, I don't know if you remember, Kev, but months ago we got uh, the Whip Twelve guys reached out to us to um, invite us to have a game on the Dice Abides tabletop throwdown. Um, I said yes. Uh, spent a bunch of time trying to figure out a, a time uh, with uh, Kyle. I can reveal now that he probably mentioned he probably messaged me. Two months before I realized he had actually done it because he's not my friend on Discord and it was just randomly sitting there. Oh yes, um, yes. But luckily he was a good he was a good sport. Luckily he was a good sport about it. Um, and we we organized it. Um, and they, they they were all great about it because uh, being in Australia and then being in somewhere in the it was US, like West Coast United States, I think they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. oh, they're all over the, the place, slow yeah, European, the, British. The, but what, the way that when they time, it's like a 17 hour difference. So they had to find a good time to um, stream. So they changed their normal, I think, 12 Sunday, uh, which would have been like two o'clock Monday for me. Um, they changed it to um, Saturday, Saturday, about seven, Saturday, yeah. about seven o'clock for them. So that was great. So yeah, I got to play Kyle from the Whip Twelve uh, podcast. It was a game, uh, you know, standard three hundred point game of um, Bakunin versus Foco, so foreign company playing the new um, scenario B Pong or Beer Pong. Um, or or, or I think as the guy said in the cast, it's Beacon Pong might be a good one. Might be like yes. more accurate. Which I was like, oh, that makes point. sense. Because you're moving a beacon like a pong, like a ping pong ball. Ah. Yeah, that's true. Um I think my great experiment that I had with 
seeing whether nuns could uh, prove themselves against um, prove themselves against riot girls. It continues with uh, the spamming of uh, mimetism minus six, just being awful, and they can never be hit, and they're incredible shots. Um, so yeah, that no, was a really good game with Kyle. I, I haven't had a chance to uh, watch the comment the commentary that's done by the Dust of the, uh, Abide guys, but they did mention uh, a couple of bits that they were uh, talking about, like um, uh, Kyle mysteriously uh, having mercy on me and not just uh, ramming his chimera down my throat. Yeah, I was I was um, uh, listening to it live on my Sunday on my uh, Sunday afternoon while I was making some a sunday roast and it was mm. um yeah it was it was good to listen to um yeah. normally watching games online is super boring but it was good having their their commentary it was really yeah, the commentary good. was really good yeah 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 but um i can kind of under understand why he maybe held back his orders um from just like focusing entirely on the chimera um I, I did like, like the two. One part of this I really like is that the, he had a bolt, Spitfire, and a Harris, and that thing. If if I had gone second, that bolt would have torn me to shreds. Because mm, it was a right, bolt, Spitfire, Avicenna, and Senior Massacre. Yeah, just j- yeah. but like just having the marksmanship with five dice to throw at you is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to just obliterate almost anything it looks at. But yeah, I, I can understand why he was a bit more cautious with the Chimera. Um, given that going first in B-Pong is like a lot of the things that e- score at the end of game or the end of round, um, difficult, especially because in B-Pong you have to push the objective that you need to control closer to your opponent, which makes it harder to defend because... They get, I suppose, order efficiency um, mm-hmm. by you just by the uh, by the very fact that you're closer to them. Um, so I can understand why he was like, I'm just going to push it forwards, try and hold this thing, and spend a lot of his orders doing that instead of um, trying to run a chimera down his uh, down my throat. But um, had I had I known um, wh- what Foco was, I didn't when he mentioned it, and I like I didn't look it up or anything. I would have also. And it's a good learning experience. Been a lot braver with my um, Moira Sniper and HMG because I didn't mm. realize that pretty much once you put everything down and only had one thing in reserve, um, I could be pretty safe that he didn't have any of the MSV that's in his list because he put most of it down already. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a cool. Yeah. Uh, it was good. It was good fun to watch. Um, I used yeah. to watch a few of those games during lockdown, but I haven't watched them recently. But it was, um, it was good. And. Uh, Guys who do it, um, Chainsaw and um, fuck, terrible uh, names. Pseudonym. Yeah, uh, they're really, they're really great. They have a really good rapport and they crack jokes. And they're like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" Like during yeah. the game, and it's, like, I'll, it's I'll, good. I'll, and they're I'll, like, I'll, "Oh yeah, I see what they're doing. Yeah, it's good. It's good." I'll have to um, listen back to I'll it. I'll have to might, watch you know, what they maybe. say and get rationally angry at them criticizing. Yeah. Me. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, uh, it's good for. Very easy to see well. plays from outside the game. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, no, it was it was coming from a player. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Kyle was uh, really great to play. Um, but we want to know, sort of like a, we we want to know the result though. Like, do we oh care yeah, about so, the game. we want to know how we went. <laughs> like, did you win? I can. All right, I'll spit the two numbers at you. Yeah, so I did. I uh, lots of the two then did come out as the uh, yes. premiere. 
uh, podcast uh, with an 8-3 victory. 8-3 victory, okay. Well done. Was it a, um, so it was a major, major victory? Yeah, ma- it was major a, victory. <laughs> I mean, it was a major victory because it was an 8-3 victory. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, as they um, said, the, 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 the battle was won, but the war has just begun. So I think, um, yeah, I think there'll be I some think more throwing down. I, I've had other hosts uh, say that they'd be down. So, you know, maybe we'll have some sort of round robin score going maybe maybe we'll have our own little ITS ladder just for podcasts <laughs> sounds good all right um yeah uh, anyway we'll move on to our events and announcements if that's okay with you guys you mm-hmm. anything else you want to talk about no yeah cool all right so um a reminder folks that we have two challenges on at the moment we have our um, September challenge, which is exactly the same as our August challenge, which is to play a game of Infinity using the new reinforcements extra. Um, there's lots of um, chatter online about how reinforcements is shit and it won't, it's not good. And but I imagine not many, people, not many people have actually played it that many times. I've only played one game and I don't know if I like it or not yet. Um, so for this month, for the rest of the month of September, um, we want you to write in your battle reports or in your analysis of playing with reinforcements uh, to us at lossoflatin at gmail.com um, and a random winner will be picked at the end of this month to win a blister of their choice from Toy Soldier Imports. Um, quickly, guys on the cast, have you played many reinforcements? Also, anyone listening in the chat, can you like give me a thumbs up or thumbs down if you like reinforcements? I, I haven't touched it yet. Um, I'm okay. just concentrating on having some fun with 400 points limited insertion. Yeah, you're right. We're we're a bit like in the I've been practicing right for the tournament, and um, I think after that we've got a fair gap in local tournaments that try to get some reinforcements in. Yeah, uh, yeah um, definitely afterwards for sure. Yeah, I've I've played one game. Um, I got my ass thoroughly handed to me by um, by Callum playing Ariadna, and Ariadna is busted uh, with reinforcements. <laughs> and um, this Why is, is all I'm going to say. Uh, Apaches are great. Margot and Turok are famously good. Um, and uh, the Cascuda kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, Ari, Ari, Ariadna got incredible reinforcements. Cascuda's going to be great with border skirmishes rule. Thank you. In, in, uh, in the. Yeah, in some, you don't in, use it as reinforcement. Yeah. Okay. No, you've got to use the vanilla profile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got to use the combat drop one, which is yeah, it's not the reinforcement profile. Um, um, anyway, yes, yeah, so you got to the end, end of the month to to let us know about that one. Uh, at the moment, I think the yeah the consensus is not really there yet, and obviously we've been waiting for ITS fifteen, which has only just re- been released. So hopefully, in the coming months, we'll have a bit more information on it. Um, our other challenge for this month is, or sorry, for a quarter, is the the narrative story um challenge. So we are asking our listeners to write us in a two thousand word or ten minute audio of a, uh, a narrative story. So it can be a narrative story based on a game you had, it can be based off some fluff that you might have read in a book that you want expanded on, or it can just be off like a unit that you really enjoy and you like the backstory of and you want to, to write about it. Um, and this is a definite riff off of the old white noise um, narrative story competition. So um, the same rules basically apply. Um, we were supposed to be ending it at the end of this month. However, we've only had a couple of submissions so I'm going to throw it out to people out there right now. Do we just want to keep it running to the end of the year so that we've got more let's time? Let's do quarter three and four. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, 
Um, and we can always run a, another concurrent event because I'd like to see some more stories. I know it takes people some time to write stories in. Um, I know there's been a lot on at the moment with um, events, Interplanetario, the new ITS-15. Maybe people haven't actually sat down and written many stories yet. Um, I know I used to write a lot, but I've been very busy. Um, and so I just want to read. I want to read your stories. So send them in um, to us at lossalieutenant at gmail.com um, as a Google Doc, please. And a random winner will be chosen at the end of the year, I guess now, we've just decided, <laughs> um, to win a small box set of their choice from Toy Soldier Imports. And a, our favourites will get a readout on the show, which will be great because we have um, some great voices. <laughs> All right. Um, what else? Yeah, um, does anyone want to take away with some? Oh, sorry. Got to have it done in your Scottish brogue. That's it. If you give me all your Cal- Caledonia Highlander army army stories, I'll happily read them out um, in anytime. In thick, in the in my in a fake thick Scottish accent, which I don't have anymore. I've been living in Australia for too long. Um, yeah, I'll have to get anyway. back over. Um, right, hold on. When you go home to Scotland, do you sound weird to other Scottish people? Yeah, I do. I do. Oh, I okay. don't have a very thick accent anymore. Compared to my peers and family. Oh, that's right. I remember, I remember meeting your sister. <laughs> yes, you would admit my sister. My sister is very yeah. thick Scottish accent. Uh, very thick Highland accent. Um, yeah. Right. So we'll get into events. Does someone want to do recap um, <clears throat> recent events? Yeah. I'll, I'll, we, well, we've heard a lot about um, Soldato di Fortuna, um, which is the event that Tristan is running, which is our 400-point limit insertion with the Soldiers of Fortune um, add-on extra. The uh, missions are Biotech 4 Containment Field, uh, which is a custom mission, which you can find in the Loss of Lieutenant custom mission pack, uh, and Firefight. Um, it's uh, on this Saturday um, at House of War, and it's 20 bucks. I think we've got 20 players signed up now um and uh we've 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 talked a little about about the um the auction for the um for the soldiers of fortune um so i won't go into anything more about that but um would like to say that we did raise um seven hundred dollars for charity kids undercover which will be um in the show notes and the description um for anyone else who would like to donate it's a um for children who are experiencing homelessness uh, in Victoria and South Australia. Um, some other things, uh, the city crew, uh, congratulations to Sydney Infinity Scene on their, they had a successful launch for their regular game days at Combat Company. Uh, the next one is on Saturday the 7th of October, so a little while away. Um, still at Combat Company, they've got a Facebook event for any details. Yeah, we'll we'll shout them out in the show notes, the Facebook page. Do they, do they have a Discord as well, just a Facebook? Uh, I, I, that is something I do not know the answer to. I'm sure that they have a Sydney Infinity Discord. There used to be an old Facebook page as well, but I think they've, um, I think they've revamped it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't see either the Sydney crew in the chat at the moment, so maybe they'll join later on. Um, Either. (laughs) All two of them. (laughs) Just the two of them. The two of them that we know bit. No, the three of them. No, we know three of them. Four of them. I think we know a few. Anyway, we know we know a bunch of them. They're all great guys. Um, okay, so that's the announcements and events out of the way. We were we will get into the Q and A from our listeners. Um, we were supposed to have 
uh, Brian, Ryan from Brutal Cities. I was like, Brian from Brutal Cities. Ryan from Brutal Cities on at eight o'clock, which is about fifteen minutes time. So we might be slightly delayed, but you know, we're yeah, never it's fine. we're never we're never an on time podcast anyway. We'll just make it work. Um, so <laughs> we'll 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 do the Q and A from Facebook that we got. Um, so first of all, so we had we had a bunch of questions on the Facebook, a bunch. <laughs> All of them from the one person. (laughs) (laughs) At at last count, I think it was somewhere around the 92, 93 question mark, but most of them were, I hate to say it, junk. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, you know who you are, you fuckwit. Um, (laughs) So many questions. Oh, they're all the same. (laughs) We we appreciate the engagement. That's, That's only helping our numbers. (laughs) <laughs> so who wants to take it away with the first the first question? Uh the first question from Jamie was uh I I had to I I had the enviable job of sifting through them to find the the diamonds in the rough. Um <laughs> so the first question from Jamie was uh that we did all actually answer was what is the best way to get into your opponent's head and make them squirm? Uh, and anyone who's seen photos from BCB, uh my answer was clearly it is to wear a tracksuit made from anime faces. I will not be taking further questions. <laughs> you don't have to take further questions, but that's, you know. that, that's a very, that's a very <laughs> modest answer. Having been the person who saw you in that tracksuit, <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, you know, I'm gonna mirror white. that and say, just j- j- dress up like a Russian gopnik and wear Adidas tracksuits. <laughs> you should definitely do the dance as well, like in between. You know, like when you when you roll well, you should just do a little, little Cossack dance, like, co- like a Cossack dance, just <laughs> yeah. oh, an anime dance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you should, every time you roll, every time you roll a crit, crit you should be like, Ooh, like. <laughs> I, I admit, admittedly, when I went your up, eyes when in the back I... of your head, just to like really fucking creep people out. <laughs> that would make my opponent squirm. Yeah, admittedly, I was considering when I went to Anzac, um, taking water in a vodka bottle and just sculling that constantly. <laughs> That's good. Nice, I like it. Um, but it was on a base. I didn't want to get in trouble for it. What about you, Nick? Oh, uh, I like being open and honest with my opponent that I am lying to them. <laughs> uh, so basically things like, look, here is Saladin, here is Saladin, and here is Saladin. <laughs> so basically make them know that the open information I'm giving to them is full of lies and let them figure out which of what I've told them is the truth. Spoken yeah. like a true Lamb player. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, me, I just uh, um, so it's not what makes my opponent squirm; it's what makes me squirm. So, just you know, being the judgy person that I am, as you know, um, I love it. I love it when players uh, when I ask a player how many orders have they got at the start of the game, and then they start telling me their life story. Like you know, I just want to know how many orders you've got. Is your combat group full? I don't care how many of them are regular, regular NCO attack awareness. Just be like, do you have ten guys in this group? Is there ten orders? Can I see ten orders? Because you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I have eleven models, and like, but one of them's a mine, so you have ten, right? You know, <laughs> so tell me what the orders are. Don't I don't care. Um, and then the and then the other one is uh, people don't do it so much anymore. But when like orders are stacked like poker chips. It gives me a little bit of like, oh, can you can you just like spread them out? I don't care. And then, but then spread them out in a way that I can see that 
where they are um and that sort of thing but yeah the 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 order one is one that um anyway it's very easy orders from across the table yeah it's very easy to make me squirm in a game by just doing <laughs> these things, uh, um, just just let just let Kevin play, and he eventually squirms himself out. It's fine. <laughs> I was I was, th- I was thinking a good way of making your opponent squirm is um, checking for like quote unquote hidden deployment in an army that doesn't have <laughs> oh, yeah. hidden deployment. Oh, I, yeah. I, I love doing the the cheeky Nocta for check. Asking me to turn around, I'll be like, just ask me to leave. Just like, tell me to leave. Like I'll I'll go. I will leave already. I know, I'm not gonna. Hang around. Who, yeah, whoever asked me to like? He wants to have around. his fourth beer. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> it's round you're, one. You're, uh, you're not putting down your Noctifer as the first unit in your army. You're 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 leaving that to last. So I'm gonna go take a walk. Um, and then you're gonna <laughs> tell me to turn around, and I'll be like, wait a minute, you're playing Starco. The fuck. Um, <laughs> um, so that's 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 that. Uh, and that the, the other only... question from Jamie that was oh, yes. good, semi good, was if you ran into a random person on the street and you had to convert them to infinity, what would your pickup line be? Uh, we all we need a dozen and a half models to play, I swear. That's all you need. <laughs> 18 models. Maybe 20. Or 25. Until you get another faction. Then My my pile of shame <laughs> is bigger than 20 models. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's cheaper than 40k if you live in Australia. I think that's, <laughs> that's a good point. That's like I don't I don't know if that rings true in the US or Europe. I know in the UK, yes, Games Workshop used to be considerably cheaper. Not cheaper, but it was cheaper than living in Australia. Like, Everything's I, I, cheaper than living in Australia at this at this point in time. Oh, Maybe yeah, not living in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else in the chat at the moment um, have a have a pickup line they'd like to say to new players about how why they should pick up Infinity? Um, I know that um, when I, I, I one of the, one of the things that put me off initially about Infinity was the fact that it used a D twenty system, and I was worried mm-hmm. that it was going to be full of like D and D nerds. Um, but but I've soon I've soon now realized I've now soon realized that like a D six is the most annoying dice. Like I hate yes. I hate rolling a D six because that one is just. I mean, I know like the chances are sort of the same of rolling, you know, infinity, like, you know, you roll less than five, it's a shit number, but rolling a one or rolling like, you know, like a bunch of six uh, D6s and then just rolling like half of them being ones and twos, you are like, what the fuck is wrong with Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we, I, we, I, best looking models in tabletop gaming was the, uh, <laughs> was, was, one of, was one of our responses here, which I agree with. It's also best looking players yeah. in tabletop gaming. Um, if uh, if the if if um, the regular Warhammer crew at forty in um, House of Wars anything to go by, um, yeah, no, we are definitely more hygienic than uh, uh, not, 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 not not to throw shade on on Warhammer players. Like it's it, you know everyone's individual, but you know it just uh, it's magic a, players too. Let's be honest. From a very um, cursory glance, yeah, it is. We're also more handsome so, as well, but yeah. I'm just speaking. No, I, 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 I'll, I'll always remember, I think it was my first CanCon. There were, it was like, you know, obviously the Infinity players. I think the very last day someone took a picture of like this team of Warhammer players. They just rocked up in like the, uh, not tidy whities but white boxer shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like I think if I was to try and convince somebody to um, play Infinity and I knew them well enough, I'd just bring up there's a great picture which is um, the Infinity Ass chart, 
which is just the asses of every single Infinity model. Um, Some of them are so on my fa- um. That's what I'm saying. Some, one of my favorite ones is if you get to the Steel Phalanx, it's just Achilles is caked up, yeah. man. Oh my god, <laughs> Achilles and Hector. Ooh. Even even Ajax has got like he's got like that that he's got like that Eddie Hall butt, you know? <laughs> like, like um, a real so big dude. <laughs> Ryan in the chat has said a really good one, which is the app is blissful, which is which is I mean like the app could always be improved, but coming from another game system, having an app that works like Infinity and having all the rules mm. be free as well, I think is something that's maybe only become more of a commonplace yeah. thing in the last few years, at least for like I'm, big I- you know big games. And I'll point I'll, I'll point this out like because I have picked up Age of Sigma like semi recently with um, another friend and using their app. The fact that Corvus Belly allows you to just sit there and go, I wonder what making you know for me like I wonder what making a like, Pan O NCA list or whatever is like. You can just open it up, you start it, you got all the profiles, you got everything you need to make that list is such a what it's such a good way of getting someone going fuck i've got to now collect this other arm because i really <laughs> like the look of this list mm, the fact really? that warhammer's like oh all you've got is the wall scrolls and everything else is like locked behind buying the codex um honestly is a brilliant move on cb's part because i cannot i cannot i couldn't imagine the amount of people that have opened up the app like having started infinity Put a list together and gone. Fuck! I really like that. I'm gonna have to put these. I'm going to have to buy these guys because I really want to run this. Mm. Yeah, I think the the one thing that's still lacking from the app or Infinity in general is a link to the model that you're looking at. Because you may like this model is fucking dope. Like I was comparing Tariq to Ajax today because I was like, Ajax is really cool, but Tariq feels similar. Why is Ajax twenty points cheaper than Tariq? This sucks. And then, um, but you know, if they had like models next to them, um, it might you might might soften the blow a little bit because like you know, <laughs> Tariq is a really cool looking model. Um, Ajax is not. Nice. Well, I mean, Ajax looks great too, but I'm ju- I'm trying to justify the use of Tariq. Like, I don't need to justify. I'll give that to you. Tariq has got a little bit more. Uh, uh, Tariq has hair. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's not balding. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, yeah, he's exactly. His hair will always. He's also, he's, he's, al- he's, also he's also clever compared to um, Ajax. He is, he is a bit of a dumb dumb. Yeah, Ajax is whip twelve. So yeah. and and hackable, which is not great when you're whip twelve. Um, shout out panel <laughs> yeah, players. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll get into um, uh, our Q and A from Discord. Um, at the same time, guys, anyone along in the chat as we're going along here, the feel free to post your own answers because um, I'm sure there'll be some great ones from you. You folks. So the first one we have here is um, from Ducky and Cabaret, which is Raymond. Um, Raymond is um, Cabaret. He's from one of the Web Twelve podcast hosts. Um, if Infinity did not exist, what would you guys be a podcast about? And he says that he'll accept two answers. One can be anything. The other must be a game system. Um, I'll take it away first. Um, if it's a game system, it would probably be Song of Ice and Fire because that's the, the other game that's taking up a lot of my time at the moment. And if it wasn't a gaming system, it would probably be a satirical political show, because I'm into politics, and yeah, but not very good at it, so I like to take the piss. <laughs> I'm going to be super basic about it. Probably be Warhammer. Um, Infinity what kind of Warhammer? Me. 
Well, I mean, when I w- when this started, oh, actually, when this started was fantasy around still. Probably would have ended up being forty k. Um, like a game or a lore, a lore podcast? Because I quite like I quite like the lore podcasts out there. Probably both. Probably okay. both. Right. Um, nice. I, I look. I, I'd be. I'd probably be reading the Warhammer lore more than I'd be playing. Um, uh, and again, Infinity has flipped that on its head completely. It's yeah. just so easy to play. Um, if not that. <laughs> It might, it, it, it might, it might have been considering how much I enjoy it. Might have been like a true crime um, podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, uh, just throw, throw, throw my pebble into that fucking sea of podcasts. <laughs> All right, what, I'd, yeah, I'd, be, what, I'd be joining you in song. I think, uh, yeah. Kevin, and uh, I think some sort of maybe science education, medical education would be my non-gaming podcast if I was going to make one. Did you, do, do you think you could traumatize people with your medical stories? Probably. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you have medical it's, stories, you can traumatize people with your medical it's, stories. It, it, it's Josh's podcast. It's just called Trauma Unit, and it's like, oh, it's gonna be about like like cool paramedic thing. It's like, nah, it's just like the worst stories he's had in graphic detail. Uh, yes. Um, all right. Next. Next question. Uh, who wants to take this one away? Uh, from Cranky Old Man. Um, what is a rule, faction, or model that really sold you on Infinity? Uh, mine is just Impersonators. Only, only Impersonators is what sold me on the game. Hmm. Oh, they're cool. Uh, for me, and given this was back in N1, um, it was parachutists and just the general high mobility of the game. Because unlike anything else that I'd played before, it really felt like you're a small squad in the middle of hostile territory. Uh, There wasn't a battle line. There wasn't a safe place you could fall back to. You couldn't rely on any area of the board being a safe area. You had to defend yourself all around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always, always said this one, and it's it still holds true, is uh, the old Azura that's got her hand to her ear with the multi-rifle, um, and back then, Hector. Um, those were the two models that... I th- They were the first ones, because I'd seen Infinity for a while, and I think they just started transitioning to, like, their CAD sort of models, mm. um, which was lucky for them, I suppose, because I got to take my money. Um, but when I saw that, I was like... Oh, okay. Like the steel phalanx guys look really awesome. Um, so I started with that, and then yeah, after that it was just yeah, it was over. Like you get in there, you see how good the rest of the models are. But yeah, the first two were that at that Azura and Hector. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next question: yeah. Who wants to take this one? Next up, Diamonds has. Uh, uh, what are your hopes? For the future of this game, and do you have any? <laughs> Which sounds a little bit like I have no hopes for the future of this game. Um, <laughs> this game will continue in perpetuity without me, uh, and whatever. Um, no, I, I really hope Warcrow takes off. I think I'm really uh, positive, optimistic, and hopeful about Warcrow. Um, I think it will be a great new universe, and um, I like the look of the game. Um, so I hope CB succeeds with it. Mm. It'd be also really good for CB to have a second mainline game. 
Yeah, if if I mean, hopefully, yeah. you know, it, it it doesn't split the community. You know, that's always one of the problems. But mm. um, fantasy is going through a bit of a. I feel like it's like yes. Hopefully, it will be a way it. for them to recruit a larger community rather than yeah. split the community. Yeah. Right. On onto what you what you were saying, um, Kevin, and this is sort of an aside, but when you t- when I because taking just like going through Netflix and stuff like that, you can find so many more period pieces than you can sci-fi. Sci-fi is such a fucking hard thing. I that like it's it, it seems that it's becoming more and more niche. While it's like fantasy, Witcher, all that sort of thing, and therefore mm. Warcry, as I think sort of a bit was resonating a lot more with people at the moment i find it i find it's more relatable and approachable than sci-fi sci-fi can be yeah. quite high level intellectual whereas you're like orcs elves humans dwarves i know i've I, you know i've seen lord of the rings i know what this is about i think and to get to i suppose potentially a more serious note it's also the idea of like and like the infinity universe is i don't know like half dystopian not quite I think fantasy is gives people a little bit more escapism um, than sci-fi does right now because we're sort of approaching the point where, like, half of those movies are becoming real. <laughs> They're starting to become a bit real. You know, we're talking about the um, fall of the United States, and we're like, oh, we're watching it happen. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. This will this will be the this will be the plot of the unfortunately documentary. Hmm. Um, I I would like to see them um, jump into a little bit further into some other forms of media. Um, I think I've I've really enjoyed their comic books, and I think it would be really great to see them sort of continue that. Maybe not necessarily going into the um, like the Warhammer um, path of a million books or whatever, but to you know, do the more co- comics. I th- I think it's got great potential for like a game RPG sort of thing if they ever get the capital or whatever um to do that mm. um and even to do you know animated like series on it I yeah, think I, th- I I mean so well, I I personally like I always loved the arts I love the dossiers if I could honestly I mean I've got one of the um art books if I could um have like some of the dossiers blown up i love them because the art's great um and i i really like altered carbon um i think that sort of story was great so uh, like an infinity twist on that would be yeah like awesome uh i mean hell just you could you could have individual series alone just on bakunin ships that's as, three yeah. already as an as an aside i feel like i waited my entire like young adult life for Warhammer to get into the mainstream that they start producing, you know, good games, <laughs> animated series and things like that. And now I'm at this age where I actually fucking find it kind of cringy, like bad. Like it's not all it needed like, was some hot guy <laughs> to be a nerd nerd and advocate for it. And suddenly <laughs> it's exploded. Buddy Henry Cavill. <laughs> Damn him! Like it's it's not even that. It's it's like I've realized just actually kind of how sort of oh shit the Warhammer universe <laughs> is when you put it on the big screen. Like in the books, 
it's fine, but I'm sick to death of hearing everybody who is in the Warhammer 40k universe have the same goddamn accent. I know it's probably because like they're racist and like everyone's like one homogenous and that's how they speak high gothic. You know, when I read like what high gothic was, I didn't mean they all had to be like sound like the queen, which really takes me out of it. Um, everyone, everyone sounds the same, and I'm sick of like brother, brother, brother. Like that's just it's it's um it takes me it just makes me like believe the universe less or hate the universe more. Yeah. Um. So I, it'd be nice I, to have I, like Infinity, which is a bit more cosmopolitan, yeah. multicultural, uh, individualism I, I, as opposed to the 40k single single sort of uh, uh race, I guess, as you were, as yeah. it were. I I I think I think especially with like Warhammer, it's like you've got you've got your um, like you've got your you know your Space Marines. You've got the God. I'm trying to think of the phrase for it, but you've got your poster boys, All right? Yeah. And then like you know how they talk and all that, and people don't delve enough to get like you know. I mean, hell, you know, resurrect Black Adder in a 40k animated version of Kaifus Kane. Right. Okay. But, yeah. Like, no. But like. But like. <laughs> no, like I mean, probably a lot of people know of Kaifus Kane, but mm-hmm. it's not something that like they're going to put into. Are you making that face because you don't know who Kaifus Kane is? Matt, this is an affinity podcast. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just agreeing with, um, <laughs> with, with Kevin is that you can just be like, I want to do, you know, yes. this, yeah. and yeah, I want I mean... to do this, and have like you could just you can pick. You can instead pick like a problem or something like a theme you want to a more, do. A more human can story. Find yeah. a place like, in the infinity they were, world they, to do it. When I heard that like Henry Cavill was interested in doing Eisenhorn, I was like, "That sounds amazing," but not. Don't put him in a fucking space marine suit, please, for the love of God, don't do that. Um. Anyway, you know, as you said, we're we're, we're this is a mini podcast, not a Warhammer podcast. Um. All right. Uh, uh, next question. Uh, oh, sorry. Before suggested, we're at. We're almost at ten after eight. Yeah. Um, should we jump over, get Ryan in, and uh, talk to him, Sounds- and then as we have extra time or at the end, go back to the Q and A? We can yeah, just ask some questions. Sounds- we can use that, that as basis like great- for the questions for Ryan as well. That sounds like a great, have- a great idea. Uh, Ryan, if you're around in the cast, do you want to jump on? Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. I'll unmute him. Well, can I unmute him? Has he joined the chat? He's he's there. Uh, yes. He should be able. He's a guest. He should be able to unmute him. I didn't realize he was muted. Technical difficulties. Do, do, do. Can you unmute yourself, Ryan? Oh, <laughs> oh you've, you've screwed it up, Jacob. What's going on? Oh, I can, we should be able to do it. If we, we just should, we should, we, should be able to, we should be able to force unmute him. That work? No. <laughs> oh well, that's annoying. Anyway, um... I, guess I, I, guess, I guess I did. Hold on, I'll fix it. My bad. <laughs> that's it's okay. Totally on um, Right. So yeah. So we have Ryan uh, from Brutal Cities on the show, and once we from once we figure out how to unmute him, uh, we're going to talk to him tonight about um, about Brutal Cities and his uh, his journey with that company. You'll need to uh, unjoin and rejoin. Okay, he's left, and we'll be back. He's looking a little bit like Tom Cardi. Oh yeah, that, the mustache is growing on me. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm liking it. I'm liking what he's doing with that mustache. There you go. Hello, hello. Hey. 
How's there the sound? Is. Yeah, good. You are hey you are good. You're coming through loud. You're coming through loud and clear, and you have joined Craig. Okay, so yeah, um, welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Um, we um, we talk about you all the time, but we've never actually been on. So welcome. Thanks, shucks. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, keep up the great work. You too. Um, so we have some questions for you tonight, which we have sent you in advance. Um, uh, so we're just going to get stuck into them, if that's okay. Yeah. And then, if anyone can, can in, we, can in the chat has some questions as well, they can also ask. Yeah. Just, just, that, just quickly, can you just give us the elevator pitch of like, you know, uh, brutal cities, uh, and what yeah. you do? Like, why, why pick brutal cities, kind of? No, well, it just what you do, just in case no yeah. one actually knows, like, who we're talking to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I run brutal cities. It's my, it's my full time work. Um, I was in architecture before that, and but I literally Infinity got me into this because a friend introduced me, um, Fergus introduced me like 2016, um, and it was really appealing to me compared to say 40k because that's like terrain wise that's mostly ruins, um, but Infinity had like such a dense kind of urbanism I guess on on the tables um, and the architecture and designs and things were a bit more relatable so i was thinking oh i i want to see more brutalism obviously um in this world and i think other people might like to as well and it turns out that's true um uh yeah so i I make the kits myself um pack them design them ship them all that um from a workshop in sydney um so it's made in australia um all MDF and and I've been using some plastic recently too. Some um yeah fade light. Um, that's been something quite fun and it allows me to do different shapes, I guess, rather than just you know. One of our listeners that. has a question about that. How did yeah, you exactly. come up with a name for fade light? And also, our listeners are asking: Is the mic that you're using currently the one connected to your headset, or is it another one? It's this okay yeah, that's no, fine. it's a bit quiet <laughs> okay no you're fine yeah you're a, fine. A, a little bit because people will see see the mic pointing to the sky thinking that's oh that's yeah fine. no no but it, you're using the the yeah. one that's out of shot okay that's yeah. fine um yeah. how did the name fade like come about um how did it come about um it, well i guess it was kind of about the translucency because um faded like i didn't want i didn't really you don't actually want something to be fully um, transparent or I don't because um, because you could just use acrylic I guess um, if you want it to be mm. fully transparent and for, for some buildings um, uh, well I, I guess kind of for infinity you know you can't shoot through um, things that like uh, yeah acrylic or whatever you can only shoot through like gaps so I thought okay well the gaps can be you know, just like a, a window, like, um, you know, like, yeah, so you could shoot through, mm-hmm. you know, that, that area, but not that because that's kind of how the rules go. Um, yeah, does that answer it? Yeah, but it gives, and that's like, it's like the fade light is from, is from that um, yeah. idea that it's also, it's not completely opaque. So yeah. you can do some cool stuff with some lighting. Do you yeah. do you much much stuff with lighting on your stuff? And I know when you brought your table to BCB, there was some lighting on it, which was really fun to see. Yeah, um, yeah, but mainly mainly for um, 
probably more for like you know product shoots and things like that um mm. sometimes sometimes i do actually I, unfortunately at, at bcb i hadn't fully charged those lights so they they ran out a bit earlier than i would have liked um, <laughs> oh I, sh I should actually mention though the the, the fade light like the plastic, like what got me into that initially was um, I was working on a project for an, an office fit out um, and the architect, um, the project architect um, and I were working on it and we were using a material um, like a polycarbonate twin wall, like, like kind of like core flute, like a twin wall thing for like cladding the, an external staircase. And, and I just thought, gosh, that's like, that looks really sci-fi and schmick and um, uh -huh. like, I guess going, uh, there was a comment before about um, that someone saying they like infinity or they want more sort of like happy sci-fi or like, you know, not grimdark. Um, and I kind of think, uh, what's that? Maybe it's maybe not, it's not happy, but like West in Westworld, like a lot of the sci-fi um, like architecture in once they kind of escape the, the Western part or in the lab part is, is kind of like a fair bit of translucency, I think. Um, mm -hmm. and like more, more minimalist design, maybe in, um, maybe in ghost in the shell, the live action as well. I mean, you, you see a lot in sci-fi that sort of, at the very least, you know, people have their glass that's frosted and then it turns clear and then it frosts again. So it's, yeah, it's a state yeah. in the sci-fi, um, the sci-fi genre of having that sort of frosted look. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. What? Um, um, you, so you mentioned before, like you're obviously a, an architect by by trade, and you were a war gamer beforehand, or you weren't a war gamer beforehand. Yeah, I was. I think uh, basically it's like full circle. Like, um, mm -hmm. if I rotate up the top up there, there is like a ruined building I was doing for like my art major work, which was like about environmental, um, uh, like the consequence of climate change, like a kind of you know, rampant, whatever, like wars over water and stuff like that. Um, but it was actually also just like Warhammer terrain. Um, and I was like, hey, I like, um, I actually like making this. I'll, <laughs> I don't know, I'll do architecture. And then I did architecture and that's fine. But then actually I like this more. Um, it's a bit, bit more, I don't know, just for me, a bit more exciting to me. Um, so what, what made you jump into it as a business? Um, just, I just wanted to do it do some designs that before other people did um mm -hmm. basically and and i wanted to just give people just give give gamers more options i, I suppose um because i thought oh there's like real this there's, there's like so, i mean i feel i constantly feel like the the pressure or not the pressure but the 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 push to like just do do new things like that haven't been that, that, that I know like exist like ideas within architecture or conceptual stuff that haven't really been seen in like the tabletop um, hobby space, which I think like there's, there's, there's all these tropes um, that I think have been a bit neglected and I would like to um, yeah give people the option to play on those things because it might be a bit, you know, more refreshing from like boxy um, things or um, I don't know, ruins. Yeah, what was the it's nice what... to have the ability to play on tables that look livable and aren't just bombed out ruins. Yeah, like Infinity actually gives you the opportunity to have large amounts of intricate terrain, and having that available 
sets it apart from most of the others. So it's nice to have someone who will cater to that need. Mm, yeah, yeah, agree. Um, and I kind of like a off the segue thing, um, but I kind of like like in terms of architecture and like um, mm-hmm. cities and like if if I was going to do a city table, I wouldn't necessarily even all just use the train that I made, like because that's just mm-hmm. one. You know, I haven't I haven't designed like um, uh, you know stacks or like more tr- traditional kind of architecture things. Like it's kind of nice to have like a mixed um, mixed urbanism, I yeah. guess. You could call it. Yeah, like like well, because like, there's know. not. I mean, I mean, how many cities are there out there? I mean, another like a question, I guess, is like, what is your like? Is are there any brutalist cities out there, or are they all? Is always like a blend, you know, because there's different decades that different designers different you know yeah. you know I mean, like some european country, cities might be very brutalist in one area but then they won't be in another because there were different different times yeah i'd say i'd say um uh probably post-war reconstruction like that's kind of a, a big part of brutalism um and mm-hmm. i guess kind of adjacent but like things like plattenbau or like uh, that's like panel like east german um and I suppose Soviet, um, like panel, like concrete panel housing, um, but yeah, I suppose more organically or naturally, a city would have just more of a mix if it, you know if it wasn't all mm-hmm. like bombed out, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know I was in like obviously in Germany last year, and um, you know going to some cities like uh, like uh, God like Trier and stuff like that, which were devastated, but only like the middle. So it's like a weird concentric rings of like different um decades of design so, you know the center which was completely destroyed is like rebuilt brutalist but then the stuff around the outside was like a bit older but and then further than that is like older still so it's kind of it's interesting when you walk through a city and you know you're that's in like an area the opposite. yeah that's, that's yeah. like the opposite of many european towns where the you know the old town i actually saw i saw a meme map of like one the other day it was like yeah here's the old part and it was like here's the newer part and like the yeah i don't know just making references to mm-hmm. commonly commonly seen aspects of yeah european cities yeah it's cool yeah um warsaw is kind of like that where you've got the old town which has been intentionally rebuilt from oh, being yeah. bombed out to be traditional but then you walk like a kilometer in one direction you've, you're just surrounded by soviet apartment blocks Yes. And then you walk a kilometer a different direction, and it's all brand new architecture that is trying to set new interesting standards and artistic and like how can we design a roof that looks like a tarp but isn't, and let's put that <laughs> over a shopping mall. <laughs> like, mm. I I know that when we when I first came across your stuff, I think it was it was what what year did you start? Twenty eighteen? Uh t- no, twenty twenty. Um um basically end of Mar- uh, end of april slash yeah may we'll say yeah 2020 yeah 2020 yeah wow shit yeah it's a good time to start a business um <laughs> <laughs> but i remember i do remember i think it might have been cancon i thought it was 2019 but it must have been 2020 i guess i remember julian came home with one of your pieces oh yeah that was the yeah that was the institute yeah yes, uh, that was, was the 
That was like a pre-production. That's right. Version. It was like the first one you made. Yeah, That's right. and, and it was I like painted the very that. First so, one. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. That was a prize that I gave for the. Yeah. Was that that was Cancun, wasn't it? Yeah. That yeah. was Cancun. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, he, and he came home with that, and I remember he was making a table with it, and I loved it because it was so big and so different to everything else that anyone else ever had ever built. And yeah, at, at the time he was like, oh yeah, this guy, he's like designing terrain that you can actually put your fucking hand into. And like Julian's got like big meat hands. And yeah. he was like, it's great, you can move the miniatures around in here without having to like, you know, like break it. Um, and I thought that was really interesting and really cool. And I, I think at the time I remember like my only concern was you got like Knights and Dice stuff, which is like, tiny by comparison to yours and i was like oh how is that going to fit on a table but there is but there's such a wealth of different terrain out there that you can you, you can just combine them all together to make a really interesting and cool table so um, i remember at the time going this is really exciting this is really cool like design and not something it's it you're it's a it's a ta- it's a terrain design for gamers as well i thought it was yeah you know thinking I, about I, gamers in it yeah, I actually played on. I actually like hid a bunch of my units um, at BCB. Yeah, the other month um, on that building, and it, it, it plays. I'm happy with how it plays. <laughs> it works well, like because the stair, external staircase is so wide, you can put um, S S five or you know. Yeah. I think up to S five comfortably. Yeah, maybe maybe S six even. Um, but yeah, that's, um, a, that's a definitely a big part of it. Like playability is so yeah. Cool. Speaking when you're that, designing like, a building, do you take base sizes into account for different areas of the building? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, you know what? Um, this is against 40k and that, but the, their move to like 32 mil bases really, really sucks and limits like the creativity of like, yeah, because you know, but you can't have like things can only be so big to be practical, yeah. like in t- yeah. terms of shipping, yeah, and, right, like. Uh, a popular design I have the cabbage palms like that's really optimized um that I, I basically wouldn't be able to make that product um for 32 mil just because yeah, no. it, it, I mean, it couldn't fit on the balcony and it would yeah in all honesty if you take a look at it, like 40k and age of sigma their trains are mostly sort of like set pieces almost to the point of being like like yeah. uh, w- like warmer hordes where it's more yeah. of like a, sp- a spot there are pieces yeah, of terrain you play around rather than Infinity yeah. Brutal Cities or pieces of terrain you play in and with. I mean, mm, like um, yeah. the the what, what's it called? Uh, the Rotopolis Plaza Tower. Like I, I have the co- like because it has like a the internal wall layout, and yeah, twenty five mil bases can fit in there. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't work with thirty two mil. Um, mm. Which is yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a shame. Like the whole. Yeah, it's going it's, to thirty. What what what's what what's um Shatterpoint? That's like forty. Oh, they're they're big bases or, too. Like, yeah, they're. Right, I've noticed yeah. them. Their bases bases are yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's kind of like a general scale creep, which is I guess interesting because I don't know people will be a bit, a bit annoying as a designer because <laughs> obviously you don't just make terrain for Infinity. Like, what's the feedback been from other game systems like Forty K, Shatterpoint, Legion, those sorts of things that you sell to? Yeah, I think um. I think I need basically. Oh, I think I was sharing on a, on a group the the trapper by the trapper Genesis ones. The um, that's these these mm. these ones. But um, they were like, oh yeah, like that's looks great, but 
it's, for 40k, it's not really suitable because it's all ruins still. Um, yeah. You know, you see, you see all those um, WTC or whatever, ITC, um, L-shaped ruins. Yeah, everything's I, L-shaped. I, and, yeah. yeah. Like, I've got... I've, I've been kind of wrapping my head around, like, oh, how to do that in a way that's not gothic because I don't... I don't really don't think like MDF suits gothic um, like architecture to do to do it justice. Like the the intricacy yeah, so of that, it would yeah. all end up just being sort of like broke. It, it would look like broken pieces of MDF. Yeah, I, I, of, I'm not instead of yeah. what they have was like broken pillars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I've, I've actually I've thought up one idea, but I haven't. I won't um, talk much about that because I haven't done it yet to prove it. Mm. But it'll be different. <laughs> I, I suppose you'd be the one thing you might be okay with um, is orc terrain because they're all just slabs of metal mm. on, a, on a thin <laughs> frame. Yeah, yeah, lots, uh, and you could kind of do textures like, um, yeah, yeah corrugated. You make that. You, you make. It would, work yeah. for, <laughs> it would work a bit for Necromunda, right? Because you know you've got some yeah. of those like those walkways that you've got those really cool cable tray mm. things, which are really neat. And the buildings are kind of that brutalist architecture, which I think would work in in Necromunda. Yeah, um, yeah. Totally. I've, yeah. I've, I've, actually, I've played some Necromunda. I mean, it's convenient that I'm in the room <laughs> with all the things. But this, the the the, the modern ruins. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I've played a game of Necromunda with some friends on this, and it yeah, it works well for that. Um, wait, 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 wait hold on. You you just said that you're like I don't know how to do ruins, and you. Pull out this piece that's a perfect example of like a really great thing of ruins. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the, well, this, 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 okay, this is, um, uh, I've got another, actually, here's one other ruin. Here's another L shaped one. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's high enough, although it can stack for 40K. like 40k yeah. players. Yeah. I was, I'd just be like, just like, whatever program you've got, just enter in 1.5 times and boom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but th- this one, it, like, uh, like structurally speaking, this is kind of interesting because, like, most um, like ruins that you see in like 40k, you know, have like the like L shape, and that's probably, I mean, it's kind of practicality's sake, um, but it's also based off like probably World War Two ruins, where where the ruins were like um, uh, mm. load bearing, so like the yeah, floors it- would have been wood, and they would they all get burnt out. Um, like the windows are yeah. small because it's yeah it's masonry, but but this this the idea of this um is actually probably the other version is probably better to illustrate. But anyway, the the other part of the modern ruins has like this lift core in the in the middle, so mm-hmm. that's that kind of like braces it, gives it stability. The concrete, um, the columns here and the slabs, that's like the structure. But the the masonry. For like modern architecture or like construction is like only for like a, a rain barrier, like it's not um, load bearing. So that's why I've kind of these areas have been blown out, like I'm, you know, in 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 by blasts or whatever. Um, mm. So yeah, and I kind of just thought, oh, it would be cool to have some ruins. It's just a bit different rather than just like an L shape. I mean, it's it's we'll we'll it's we'll have to get to a cool- quick. Oh, sorry. We'll have to get to a que- so, so some more questions, but um, we have one from uh, a listener in the chat. Um, Abr- uh, Abraham Smiles Three um, asks, "What are you working on next for Brutal Cities, which you may have just mentioned there? Uh, and what is your wildest idea that you want to bring to your tables? The tables, probably, 
probably uh say this. Ooh, this <laughs> is, um, what is that? That is um this is a prototype. Um I've I've nearly finished it. This is like for six slash fifteen mil. Like it's it's six mil but we'll scale it'll kind of work with up uh, miniatures up to fifteen mil. Um it's yeah, just fade light stuff. Um it's kind of it's, similar it's, it's to like a cylinder like a silo or what what is it supposed to be? It's it's supposed to be like a modern um like uh tower like um or brutalist. Oh okay okay yeah it's yeah. like um I, th- I I don't know if I've got the movie right but um like six cents or something they're like running up a big giant circular building. Yeah yeah I, I like it's just be nice to have some more round things um even though uh, infinity and, hates and, round I, things. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i could actually i could for sure do a version of this um for infinity like you know 32 mil scale but uh yeah maybe i'll do that but i'm but i'm gonna start yeah start to do, to do some six and 15 mil stuff yeah. might have to get the, the flanges to come out a little bit more so we have something to work with that's not just a cylinder mm-hmm. yeah 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 like yeah. um well, I could make it yeah. so you can hide. Yeah, have some you know. of those come out and are flared yeah, 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 yeah. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what What are the game systems that you're using for those smaller scales uh, at the moment? Um, so that would be. Oh, I haven't played it yet, but this would be like for BattleTech, like uh, Epic Legions, um, Imperialis. Um, but the game I play, well, I want to want to play is um like a Cold War one called Seven Days to the River Rhine. Um, okay. It's actually yeah. kind of like Infinity. Actually, the rules are really—it's kind of like bolt action mm. mixed with Infinity. Um, I say this because, like, you can react to someone's, like, say a tank goes by, you can react, but to do so, you have to spend your order. Um, so you can't. And if you like get a crit, which is I think it's D10 based, if you get whatever the crit number is, um, you will actually change priority. So like. It's all. It's kind of all simultaneous, but someone can still have kind of like a turn priority thing. Yeah, it, but, but it's quite a streamlined game and really, really good. But I haven't. Yeah, yeah I just tried googling it, but my company's blocks games from my laptop, so I can't oh. actually <laughs> look it up, which is a pain in the ass. But seven days to the river, right? All right. Yeah. Well, um, I'll maybe chuck it up in the show notes if anyone can get a link to it. Um, what else we got? Next question. Um. What has been the most enjoyable terrain piece to design? Mm-hmm. Enjoyable, interesting. Um, I don't know. That is a. I'm not sure. Maybe like was maybe, there, was, uh, was there anything that you just like designed and you're like fuck yeah this is this is exact like this will be great like oh uh, yeah probably like the, probably the tower yeah the Bristopolis Plaza tower like that 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 actually. I was kind of just doing a big tower. I just wanted to do a big tower. And then I realized, hey, this is like basically objective room size. I'll just like um, cantilever it or rather like step in so that it's an objective room. Um, that's and, the and big, it, that's the huge one that you can like stack like yeah, really high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that one, uh, talking your, your comment, Nick, uh, about flanges, that one is kind of designed. So the, so there actually I can... Oh, kind of oh, see yeah. in the middle yeah, there that yeah. one there yeah like that has um you can basically get total cover for 25 mil bases um 
perpendicular along those um those columns. Um, oh yeah, the yeah the the things yeah. that come out. Well, yeah, that's certainly a, that's certainly a talking piece. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly a talking piece that that um, that giant objective room. I know there's a few people who have bought them and they bought the additional layers, and it's like, well, at least now there's no more. You know, you're not gonna have a game now. Where you're like, I can see you, and they're like, no, no, it's yeah. infinite height because you know yeah. it's infinite height because it's fucking in front of yeah. you. <laughs> actually, actually jo Josh's Josh's table he has um, two kind of the split version because there's a section version, which yeah, um, the starter kits or something like that. Um, it has it, it like split in half or something. So I bought yeah. two of the starter kits. So yeah, so split, in, um, split in half sideways, like kind of comes yeah, out. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Kind of like oh. the, the Vantan one, how you kind of access it through the side. Which that, mm -hmm. Actually, that's probably, that's probably the favorite one, my favorite I've worked on just because it just Vantan's plays great. really well. Yeah, the Vantan works really well. Yeah. yeah, for being a tall for being a tall piece of MDF, it's it, it's very accessible. Yeah, and it makes it makes the table really just feel urban rather than suburban, which which is mm -hmm. what I, basically what I'm trying to get across in many of the designs. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, someone else want to ask a question? If any more questions in the chat uh, moment? Oops, shit. Um... Um, oh, we um, we have another question. Oh shit, I've just lost my full screen. There we go. Um, what have been the the biggest challenges for since starting um, Brutal Cities in twenty twenty? Other than the obvious thing that happened to everyone in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably. And actually, actually, was that was that a challenge? Because I know I bought a lot of terrain from you in twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so I, I think I was I spoke to. Maybe Viv, and he was saying like this is a while ago, and he was saying that um, like their their like direct sales went up during COVID, but but I think he lost a lot of like all the up, like the what's it called like retailers and all that. So I yeah. suppose yeah, but so like I had I had a lot of um, yeah like sales when I launched, which was good. Um, but the hardest thing probably is just like shipping costs keep going up. And yeah, I've just been, yeah, it's like, I need to work out a better way to get it overseas. For in Australia, it's, you know, still, still fine. Um, but yeah, like off offering free shipping when, when something weighs like someone's ordered, like, I don't know, whatever, many kilos of, you know, 15 kilos of stuff. That's like, that's eats a lot. Yeah, that's like two hundred like bucks. Easy. Two hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, far out. Yeah, so that's probably the hardest thing shipping. And you, yeah. you get quite good sales internationally. And I know, I know, I've seen a lot of brutal city stuff out there in the out there on the Infinity Global community. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot. Of, probably, it's like it's now it's more than half to America. I think. So, yeah. Right. Wow. Like the, and then yeah, America, then Australia, and then like UK and Canada. Um, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, Americans love love the hobby. <laughs> and there's lots <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's really that's really good to hear. Um yeah, no, it's good to see uh, such a unique product going out. I know whenever we whenever a table has got brutal cities on it, you're like, That's that's a brutal cities table. Like so sometimes you're like, Is that Warsenal or is that Micro Arts or is no that's fucking definitely brutal cities. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, you know immediately <laughs> if it's brutal cities. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, it's kind of like it's probably a bit more true scale than other um mm -hmm. terrain because it's it's mm. like you you know it's you could probably say it's 35 mil but it's not really it's just 
more yeah. appropriately scaled. I can't tell you like it's designed by an architect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I get to like a table and go, it feels like too small, even for these kind of like smaller minis. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, whenever I, I do see uh, a couple of them, especially some of the uh, like the fade light stuff, we like, oh yeah, I can. I can see the fact that like my miniature fits in here and it can stand up and yeah, you know, I, I can tell. Like I think the, the the old like multi-story one you had, I think you can fit like an S two very easily and um in there. It's like okay, that would be like a little courtyard, tiny apartment for some yeah. poor, some poor yeah. person who has to live in these uh like ultra um, efficient housing. Yeah, totally, and 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 even like the the largest floor plate, yeah, the like the tower that like actually tiny, like a tiny. If that if that was a tower, that would be like just just tiny, but tiny, you know, like, yeah. only make it so big. <laughs> it, it it is like you are restricted by the scale. Like you can't be, you can never really be true scale. I mean, like the 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 thing I always think about is the the classic, you know, Space Marine Rhino. You're like, how does anyone? You're never gonna fit ten spaces yeah. inside that rhino. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, so, yeah. like the scale has always been out for decades and decades. So the you know, people just go, well, that's the size of a of a of a tank in 40k. That's the size of the buildings I'm gonna make. Where in true 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 scale, that would be a huge difference. Um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. and of course you're limited by you're, you're limited by the cost of it. the cost of yeah the cost of raw materials as well. You know, that's mm, more yeah, yeah. required to make a more true scale building, but it doesn't necessarily have any impact on the game so yeah at some point you you can't you can't keep making it bigger yeah that's yeah that's right and and i've been like i want to get a new laser to make things faster but um yeah i'm not like if i go i could either get you know like chinese want cheap chinese ones that break a lot or get a really good one which costs like a lot and i'm like mm, yeah I'm, I'm still Still thinking, but I'm 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 leaning towards uh, uh yeah, not the Trotec because it's just it's so much less hassle, basically. And um, is that uh where's the um like that Austria, laser, Austria right? Yeah, okay. Austria. So I think I think most, not all, but most of the larger company like uh, Knights of Dice, they've got them miniature scenery. Um, who else? I think Warsenal, but I'm not, yeah, and a whole bunch of other ones use these. Because they're just really reliable, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, my mind's been pretty good, but I just need it to be bigger or faster. <laughs> um, oh, so That's one good. one other comment about scale, which um, I thought was relevant. Um, like with with um, like like the scale, like the you know the door size and um, ceiling heights of residential architecture is obviously different from public scale stuff too. So I suppose that's one other thing to consider with, um, like, yeah, like with with your terrain, um, like yeah, like if you had a tower with, you know, twenty seven hundred high or twenty four hundred ceiling, like it would just be really horrible and feel weird to be in, like like mm-hmm. so, you know, like an office or whatever. So. I think I try to yeah try to scale some things, some types of buildings to be. A bit, yeah, public or public scale or whatever compared to. Oh, I see. Scale. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I get what you mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, ridiculously so, high ceilings for no reason. 
Yeah, like so. This is this is um another. This is like a. I guess you. Would... These look really cool. I want to play a, a smaller game miniature, a miniature game, just so I could use these. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe you like Seven Days to the River Rhine. Okay. Or, yeah. Yeah. It, it, like because of the activation system, it's pretty good. It's a bit like Infinity, but it, it it could be like your beer and pretzels Infinity, but with like Cold War tanks and that. I would say. Um, right. Okay. But yeah. So the I've kind of designed it so that it will scale with, it will kind of work with fifteen mil or six mil, and and but someone was commenting on my Facebook page and like oh like the doors are too high for six mil because that six mil is like probably about the size mm. of my thumb there my finger, um, but I'm like well it's a it's like a public it's like a parliament building like it doesn't it's not going right, to have yeah they would like, be you know flat door bigger. there yeah 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 so. Um, but I'm just going to add, they did have some relevant feedback. So I'm just going to add some, add probably this bit of fade light to the inside, which, which will then serve as like, uh, like that could be the door, the lower part. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's really, that's really interesting. Like thinking about all those things, I guess, as an architect, you have that ingrained knowledge about, about codes and things like that too. Yeah. Yeah, you actually. I'm not. I I should say I'm not. I'm not an architect. I'm only a, a graduate because I'm not registered. Because I didn't right, get okay, registered because yeah, I don't, don't need to be registered for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna design a, a actual sauna soon. Probably gonna go to a site. Have a site visit on Saturday to help a sauna help, help at a like friend. someone's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want a sauna, so um, Sick. like the work. So, so the workshop. I'm um I'm sharing with a builder who does saunas, um, which has been quite cool because you know I don't need heaps of space and neither does he, and it makes it a bit more social because that's probably been the other, hard, I suppose hard thing has been it's, you know mm. I'm just working by myself in a room all day it's kind of not very very stimulating for an extrovert, um, but that's yeah. been cool so yeah. Yeah, no, I saw your post the other week, and I, I, I definitely hear hear from you. Um, yeah, the the loneliness of uh, of being a, a sole operator. Mm, yeah, that's probably the the hardest part for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you've got this community this is fun, here. Though. This is social. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. yeah but, you know, it's, it's online, but you know, we're, it's not it's not in yeah. the meat space, but it's uh, pretty close to it. Yeah, totally. And then, yeah, you've got a crew in Sydney as well that will hopefully be growing and yeah, get to hang out with them more and talk more about yeah. this, about Infinity and terrain making. Yeah, I, I, I just, um, I suppose because I'm coming up to Black Friday and all that, I've, I've got, I'm kind of got to just make a lot of stock, but I really want to oh, yeah. um, have some more games. Yeah, like that's, it's really nice that um, it's going to be more regular games at the Combat Company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah that'll be exciting. That. And good to, good, good to hear that it's... Um, yeah, back up and running again. Mm. And actually, I, I, had my I had a game with um, Miles is in the chat, actually, here. He, um, but we, yeah, we, like, there's a local shop, um, Decked Out Gaming, and we set up for a game, and then um, basically we, I had one turn, and, but then we had to go because, um, uh, yeah, they were closing earlier than we thought. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Um, but I don't I, know I if kicked I, out of a, a hobby yeah, shop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the um the Guija, I hadn't tried the Gui I haven't run um uh Yu Ching for ages. <laughs> but the super jumping was so good. I literally 
just jump, bzz, 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 killed all the um, HVTs, and then it's like, oh, oh, well, let's turn, that's game, because um, we had to go, which was sad. And actually, just um, briefly, we'll we'll have to move on to the, our next guest. But I did want to mention that you were talking about your the the sizes and how you you know take into account sizes. I remember that when you did put the fade light stuff out, you had sized it correctly so people could super jump up there. I think that was before they did the change to super jump to make it more accessible. So you're like, oh, this is this big. If you're S two, you can still super jump up here four inches without needing to like vault the stupid barricades and things like that. So that was really yeah. cool. And and, and and so you can just yeah one move you can get up the, the yeah ladder. you can actually use super jump to get up on top of your fade light buildings which was a nice yeah. thing to think about for the community because yeah a lot of people just go I will just assume that we can do it because fuck trying to actually work it out this is before the change before they made it yeah easier. yeah well well we can thank um yeah Rob Bright for that because he basically commissioned that. Um, to, that was to his specs for his um, mangrove island. So oh, he has yeah. that. He has that table. Yeah, yeah right. Because yeah. it was him who was asking about why do you call it fade light, and I guess he it was he was behind the the design, some of the design. Cool. Mm. There you go. Um, well, we'll have to um, we'll have to move on uh, to our next guest, Ryan. But thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with us. Feel free to hang about in the chat, um, we'll post do, comments yeah. and stuff like that. And if we get some time to get through some other listener questions, we'd love to have you back on for a chat at the end. Sure, cool. Thanks for having me. It's been it's been good. All right, Ryan. I'll, thanks so much I'll for coming on. Keep watching. Thanks, Ryan. Okay, see you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, folks, uh, we're running a little bit behind schedule, but whatever. Um, Nicholas, <laughs> if he's kicking around old host, we'd love to have you on. Oh, there he is. Here, here is. I am. Here he's I am. Right in there. He's just, Mate, he's I've, been, I've, been, I've been itching. I've been itching <laughs> to go back onto this podcast. <laughs> I swear to God. Well, but, uh, but I'm bringing back some of the um, some of the OG Lost Lieutenant. I'm going to play a theme song on my phone. Oh, Jesus. Yes. You're playing something we can't hear. It. <laughs> oh, it's not fucking activating. Classic OG Lost Lieutenant. Um, technical difficulties. Te- technical difficulties. <laughs> no, um, I, I'm so for just to, so you can all be in on the joke. I was trying to play the Game of Thrones theme song because um, <laughs> yeah. so, Song of Ice and Fire is basically my main game now. So. Um, <laughs> Um, which is yeah. uh, which is one of the main reasons I wanted to come back on was so that I could start spruiking the um, the, the best game around. Um, for, I'm real for... glad I got control of the Discord server here. Still. Yeah, <laughs> we for, definitely for have everyone that. who wants to for everyone who wants to try try something out that's um that's loads of fun. Jump on the Song of Ice and Fire bandwagon. It's the place to be. I'm pretty sure we're having a chat about like Lost of Lieutenant um, content, and then Nick was like. I have some content ideas. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Graham? Oh, wait, which? Uh, be... Where do I see him? Oh, I think Ryan. Somebody needs to mute Ryan. Oh, he's <laughs> he's he's a disembodied voice is still there. Um, yeah. So thanks, uh, thanks, um, Nick, for uh, um, coming on. Uh, Mate, we we had we held episode one around my kitchen table at my old apartment in Hawthorne. How could I miss out on episode one hundred? Sure, is and that, I think is, it was almost be about this time. Yeah, but this time what four, four, five years? What? How many years ago was it? Must be five years ago. It, 
it was, a, I think it was 2018. Yeah. And it was around September that we started. Yeah. So it's be about this time. So not only is it episode 100, it's also five years, which makes me feel like a little bit like, oh shit, we've only done 100 episodes in five years. <laughs> not the All best. I know is my Spotify keeps defaulting to episode one every time I try and uh, play episode, <laughs> play Lost of Lieutenant. And I just keep hearing Nick's voice. And I'm like, ah. Oh. I don't want to hear this. Uh, the old, the old I mean, it was, fix that, mate. Fix that. Yeah, fix yeah, that. Back then, I think it was, it was an idea that started at CanCon and probably took us nine months to actually uh, bother to get started. I feel like it happened really quickly. It was just one day like, hey, do you want to start a podcast? And like people I mean, but, were just there and, and like, yeah. And then we did, yeah. Then, yeah. yeah bought, bought a mic and uh, paid Podbean some money to host and yeah it was uh, mm. it all happened pretty quick i think once it started whenever that was i forget now but yeah it's been about it's been about that long so yeah um good to see you again i know what well, we've been hanging out in in real space real space real meet finity meet time um yeah, and, and look, I, I, I say that song of ice and fire is my main game now I, i've not stepped away from infinity at all i'm still um I was still involved. I, st- I played in the, um, we had the slow grow league, um, a few months ago. I played in that and had a great time. Um, I was, I co, uh, TO'd BCB with, um, with you and uh, Kev and, and Pete. So I'm still, I'm still around, still, still love the game, but, um, I kind of only have time, ho- hobby time to dedicate to, to a single game at a time. And, um, so I'm not, I'm not focusing on infinity right now. Do we do we want to give do we want to give us an elevator pitch about a song of ice and fire? I know this is an Infinity podcast, but this is also, you know, <laughs> you're, absolutely. You're, this, so is your, this is your half an hour to talk about whatever the fuck you yeah. want. So like, if you want to talk about it. this, yeah. might, this may be an Infinity podcast, but it's primarily not a Warhammer 40k podcast. So talk about yeah. song as much as you like. <laughs> Easy, I can, I can absolutely do that. So um, I've made a f- I made a few sort of key points as to what it is that I really enjoy about Song of Ice and Fire, and I'm sure I mean. Josh, you played this, and so do you, Kev. So I'm sure you'll agree with, with a lot of these. Last points, time but... I played it, I got thoroughly destroyed by you, and I've <laughs> turned off it. But I've just just done a binge watch of the of of Game of Thrones, so I'm ready to get right back into it. <laughs> I've, I've, so I've actually also just started watching uh, the the House of the Dragon as well, which oh, which is fantastic, um, mm-hmm. considering how poorly received the end of Game of Thrones was for them to come back with this show, which is sort of really revitalizing that. Game of Thrones ended when Oberon Martell died. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But but this kind of this kind of leans on my first point is that it lives in a universe that has insanely rich lore. Right? There is the the book series, but not not just the books. You've got this hugely popular TV show. Now another spin-off TV show. A few other TV shows in the works as well. But then also George R. R. Martin has, well, not finishing his key book series, has put together all these other pieces of um of of material like the there's like the world of ice and fire which is like a almost an in-universe written um encyclopedia about the the world so it's got a it's got a hugely hugely rich lore and because of that there's um quite a lot of 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 character and that's also reflected the different armies and how they how they operate and i guess they're the sort of themes that the different armies embody um the next point i've got is that well it is a rank and flank game it's not 
you don't have massive armies, so I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a like a a, a large scale of I wouldn't call it like a lot like a large scale game that you're playing, unlike what Warhammer could be back in the day, like old the old World Warhammer or even Kings of War, right? As another rank and flank, you'll have maybe ten units on on the table in those games, whereas in in total like five units a site, yeah. Oh no no like in Kings oh, of War, sorry. yeah in, right yeah, in yeah, Warhammer yeah. you'll have armies that have got. 10 regiments in them yes um whereas in song of ice and fire generally you might only have four or five combat units on the table um operating uh, to fighting against each other so while, while it does it scratches that rank and flank itch it's the, the scale is in my opinion more manageable to to get out and actually play and do that in a reasonable time frame mm-hmm. um it's all, it's also more maneuverable as well because of that because of the, the units are smaller and there's fewer of them and the way the game is designed as well as you're not like in some of those older rank and flank games can feel very static you know you're like it's just it's just this which i find song song of ice and fire is a bit more dynamic in that way yeah, absolutely. Um, when you've got when you've only got four or five units on the table, uh, the maneuverability is is that much more key because there's room for you to m- maneuver around. Um, if you if the if your deployment zone is full of units, um, and your opponent's deployment zone is full of units, you're just going to march at each other, and mm-hmm. that takes away a really key aspect of a rank and flank game, which is out maneuvering the your flanking opponent. aspect. Exactly, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Um, the the rules themselves. It is a very slick rules system, in my opinion. The rule book is like eighteen pages long, and really, it it, it all covers it in there, right? Um, so it's not it's not particularly rules heavy game, but you still get enough strategic and tactical depth from your different choice of commanders, how that influences list building, how that influences the synergies that you can put in your list, but also um, you've got a deck of cards and the commander that you choose changes some of the cards in that mm-hmm. in that deck. And so that's where um, like the, the complexity of the game doesn't come from the rules. It comes from the, uh, the strategic and, and tactical depth that, that those parts offer. If yeah, that makes sense. I, I found that because like before I got into this that game, I was playing a bit of Malifaux. And one of the things I liked about Malifaux was you can have your units that you kind of enjoy using, but then depending on your master, it changes how you use them. And I find that similar to a Song of Ice and Fire, whereas yeah, you can have this cool unit, you like using this unit, but depending on your commander, it will change potentially how that unit operates or how effective it is or you know and, and that then opens up a whole bunch of other tactics for to play it to play the game you the way you want to play it not necessarily you don't have to like oh i am starks so i have to play in this one way like you have a bit more options to to how you how you play i find which is which is uh, really interesting absolutely yeah so i i um my faction is the baratheons and the, my main two lists that I run with one of them has a commander who's Andrew Estemont, who is um, Stannis Baratheon's one of his offsiders. Um, who is cracked, and, uh. <laughs> and and like he's a really offensive, he's a really offensive unit, and he also synergizes really well with 
one of the units that I take and I put him in that unit and he fucking makes them destroy shit but also <laughs> he's got he's got cards that when you like when you charge for example you roll you roll a d6 and you add that number to your movement and that's how far you charge he's got a card that makes that roll an automatic 6 yeah. so I'm like so this is this, that means that I can play that um that army very offensively. Uh, whereas my other main commander is Stannis. Um, and the one thing that you'll, what you'll find with the game as well, that there's different characters that have the, sorry, the same character might have different profiles that you can take. Um, so you can, for like, for example, Stannis, there's a Stannis, uh, that is him during, uh, when he's at the very start of the war of the five Kings, where he's, just to, just sort of declared himself king, and mm. before he's taken over, um, before he's encountered Renly and that sort of thing, and then there's uh, Stannis later, sort of a more closer to around the Battle of the Blackwater, um, or, or just post that as well. Um, Stannis uh, called the uh, One True King. Stannis, um, yeah. that's the one that I run, and he works a lot around. Um, uh, causing panic and um, the relore, like the, the the Lord of Light, the fire units, he brings brings all of that to the table. But then there's another Stannis as well, which is Stannis, King at the Wall, um, because later on when Stannis goes up to the Wall, he and his uh, enormous cavalry force um, rout all of the uh, all of the wildlings that are that are oh, yeah. laying to the Wall, and so Stannis, King uh, King at the Wall, uh, can give buffs to cavalry units and and has an emphasis around that so um that's how different different commanders can influence how you build your army because they could do different buffs and 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 that and that sort of thing so i find that really really interesting about the game but also the fact that like you can when you've got the same character but different versions of them you can sort of pinpoint within the story what yeah. this thing to which sort of my first point about living within this this rich lore as someone who has not read the books, I do find myself kind of going like, "I'll, I'll, you know, you'll be, you'll talk about your Estamont, and I'll be like, who's that guy? Was he in this TV series? If he's so, not, I don't know who he is.'" Not, Andrew Estamont was not in the TV show. Andrew Estamont in the books. Um, so in the TV show, uh, one of um, you've got Robert Baratheon had a heap of bastards, right? And then um, Cersei or someone has them all ordered to be killed. So one of them is Gendry, who's the blacksmith, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. there's another one who lives at Storm's End, um, Edric Edric Storm. And in the TV show, Edric Storm and Gendry were for uh, oh, one person, right? Ah, uh, right. Okay. In the books, Edric Storm was the um, was the one who the the red priestess wanted melisandra wanted to sacrifice edric storm mm -hmm. um and then he was um sort of ex exfulcated from the uh from that situation by the onion knight and andrew estamont and like five other dudes were his personal bodyguard to, were, the, were the guys that were sent off with edric storm to protect him when they sent him away basically so anyway that's who he think, is yeah i think that the, the lore side of things is something that i think keeps coming up and again and again it's, and it's something i'm very passionate about as well yeah. i'm a massive i'm a massive fan of the lore, as you can probably tell why well, i can just talk about this shit it's great especially when you compare it to you know infinity which often gets kind of like a bit of a a bit a bit 
poo-pooed, I think, because of its lore. Like, its lore is great, but it just doesn't have the same depth and flavor like, and stuff. Like we talked about earlier, it would be nice to have more manga, more mm. novels, more yeah. stuff that like, you can read beyond the page and keep going with the same story. I, I mean, I, yeah. admittedly, I think even the Game of Thrones, Infinity is relatively young. Hmm. It's yeah. only, yeah, but it's you only, can it's only build like, the universe. Yeah, no, still, I just yeah, like, you can still build a universe we, that people care about, and I think Infinity is just unfortunately not a universe that many people do care about. Like they uh, don't, I, I, like you know, like I I just recently reread Outrage, and I was like, this is this is good, but it's still very um, superficial. Like I want to know more about the hexahedron. I want to know more it, about the 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 inner machinations of like I don't you know I don't know a lot of the the, the relationships I guess that happen in, in Infinity because it's never talked about. Whereas in, in Game of Thrones, like you know, you're talking about bastards and families and that sort of thing, and you know more about why somebody hates somebody. You don't really know in Infinity why they hate each other, other than you know, good versus humans versus aliens. That's kind of it. Eugene, bad. Pano, <laughs> also bad. What was that? Yeah, um, and, and also, yeah, Pano. I think the, the yeah, I, and I mean, CB is trying to do that. They've had a couple of novels come out. I mean, the, the, man, the mangas are great, but when you are dealing with a manga, you are in one of the inherent parts of it, particularly where they're, where they're not traditional mangas in that they don't have volume after volume that's being produced it's a one-off sort of sort of book is that they're very short because you don't get, you don't all of those, page, of all of those pages are all of those pages are filled up with beautiful illustrations but when you've got i don't know how long those books are what, 100 pages maybe compared uh, to 100 pages of written word it's yeah it's it's very different yeah, yeah, they, they don't get no. to tell a lot of story in the comic. You sort of get to, you know, so they, like we know plenty. Essentially, we know now plenty about pretty much now, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe yeah, um, maybe Emily, but like even then, like not yeah, really like a hell of a lot. It's it's pretty much just now, really. Um. Yeah. So anyway, Song of Ice and Fire. The other thing that I really <laughs> like about it is that. Um, you have alternating activations, right? So um, I guess the unique thing about Infinity is your action and ARO mechanic, um, or, or sorry, order versus ARO mechanic. Um, the unique thing, well, not so unique, there's other games that do this, but uh, I think Song of Ice and Fire does it really well, is that I activate one of my units and then my opponent activates one of their units. And that brings up a whole lot of tactical depth because I'm having to, I know that if I do one thing, my opponent is going to do something that could potentially counter that. Or if I don't do something, my uh, opponent could take advantage of of a weakness or a um, or something that that's that's been exposed. Um, the other thing that that couples really well with, and this is something that I've never seen in any other game. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure that there might maybe another game that that does this sort of thing. But um, Something that Song of Ice and Fire does that I've never seen before is the combat unit versus non-combat unit dynamic. So mm. in your army, like we said before, you might have four or five combat units, right? On top of that, you might have two or three non-combat units. 
um, non-combat units do not exist on the battlefield. They exist off the table on their own little board, the, ta- the tactics board. Mm-hmm. And when you do your activation, you can choose to activate one of your combat units or one of your non-combat units. And the non-combat units can take a space on the tactics board that can heal, that can cause panic tests, um, that can give a unit an, an extra attack uh, or an extra move. Um, there's one other, there's five things I've, I've missed one of them. And, um, and that's supposed to be like and, the, 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 uh, song and ice of fire, like political subterfuge. That's right. It's like the, yeah, the machinations yeah. of the court or the actual or, game of Thrones. Exactly. Yeah. But that also means that when you've got such a, a rich, uh, law background environment that you're dealing with, you've got all these characters that have no place on a battlefield, right? There's no mm-hmm. reason why Cersei Lannister would step foot on the battlefield. Uh, but she can still take uh, she can still p- take part in the game and be an important part of your army as one of your non-combat units. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting yeah. mechanic of I, the game as well. I, I think honestly, the closest thing to it um, is kind of the way Warmer Hordes have their commanders. While they are battle units, um, there's like a whole bunch of shit tied to them. Mm. Yeah, that is like, like a... not like not necessarily. Um, has it doesn't necessarily just have to do with um it sometimes feels like, like a maggot phase or you could have basically support casters who do not do anything themselves but they buff each of your units or and you yeah. select to modify where those buffs go or debuff rather than having a direct impact so i think that's what you're yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i was thinking even more basic on just the way that they manage the mana mm-hmm. on the monsters slash yeah um, vehicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What What else is great about Song of Ice and Fire? It's got an app. The app's really handy. Um, one and thing that I like about the, the free app, uh, all the rules are free. All the rules are accessible through the app as well. The app does a really interesting thing where you can tell the app what boxes you own, what units you have purchased, and then when you go to build an army, you can tell it to only let you select the things you've actually you've actually bought. Right. Mm. Oh, that is cute. Um, so, and that sort of goes back to what you were saying before, Kev, about something that you would like the Infinity app to do is actually reference back to what the fuck unit are you talking about, right? Yeah, what um, it looks like. Because that's one thing that the, the Infinity... Well, the Infinity app is great. If you don't know what a... What one of a thousand different profiles, what that specific name is or what that unit looks like, it's kind of hard to visualize that. Yeah. Um, whereas the the Song of Ice and Fire app is kind of it's designed as a sales tool, really, because it shows you, like when you go and select the things that you bought, it shows you the box of of that unit. So mm-hmm. when you when you go to the store to buy something, then you can even look at the app and use yeah. it as your little shopping list of things that you want to pick up. Yeah. So I think, it's I think the- when you when you select the unit as well, you can obviously bring up its card, which shows you its stats, but you can flip that card over and it'll show you like some nice artwork for the unit as well as a bit of background for the unit, which again also kind of helps you immerse yourself in it, which Infinity would be great if they had that. If they had like a, rather than a separate link to Human Sphere, if it was like somehow on the app, I don't know how they'd implement it, it would have to have like another side scrolling bit that would just give you like a paragraph of fluff and then like a picture of the model or even just a, a, a dossier artwork just to be like oh that's what a chimera looks like or that's mm. what a fucking swiss guard looks like um to be like that looks fucking dope i want that i mean and like all of that information exists already 
on the CB web store, right? It does, yes. Yep. So if you just have a button that you click and it just brings that up from the web store, and then mm-hmm. if you want to buy that unit, you just click, click buy now. Um, yeah, man, I just want a list. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to build a list and say add all to cart. Exactly, yeah. add to cart. <laughs> add to cart. That's what the, that's what the um, Infinity app needs. Yeah, yeah right. Feature, it's an a add link, to cart link. option. <laughs> I'm I sorry, like you one. have selected Toha. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, you know. What is, what is the difference between a Sukiel and a Sakiel? I don't know. I just know. But there yeah, is, there is it would those show two you. names. So it would just show you two slightly different pictures of artichokes. And be like, yes, that's what they are. Um, it's an artichoke with armor, and this is an artichoke without armor. Well, I, think, I think you've sold. I think you've <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> I think uh, I think you've sold a song of ice and fire to our listeners. I don't know anyone else in the chat who plays it. I mean, I know uh, I know I know Rob, who's in the chat right now. He plays it. Mate, uh, yeah, Rob's coming on as a special guest later on, and um, so <laughs> so that's going to be the next the next half an hour of talking about song of ice and fire again. So, I think, I think oh, we're going to hold this feet to the fire to talk about Infinity. Uh-huh. I think we are. We're, we do. We do. We do have a couple of uh, non-Song of Ice and Fire questions for you, Nick. If I, don't want, I don't want. I don't want to hear them. <laughs> 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 going to humor us? It's not specifically not Ice and Fire, but it's not specifically Infinity. Okay. Yeah. Nick, who wants to ask the first question? Uh, I'll do it. Uh, so Diomedes asks, also as a fellow Dadfinity player, can uh, Nick give me tips on how to carve out more Infinity time and how to convince the missus to let me out to, to go out more? How to, how to carve out more Infinity time and how to convince the, the missus to let you out more. So um, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, you can, I'll, let me open a window into, into what my marriage looks like. And this is changing from... Song of Ice and Fire podcast to Relationship Advice podcast. Um, so I generally, I am able to get out one night a week to game. Um, and that's been, ha- I've been going to Axes and Ales on Tuesday nights, um, is, has been my, my, my night. Uh, my children are still fairly young though, right? My eldest is three and a half. They go to bed at 7.30. Um, so once they're in bed, it's like there's no more parenting that has to be done. They're asleep. Um, in saying that, there is parenting that, like that bedtime routine leading up to that can be the, the trickiest part yeah. of, of the day, particularly was, when you've been at work all day and you're burnt out and, and, and all of that. I was um, about to say with how young they are, I can imagine like before they go to bed, it's still pretty much all hands on deck. Oh, it's like, well, yeah. And they're like, they, they're tired, but, but they fight it every night. Right. <laughs> um, so the other thing that, that we do in our relationship is I do all of the cooking at home. So, um, I can get out and to I can get I can get out of the house at six thirty at night, um, as long as everyone has been fed. Um, because that means that if I if I'm still doing that core part of what we've agreed on what our responsibilities are within that relationship, it means I'm not putting any additional load onto my wife that. Um, she's not 
prepared for, that she's not mentally ready to, to be able to tackle, right? Um, the other part so is she she is also she she's a gamer she um works in the video game industry she uh she loves she's not not much of a tabletop gamer we do play a few board games now and then um but she, she understands and this is something that we've that, that I have always appreciated um is that my my gaming is is my thing right i if it's like i don't i don't play golf i'm not out for half a day on the weekend every week to do that. Um, but what I do do is play, um, play, play miniature war games. And by, by sort of having that understanding that, that this is, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to spend my downtime. We've been able to, to, to work that into, into our relationship and into, into that dynamic. My, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, if I, if I, if I wasn't married and didn't have children, I probably, I would be gaming a lot more. I would, I'd probably be gaming on Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, and probably on the weekend as well. Um, but that's okay. I think one thing you have to, when you decide to have a family, you are deciding to make sacrifices. And I still, I still get out and I still get to do my gaming. I still get to hang out with, with, with you amazing people. Um, and, um, and yeah, I, 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 I think the second part of the question was, was how do I convince, how do I convince my wife to, um, to, to allow me more time mm-hmm. gaming, um, yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's f- a fair question. In that, um, if you're trying to convince your wife to let you do something, you're already on the back foot, right? Rather than trying to convince my wife to let me do something, I'm. I'm. Gonna, how do I put this? I. The, I'm. I'm, do, I'm. I'm doing. I'm doing this anyway. This is what this is what I'm gonna. This is what I'm doing, but to th- these are all the other things that I'm doing to make your life easier. So that mm. me do me doing this, my, me going to my gaming nights on Tuesdays is not destroying you. It's not yeah. destroying our relationship. It's not. It's not putting extra pressure on you. It's not making your life harder um, by by me not being around for one night. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you, so you're doing you're essentially doing the work beforehand, so, beforehand, so it doesn't feel like or it isn't really in reality. You going out to play your tabletop game isn't a, like a selfish thing. You're like, I've gotten everything done. You should be fine, right? Everything's settled, right? I'm gonna go to my gaming thing. You can sort of, I guess, leave with a clean conscience, knowing conscience, knowing that everything everything that you need to get sorted is sorted, so you're not just leaving a mess behind you. Yeah, and and if it was the other way around, I, I'd expect the same thing, right? If mm-hmm. um, if Kirsty was going to go out to do something one night, and um, I would expect that because she does all the laundry, right? I do all the kick- cooking; she does all the laundry. I would expect that when I am taking the girls to bed, that they've got pajamas ready to go in the not ready to go, but in the drawer, sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is it is a lot about kind of respect like i've had exes in the past who don't acknowledge that this is my hobby 
like they think that that is just a a phase a thing that's not important to them so therefore why is it important to me so it's all about finding that right that person who you you know you said obviously you know um, your wife is a gamer right so she has an an understanding and appreciation of the hobby um and therefore it's not it's not you're not convincing you're not having to convince anybody you're just saying this is this is a this is a hobby i have and and i'm going to do it and they respect that and then vice versa um you know you respect what their hobby is and you need time apart so i don't think there's ever a case of obviously with you know i don't have family i don't i don't i don't have wife and kids but i have a long-term partner that we we both have lives outside of our own relationship. So I think if you're if you're trying to convince somebody, then there's a problem with the relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, so I'll give I'll tell you an anecdote about our uh, the first date that I had with with Kirsty. <laughs> we um we went met at a bar and uh, she walked into the room and I was like, this person is how is this person real and how is this person coming to meet me for a drink basically? Um, but we hit it off instantly. And talking about video games, talking about oh, pop culture, all that sort of thing. Um, at the end of the day, I invited her back to my place to uh, to look at my miniatures. Um, <laughs> and um, so she so she came over for um, for for a little bit to to have a look at um, my uh, my miniature collection. Not 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 any other. <laughs> <laughs> Not any other miniature. If, 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 um, if, I, if I remember correctly, having heard this, didn't you invite her or something along the lines to come and see your toys? No, I, I specifically said miniature. Miniatures. Oh, okay. They're different. Yeah. They're not the same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, they're not toys. Um, it's a, yeah, I, 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 a I miniature think, collection. I think from, from what you said, and it's the same sort of way I feel, is that it's it's less about convincing like your significant other to let you out. It's more about you convincing yourself that you've done enough that you're not causing quote unquote harm by going out and doing your hobby. Yeah. It's 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 like in no, an honest yeah. relationship, it's about really convincing yourself that you're not doing uh, something wrong, I suppose. Yeah. It's just a being an open open and honest relationship. Um mm. yeah, I, I I know it's it's hard when you have a a quote unquote weird hobby, right? Um you know, I'm into metal music, so sometimes trying to convince my partner to come into a metal concert. But she's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, go enjoy yourself. I Like, yeah. do it. I'm like, sweet, right? Whereas I'm a bit like, oh, I wish you didn't listen to that music. I wish we could go see something else. I'm like, well, that's not cool. Don't, like, yeah. don't don't make me feel bad about my choices. No, the, the correct approach to that is you go do your thing and let's also find another concert we can go to yes. together. We yeah. do something it's together that we both can do. It's on. on top of. It's together, it's, yeah. It exactly. can also be a case like I, I'm with you, um, Kev, in liking metal music. Um, but my partner has tickets to Taylor Swift, and she could not drag me to that concert um, <laughs> for any That's amount right. of money. Yeah, and you're so not gonna make sometimes, feel sometimes bad it's it. just, sometimes it's just about being like, just go do your thing, right? Like I just like I just don't have any interest in you. Know I don't have any interest in that sort of thing. Um, I'll talk to you about it and all that sort of thing and interact with you. I'm not just going to ignore it, but like it, it, you can just have a thing that's your thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, we're we're running a little bit over time here. We're supposed to get uh, Rob on about 20 minutes ago, but uh, I'm sure he's still hanging around in the chat. Um, uh, um, Nick, did you have any anything else you wanted to mention before we see trio? Not really. It's a pleasure to come back on. Um, maybe, maybe I will come back on regularly if uh, if Infinity 
woo me back into uh to its into a more permanent time slot, but we'll um we'll see. Or if um, this podcast takes its natural course and becomes a song of ice fire. Oh yeah, that's that's the other thing. Um it's called loss of lieutenant. <laughs> called loss of commander. I don't know what we call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The raid the raid yeah. wedding. Uh mm. yeah. <laughs> But no, uh, yeah, absolutely, no, absolute pleasure to see you guys still still chugging on. Um, and um, here's two hundred more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, be the number one number one Infinity podcast in the world. All right. Because of this Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Nick. Oh, he's gone. Okay. Um, we are um, up to our third third guest, um, Mr. Cantrell. If he's kicking around, he can he can jump on the chat and say hello. I am going to nip real quickly to the loo because I am busted. Um, but I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, can you hear me? Very very large, a brain. Yes. yes. Yeah, there we go. All right, Rob. Welcome to um, the the Red Wedding chat. Song of Ice and Fire podcast. No, Song of Ice and Fire slash Infinity podcast. Um, Rob, if, I, I understand you have some some opinions on the, the latest update. Um, why don't you talk to me about the um, yeah. what you think of the the changes, particularly around the the, the gold sword swordsman? Oh, gold, gold, gold swordsman. Yeah, thank thank you, Nick, for that opportunity to talk about that <laughs> fucking abortion of balance. <laughs> Oh. Right, give, give give us give us the one minute elevator pitch about why it's so awful. No no no, this is not a one minute elevator pitch. Look, let no, me talk to you. It's going to have to be. <laughs> okay. Does anyone when when you Nick and I both understand, so it's okay. Yeah. Can... So in yeah, first things first, the the bloody the balance the most recent balance by Song of Ice and Fire about every eight months it was really good like ninety five percent nerfed the shit out of my faction but really good balance patch. <laughs> um, but like I got all the way through it and on like the last page is just this horrific apocalypse committed to paper where there's a unit called golden company swordsman they are a relatively elite neutral unit what does neutral mean it's like mercenaries it's like mercenaries so neutrals in song of ice and fire are every single every single player basically can take neutrals like in war machine where you had your mercenaries if you overtune a mercenary unit guess what happens to the meta the meta just becomes that mercenary unit in war machine you had that thing where it's like hey i hope you like gorman de wolf because he's in every fucking list. The, the, gold was... com- the gold company is the one that like the Bank of Bravos have. Yeah, I think so. They've got like war elephants, and there's um, I don't know. Nickel the fluff. They're an elite cell sword. No, yeah, they're like um, they're knights banished from their um countries or something. But yeah, anyway, and just it's like someone at Cool Mini or not pulled a thing out of a hat that said you were allowed to make one really bad fuck up this balance patch and that was it and i it, they just they just horrifically overtuned um they they just roll loads and loads of dice and are hugely difficult to kill and are dangerous to everything in the game and every single faction can take them uh they cost seven points it's 40 points song of ice and fire and they perform at about a nine and a half point level which yeah. means that wow. Every single player takes one of these units. It's all you can take is one. But it means that every single list in Song of Ice and Fire right now in a competitive meta, you start by putting in a unit of Golden Company Swordsmen. Then you pick the faction that you're playing. Then you pick the commander. <laughs> and it's just like... The Golden uh, Company 
Commander is quite good as well, right? Uh, there isn't a Golden Company Commander yet. I think there's one no, coming no, no, out. The, sorry, the officer, the, the uh, unit he's, he's cool, yep, but you don't take him in Golden Company because you take whatever the most powerful commander you have that yeah. force multiplies Golden Company is. Um, yeah. Like Night's Watch. Night's Watch are a wonderfully designed faction where their whole thing is about over the course of the game, they'll attach resources to their units and they'll make those units stronger over the course of the game. Uh, and you can't do that to neutral units. You you attach your cards to Night's Watch units. Mm. Every Night's Watch list still starts with Golden Company Swordsmen because the performance differential is just so high. And it happens that Night's Watch have got the best commander in the game for force multiplying Golden Company Swordsmen. Your average unit, roll like an elite unit, will roll seven dice with like one ability. Like seven dice with Sundering, that's a good attack. Um, Cotter Pike in Golden Company Swordsmen can roll... 20 dice with reroll sundering uh, and precision in a turn. Yeah, like so oh. I, I, had, I had a game I had a game what? 2 weeks ago what? and it was against Night's Watch and like I turned up and the guy's like oh you know I never play uh, let's just do <laughs> real casual and he took he took the fucking Golden Company Cotter Pike he had like everything in there yep. stacked and I'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> um, I so yeah, I don't. I don't I'll, even I'll, have Kev's, Kev's back, so we can we yep. can hand we can hand the reins back <sighs> over to the to the Infinity players. <laughs> yeah, yep. I got one last thing to say about that actually, because it canned rant time. Um, like, there have been like there have been more broken things in Song of Ice and Fire, particularly when 2021 was released. But they were like mm. three different things that came together that I know that maybe the developers got some feedback on, but they conceived of as working a certain way and the players use them differently. And when those three things came together, it was egregiously broken to the point where it was just outright banned in tournaments. Um, was that Night, Night's Watch as well? Yeah, Offal Yarwick and Crossbows with a Watch Captain. Yes. Um, yeah. But but the thing is, is, that was three things that the developers didn't think would work the way that they did. This is just one unit. It's just one unit that every faction can take. Why is it so powerful? How did you fuck that up? They had too much. They had too much stock. <laughs> I mean, it's needed to clear it. It reads as a. It reads as a. We need to sell a hundred boxes of these kind of a thousand boxes of these kind of thing. Some mm, GW well, balance yeah. happening. at well, we, yeah, we, barely get, we, we we barely get got to see the Golden Company at the end of Game of Thrones season. So maybe this is them making up for it or something. I really well, I mean, I I really liked the previous model version of them, but they were just a good elite generic neutral unit. Anyway, thank you for listening to my thank you baiting me into that. Yeah. I'm glad you got that off your chest. Zolnik, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. <laughs> So Rob, welcome, welcome to uh, Lost of Lieutenant, our hundredth episode. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Sorry, sorry for this uh, delay, but you know we're not the most time. No. Well I've been people. sitting in the chat playing Baldur's Gate three, listening to you guys talk. An Infinity the Game podcast. TM. <laughs> TM. <laughs> um, he's just coming in out of the chat, just like throwing these grenades. Thanks. Um, Rob, yeah. So anyway, we, we've um, we've got some questions uh, that we want to fire at you. A few of them from our listeners, a few of them from ourselves. Um, obviously, for those of you who don't know who you are, do you want to give yourself a quick introduction? Uh, sure. My name's Rob Cantrell. I'm an Infinity and other war games player based in Canberra, Australia. Um, I've got a YouTube channel that goes by Robert Shepard. Uh, you can find Infinity, Song of Ice and Fire, and Conquest Battle Reports there, although Infinity is the main thing that I cover. 
And I've been fortunate enough to play in quite a lot of Australia's biggest events, although I've never made it down to Burn City Brawl. I would like to one day. Um, but play in and at various different times uh, even win some of Australia's largest events. So um, I am something of a competitive player, although I don't tend to think of myself that way. Uh, but certainly I've got a lot of thoughts about the game rattling around in my head that people seem to be willing to listen to from time to time. Yeah, and there are some very, some very good, some very, uh, some very good points that you have. Uh, some very good videos, actually, from for all types of um, players, new and veteran players alike, which has, yeah, been largely well received. Um, when did you start that video series, by the way? Uh, which so when you say video series or video channel? Oh, video channel, I guess. So I, I accidentally, I accidentally YouTube as a hobby back when. During uh, during the Rona, when we were all playing online, you'll mm-hmm. remember the white noise, um, the Infinity of the Game podcast, uh, now defunct and having been outlasted by Loss of Lieutenant, did a, um, it did an online TTS tournament. And I was playing in it, but the white noise guys were like, oh, hey, is there any chance that you could uh, record and put on YouTube the finals? And because I'm an idiot, oh. I said yes. So mm-hmm. I had to figure out, and if you can, I think you can still find that if you go to the White Noise, it's like a very, very small YouTube channel because they never did much with it. But if you go to the White Noise YouTube channel, what you will see is a recording of me with my first ever attempt to record anything, simultaneously mm-hmm. recording, trying to be entertaining to an audience, and playing the finals of a tournament against Persian, who was one of the most just weapon Polish players I have ever met. Like, lovely guy. He's lovely. But he's a, he is a machine that wins so you, Infinity Games. So you were, like, playing, commentating, recording all of that at the same yeah, time? Yes, it was. I, yeah. I just broke myself doing that. Um, <laughs> it's it's if, so difficult having, like, played TTS and actually trying to do that sort of recording on TTS because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm just waiting there talking to somebody, I'm just spinning, like, the table around. I can only yeah, yeah. Making, making sure that it's sick. actually a good viewing angle and everything. No, yeah. I, I'm like literally like spinning it around. <laughs> no, no, that's what I mean. Like you have to, fiddling. you have to be conscious during the yeah, recording exactly. that yeah. what, you, what is on your screen is someone's viewing experience. Yeah. Um, and I remember that really vividly because I, I, because it was one of those TTS tournaments where it's like a, a, a round happens once a week, so you have a week to agonize about the matchup, the tables, um, the et cetera, anyway, which I hated. I hated TTS tournaments for that reason. Um, That's why I don't play in IGL, basically, because there's just the... um, A month is too long. You can't... A a one-day tournament should not take a month to play. IGL is really, really good in the work that they do, and it's the best compromise for making TTS work, but it just doesn't work for me. But Mm -hmm. um, I knew that, based on the scores, that if I managed to draw, I'd still win the event. Because I was far enough ahead of Perjan that he needed to he needed to win. He couldn't win the event with a draw. So I, I just played to a draw. And it was the like, we were playing um I think it was decapitation. And it was like we'd both killed each other's HVTs, we'd both kill each other's lieutenant once, um, or something like that. I'd be able, no, no, I hadn't got his lieutenant kill. I had more army points and he made a run on my lieutenant on the last turn, something like that. It was ages ago now. But mm-hmm. God, that was a challenging game to play because he's a very, very good player, and I was trying yeah, to I remember the commentary on it. Yeah, he was he was running vanilla hack, I believe, and I was right? running combined army. Yep. 
and I think he had um, Lemieux, Lemuet as well in his list. I remember yes, thinking yeah, that was he really did. Yep. For the time that was that was was that still in God? Was that still in three? Was that in four by then? Uh, it was an N three game. Yep, and and yeah. the yeah, more wow. things change, the more they stay the same. Lemuet has never been a terrible piece. He's always been a niche pick that at the right place in the right time was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and look what was in Interplanetario winning list this year. Because yeah, he was, yeah. he was just a, he was he just and remains being just a mim six MSV one fire I mean, he's sniper. A yep. He's got two wounds. It means you yeah, can fight once right. with him, and then you know go take a wound and just be an auto generator for the, the game. But yeah. Yeah, anyway, so that was because I had to learn how to um, record and upload. Uh, I was just like, well, I, I guess I'll just do this for a bit now and see if it's fun. And I think I put my God, I don't know how many videos I've done now. I can probably check actually, but. Yeah, it's yeah, like you, you, you went I'm sure he hit 100 of, at some point. You went through a period of um, you did that, and you realized that I don't like that. So you started commentating games on TTS for 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 a while, yeah. and that was um, popular. I've yeah. I never did many live games. I think that might have even been the only live game that I did. But I've okay. done um, yeah, I've done commentary of people's games, which is great fun, particularly if you have someone else doing it with you. But just organizing it and organizing the time is tough. Um, and what I've done since is basically just battle reports. Battle reports that I try and keep to like half an hour. I came to the conclusion that Infinity is not an incredible like watching Infinity live doesn't do it for me. It's it's yeah. not it's not a spectator sport. Um, it's super engaging to play, but a game takes two hours and the points of action. There's not enough action during a game. Commentating can if you've got good commentary that takes care of that. But alternatively, you could just do a battle report in 20 minutes to half an hour that captures all yeah. of the, like, here's the cool things that happen. Um, yeah. And I've done some instructional content and then a bunch of hot takes videos and, yeah, that kind of stuff. A couple of, couple of tier lists as well. That's <laughs> for lols. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep. I swore <laughs> I would never do it. I got talked into it. I think the first one I got talked into <laughs> with Nick. Um, he did. And, uh, and guess what is my best performing video of? players want to hear the hot takes they they love they love that shit just tell me what's the best so i can play it (laughs) um speaking of uh you were just talking about your videos there we have a question from sergey uh on the chat he's asked him when when you do video podcasts you you say you describe the lines of thinking of your strategies and tactics um but when you actually play the game especially during tournaments, do you think over these in the same way or do you make split second decisions and then do the debriefing for the, for the, for the video log? Um, so when I, particularly in events, when I play, I, it's a flow state, basically. Like I sit down to play a game and assuming I'm not like stressed or haven't slept or something like that, which does happen sometimes, but if I'm having a good time, I'll rock up to deploy, I'll shake my opponent's hands, and the the two hours will just flow by. Uh, and mm-hmm. like, you know, there's absolutely conscious thought during that time, but it, but it's a flow state. But it, it is only that way because um, exper- like experience is the ultimate shortcut in that respect. And I've played I've played a lot of war games, um, but also a lot of infinity. And so you learn you learn you develop enough experience that you know what to do in certain circumstances. And so rather than um, having to think from first principles about the strategies or tactics that you have to do, I I can explain them afterwards, but when I'm playing, I'm just doing the things that I know are good. Uh, Mm. I like 
deployment, um, I did a video on deployment and it covers a bunch of basics and it's things like always deploy prone. If you're deploying an ARO piece, always deploy it in a position where if it takes a hit, it can go, it can guts to safety. And I have over time just learned that those things are good, often by not doing them and being punished. Um, but you do that enough, you you play enough, you learn what is good. And so then in a game, I'm just I'm just doing the things that are good. And then like, you know, two or three times a game, there'll be something that that I don't just have an answer for from experience and which I have to stop and think and actually make a significant decision. Um, and and those, yeah, those are major decision points, but they're only basically because of the level of experience, those only come up, you know two or three or four times a game more if I'm playing against something that's really novel or if I'm playing against someone who is really freaking good or does something unexpected or I'm just on the ropes, then you have to stop and think about things from first principles more. Mm. But um, but yeah, so I, I when I'm doing my videos, I talk about things that explain what it was that I was doing and why, but in the moment, probably about 80% of the time, that's just a product of experience. I'm just doing things I know are good. Do you do you take notes when you're doing a battle report for a for a for a video? My you so memorize it. The instructional the instructional content that I do is all to PowerPoint slides, um, and those are very difficult videos to do because the prep for them is hard. But when I'm doing a battle report, uh, the process is I grab pictures from the game. I do like a li I get get the lists and you know the thumbnails and stuff. Then I screw up the introduction 10 times and record the rest in one take, mostly just riffing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, just, it's just me talking. Yeah. So you use the pictures you've taken as sort of, I guess, the pictures and the lists as a sort of um, prompts in case you, your, me your memory must be very good because sometimes you, you do a, a battle report that is not necessarily the next day and you've, you've, you've remembered it pretty well. I, I do make mistakes from time to time, um, and it's it's a little embarrassing when you have to have that moment where you're like, and then this happened, and you flip to the next like picture, and you're like, nope, I got that wrong. Actually, it was this. <laughs> I try to avoid this. Sometimes it's unavoidable because I, one of the things it's it's a hobby, right? It's um, mm. strictly speaking, technically, I make money from YouTube, uh, but to to describe <laughs> YouTube's ad revenue as deeply limited. Um, it, it, so, so for practical purposes, it's just a hobby, and so it has to be easy and fun. And mm. so, um, yeah, I don't do a huge amount of prep. I don't like the production values for those videos are not particularly high. Um, Ryan asks if you ed do much editing. Very rarely. So, if something, if sound goes screwy somehow, or I particularly, so what I what I do is um. You'd call it live editing almost, where if I need to pause to sneeze or have a drink, I have just a button. I've got a little Wacom tablet, and that's how I do like the drawing over the top of like drawing arrows mm -hmm. and circles and stuff. And the only button on the Wacom tablet that is mapped to anything is every button on the Wacom tablet is mapped to pause or resume recording. So if I need to, uh, if I need to take a, if I need to sneeze or cough or take a drink, I just pause, pause the recording, take a drink, and then resume the recording. And that is a hell of a lot easier than doing all of those things live and editing out sneezes and stuff. But I do, I do yeah. a little bit of. Um, Sometimes I feel like I have to. I do a little bit of live editing, and the instructional content, for example, generally I'll go through those and edit out the ums or even just like the half-second pauses in conversation, because it 
cuts, you know, by the end of it, it'll cut half a minute off the video, which is not nothing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I like the idea of the tablet. I know, um, I know, uh, the guys at the Dice Abide, when they do their live show, they'll, um, they'll have a separate bit up if they need to do, you know, bring up a battle report or bring up a table and they'll have that on a, I think he has that on a tablet or he has at least the ability to edit it live with a, with a pen, which is super useful, um, when you're, when you're doing like a live podcast and you need to like illustrate a point. It's just really hard to do on a, on a monitor. So yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a that's a cool way of doing it. Um, we'll get into some other questions, uh, so we don't want to keep Heloise waiting too long. I, mean, I know he's he's in the chat right now, so apologies, Heloise, if you're if you're sitting there waiting for us. Um, so uh, we've sent you these questions in advance. So we've got a couple more in the chat that I've just noticed as well. So we'll try and roll them all in if we can. Um, first of all, how have you been finding reinforcements? We know that you've been doing a few videos on them. Um, What's your thoughts now after a few games? Oh God, why did you have to ask this one after a, after a Corvus Belly staff member had entered the chat? Um, <laughs> he's been here for a while, to be honest. He's, he's been listening to you for the entire conversation. So that's okay because we don't have any cool mini um, people in the chat. People so you can, yeah, no, that's you okay. Can... I can rip on them. They, 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 they fucked up. They know what they did. Um, cool mini or not deserves what I was yelling at them about. So. Um, I have very mixed opinions on reinforcements, and that's not, I'm not like lukewarm on it. I have things about it that I like and things about it that I don't. Um, I think it's got some of the most interesting potential, even like after a lot of games with it now, even with the, uh, like, so I played a little bit based on the videos that came out where Carlos said certain things that I should have known better than to believe his lies. <laughs> um, and, and in full defense, like every one of those videos began with, these are work in progress rules, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but so I played it with the like 50 point reinforcement threshold and stuff like that, filling in the gaps. And those games were really interesting. And then the main rules came out and there's the, so there's the hundred point threshold. Um, and what that actually means is my, my experiences with reinforcements could be duplicated by just playing a 225 point game. And what I realized in retrospect, after having played a bunch of games and looking at the lists I was playing is that the lists I was playing were 225 point lists with 10 troops usually in a main list, main group, and like two groups in a, two troopers in a second combat group that just served to like flip into and reinforce the main group. That was the most common list archetype. And I realized that what had happened is that I had inadvertently been tricked into playing Infinity like how Infinity was when I was learning it in N3 in a super like small local meta with everyone just kind of having figured out the game from first principles, where that was what people mm. played back then, was that they played like you played, you had your 10 combat group and like you could take a second combat group, but you spent all of your points on like 30 point intruders and you know 30 point mobile brigada with shotguns because you know etc and so you didn't really have points in n3 before you know like degenerates like me figured out what you could do with three combat group uching and stuff mm -hmm. um and and so reinforcements like inadvertently tricked me into playing infinity like infinity was for me like five years ago um and that's that's cool, but also I could have just duplicated that by playing a two hundred twenty five point four and a half SWC game, because the actual reinforcements themselves just consistently they arrive after the game is resolved. Um, once you figure mm. out how to, like, both players have an incentive to um, 
manipulate how their opponent's reinforcements arrive. And if you can do math in your head and casualty count, it's just another kind. It's like counting retreat. Um, and if you've ever had a game where you're like, hold up just a second, how many points of my opponents have I killed? Mm. Oh, it's 72 points. I got I to gotta like, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever the, the relevant they've got. I think my opponent's got 78 points left. Um, reinforcements duplicates that. And if you know how to do that, you do it. And what that means is that typically, actually, if I think in every single reinforcements game I've played, maybe with, sorry, with one notable exception, in every single reinforcements game I've played, my reinforcements have arrived on turn three, kind of just as a, as a denouement. It's like a, they, they conclude the game, but the game was concluded before they arrived. Mm. Um, and so... Um, they almost act as like a slap in the face. So you get this big... No, 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 that's that absolutely, not how, absolutely not how I put it, but they, they haven't... They haven't actually materially contributed to done. my my games. Like I, they turn up, and so how I'm building my lists with them now is that my plan for reinforcements is that they will arrive and they'll secure one objective. They'll do one thing in the scenario, and as I plan for them more to do that, and I play scenarios where reinforcements can do that, where it's like they're going to turn up and they're going to seize one quadrant, they're going to turn up and they're going to press one button. Um, they're going to turn up like acquisition. They're very, very powerful in. So that's not the best example. I wouldn't run acquisition as a scenario with reinforcements. Um, but uh, that's helping me focus what I'm basically focus my expectations for them, and that's been a bit more enjoyable to just be like they're just going to do this one thing. And if it turns out that something different happens this time and they arrive on turn two, they'll do something else. They'll have a larger role. But they're having, yeah, they're having a pretty small role in the game. Yeah. Um, mm. But it does mean that the games definitely are taking through their three-turn games, um, which itself is like a very significant difference from what you might call like an alpha strike meta. But I don't actually think, like, what reinforcements doesn't stop you from doing is it doesn't stop you from attempting to cripple your opponent's ability to win the game over the first couple of turns. It's just that how you do that is different. Um, different, yeah. The, the pieces that you take away, like a, a nomad player, if I use a Hassassin for day and I just precise, I scalpel out the Vertigo Zond uh, on the first turn, that's just as effective. Like, that's how you take away someone's capabilities to win the game without just killing 200 points worth of stuff um so like i have a lot of thoughts about it i think it's a really cool variant the thing that i really 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 want to see more than anything is a way to play reinforcements where it's not just reinforcements as a mandatory list type in a tournament i really want to see a way to play where reinforcements yeah. are an optional thing where um either you have an event where it's you can play reinforcements or non-reinforcements and those are broadly balanced against each other. I suspect scenario would make one or the other more powerful, but like where that's a choice. Because if that exists, then it means that I can turn up to my local game store on like a Monday or a Thursday evening with either kind of list and say, I've got a list, do you want a game? Not, I've got a reinforcement list. Oh, you've got a 300 point list. We're yeah, not we have allowed to, we have to, to change play. it. Yeah, and yep. it, and it's not always a it's not a simple case of like oh I'll just quickly change the list. It it requires a lot of thought to change a three hundred point list into a yeah they're totally different. You can't yeah. you can't or, just rebuild a two you can't just rebuild a three considering yeah. half yeah. of the reinforcements you can't and, you can't just yeah. place into yeah. your actual my, my lists on my phone now are all divided into like the, the in the titles reinforcements or non reinforcements yeah yeah and it, and it is a bit of a shame I think because there's a lot of exciting profiles that are locked behind reinforcements and i'm not saying that cb should have had them released into army because obviously they want to promote the new 
um mode mm. right so the you know if you want to play with these new units you got to play with this new mode so we need because we need it to be tested but at the same time i don't feel like i'm getting much use out of these new units because if they're not coming down to turn three they kind of just go well mm. i'll kill a couple of things push a button and then that's game i haven't gotten around to playing with um playing with yuqing reinforcements yet i've been doing other factions first but mm-hmm. i re- i really want to play with the do- do- daobekai oh I think yeah, yeah 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 like root Yuching reinforcements. Look, I want to play with them. Um, yeah, I mean, Huckabees are incredible. Yeah, when, yeah. when I think when uh, Josh and I were covering it, I think the two factions that we really loved their reinforcements was Ariadna and Yu Jing. The Yu Jings, I think they've got a four team that they can drop. That's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that, uh, you've obviously had a, more experience than I thought anyone would at this point for reinforcements. Do you have like a top three favorite reinforcement profiles? Or armies? Um, yeah. Favorite profiles? Oh, okay. Um, someone's just asked about NA2 reinforcements. Uh, NA2 mm-hmm. diggers are... Um, inc- I, like, I like NA2 reinforcements a lot. They're, they're not uber-powerful, but they're enjoyable once you convince yourself not to try and take an anaconda. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny, just, I, on, on first pass, yeah, NA2 reinforcements look incredibly disappointing, but... Um... Yeah, I think they can actually make some pretty effective teams. And the, the challenge good. is they work if you've got enough troop slots. And like in, in I play um, uh, Dash Art Company, who have access yeah. to the plus two comlink from Ghoulams, which means you can actually take your you can take like Digger, Digger, Miranda, Ashcroft, and then either Sforza or like you can take five troops and still have an army. And that they're really cool there. Um, like Yuching are full of cool reinforcement profiles. Um, otherwise, in Hackers Lamb, and I won't go on about everything, but the uh, the Azrael, the shotgun Azrael, mm-hmm. okay. is a thing of like dark and terrible beauty. Just landing that <laughs> on something, and and just like okay, so it's you can just like just stand in front of a tag and be like, all right. What would you like to do? Because you're going to get hit with high damage, continuous, like, yeah, that thing, that thing's a monster. That is a monster. Um, we have another question in the chat here from um, Obiscus. He's asking, um, they've been, they've been having it, they've been finding it a troubles, uh, difficult building reinforcement lists. Um, I think it's related to the range spending because you, because you are like 250 and five and 102 often lists will come out like slightly lower than 350 because you can't like you can't combine them together yes i got got two things yes i got two things to say about this so the first is um it's worth noting that there's a mild incentive in reinforcements to to play less than maximum points because the way that the triggers work is um your your reinforcement thresholds are um with points remaining, which means that if you started with fewer points, then your reinforcements might trigger earlier. Uh, to the mm. point that if you if you take a and I've, I've got one video that covered this, if you take a two hundred and fifty point total list, if you voluntarily play <laughs> voluntarily play hundred points down, your reinforcements arrive on the first turn. Yeah. Um, but the more I play with reinforcements, and I, as I, I mentioned, I'm sort of settling into the idea that. They're just going to arrive on turn three because I am going to try not to take casualties and my opponent is going to try and limit my casualties to below the threshold. Um, So I ended up, I've ended up coming back around to just taking as many points as I can because I don't expect them to arrive 
until turn three anyway. So that that slight motivation to play smaller points if you find yourself doing so, the consolation prize, is not motivating. And what that means is that I basically have one reinforcement set up for like every single every single faction. I've got I've tried yeah. doing different things with with Hack Islam and I have I have one Hack Islam reinforcement set up now. Um mostly because I strongly suspect that they limited they made it impossible and I know that they I'm almost certain they did this intentionally. They made it impossible to take two Burtux and two Azrails in the same reinforcement. <laughs> it's like 101 points or something. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah I, I, so uh, yeah, that's an that's an issue. I guess you know we're talking about like you know small. It's less granularity because you're two one hundred points and you've only got maybe half a dozen yep. profiles to choose from. So there is just by by facts there is less to choose from. So I'm finding myself just doing the same dash at reinforcements group in every yep. list and then building the rest of the list differently, which I don't really like. <laughs> Yeah, so one of the one of the great potentials of reinforcements is that it's a huge novelty injection into the game. But the fact that it's really like really easy to just find yourself having one reinforcement pool that you take for every list in your faction limits that novelty um, to it's to not to nothing, but it makes it less less. There's a lot less novelty than there might have been. Um, I yeah. I have no particular insight into this, but I do wonder if you um, if you look at like 300 points versus 350 reinforcements they kind of feel close enough to on balance power level which makes if you can conceptualize reinforcements as being like you take 50 points out of your main list to get 100 points of reinforcements so you get a two to one ratio Mm -hmm. the cost of which is that your reinforcements don't start on the table and i wonder if during development of the mechanic they they tried to have some kind of like scale where you you would set your own points where you'd be like i'm going to deduct 40 points or 45 points or 55 points from my primary list and get 80 or 90 or 110 points of reinforcements oh yeah and mm-hmm. just found that it was like maybe too difficult to work with the app, or it was too much small number. Like it's very possible that they made the decision that it was just too much small number math for players. Because you do yeah. like I'll I will crunch endlessly lists, like you know, optimizing to the point. But that's kind of a hostile environment for a new player who's like, I don't I don't know what to do. How many points should I spend on reinforcements? Um. So I wonder yeah. if there was a design decision there around like what they. The, the the decision to say 100 points you, you spend 100 points on reinforcements always 100 points at the 350 point level i don't know yeah well, it, i kind of like that idea. reinforcements oh. to me feels like it's very conservative mm. as far as what they've released and like I said, there's a lot of little things that they could do to expand it in different directions but i think i have the same concerns as you too much at one time would be overloading and may sour the release because people would see the hurdle to understand it as too large and just continue doing the main uh mm. what they've been doing infinity game and that's that's an incredibly hard needle to thread right because mm. the at release the the variant has to be attractive enough to get people to play it so that they want yes. more they want to like see the rules expanded um mm. but it can't be it can't be so complex that only veteran players um, can feel feel like they can they can actually engage with it and like comprehend the entire thing, which is yeah. I am not a game designer. It seems really really hard. And the the one thing that CB is really good at is um, very rarely is there an update where the new thing they bring out is 
completely dominant nothing else beats it um however i i feel like sometimes it does catch them in the situation maybe we're finding with the reinforcements a little bit is that um they sort of underplay it it's underplayed a little bit it's a little bit under understated where it's not as powerful or as exciting um or as easy to figure out as um some people uh yeah, it's a like bit. Cons- some people it, it, it won't want it's a bit it conservative. To. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ex- I mean, exactly. Which, to be honest, I think is the better approach because, uh, like, having seen other games where the new meta is just whatever the new thing is, it's much um, be- It's much more difficult to roll back power level than expand mm. it. Yeah, Look, I want the Golden Company avatar to be in Infinity, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> so let's bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's some good chat, and I think yeah, I think you're right. I think it, it will. If this isn't the this isn't its final form, right? Yeah. It will change, but unfor- but unfortunately, people need to play it to. I there are a number know. of people, so I I know I'm not alone in wanting reinforcements versus non reinforcements to be like some kind of a thing. Um, yeah. There's and I've seen a couple of places where people are beginning to feel out how that might work as like a, a potential format or something. Mm-hmm. It's never going to have the same legitimacy if it's a player made format. Um, mm-hmm. Because among other things, I've already started talking to some locals about this. And as soon as you change one thing, there's the temptation to change others. So it's like, hey, what if we did a open reinforcements event where you can choose whether to play reinforcements on a list by list basis? And if we're doing that, do we also change like comlinks? Because everyone's complaining about those. And as yeah. soon as you do that, you do four other things, and you now have oh, a that's... totally homebrew environment. And it's like, okay, this lacks this lacks legitimacy, and that's not necessarily the end of the world, but it means that you don't you lose. So one of the things that is really important about the game as a broad global communal structure is that if we all play to the same sheet, we can talk to everyone else in other countries and have this global community. Whereas if you have like radically divergent home rules, you kind of just like, so for example, if you ever see any of the, there's a like little community in Tasmania that only play 400 points. Um, mm. And and that's their thing. And they, they there are a couple of vocal advocates that say that is the way that Infinity is best played. But it means that like everything that they ever say online, you have to filter that through the fact that they're not playing the same game as you. <laughs> and so they, they're not really part of the like communal discussion or experience. Mm. Um, and, and so you don't, you don't want that. Um, yeah. Nevertheless, I do want to think about how I can run a reinforcements optional list uh, event and just see how it goes. Yeah, if no, you that, can that is change just one thing, Mm. then you can provide that information back to CV and say, here's what we did. We modified one thing. Here was the outcome. So we can see how that one thing changed it. Mm. Yeah. I, there's at I least think, one person on Infinity Global Community who's who's doing some thinking about that. Doing I, that I want to no, follow, yeah. Yeah, I'm following the, that discussion. Yeah, I think that'd be exciting as well. And it's an exciting way of approaching the game. You know, now you're like, oh, well, I'm going into a tournament. Do I take two normal lists? Do I take two reinforcement lists? Do I take one of each? What's the mission lineup? You know, and it's kind of, it might be exciting to come across your uh, opponent and go, all right, you're playing combined army. Are you playing reinforcements or not? And then they like, that changes your mindset of how you go into a game. So I think that is, and there's a bit of counterplay there as well. It's like, do I take a list for a, reinforcements yeah there's a lots of lots of um lots of things to explore there but yeah it's a big that's a big change as well 
Um, all right, we'll get into some other questions. So some one slightly less deep uh, question here we've got is if you, well, potentially, if you could change any profile in N4, what would it be and why, Rob? Ah, uh, okay. Other, other um, than Golden Company. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, Actually, so I don't, I can't think of like a profile that I would change. Um, but I, I have to, the best like answer I can give you here is like, if I was given carte blanche to create new profiles, um, uh, because I am a monster, they would be, I have two answers to that. The first one is, um, an Asawira version of Deferson, where it's an Asawira character killer hacker. That would oh, not be remotely ooh. fair. That would be incredibly <laughs> gross, um, but what an idea. And the second <laughs> is um, uh, some kind of like war correspondent that deploys um, like the like you know the little flash pulse camera, but it's like a drone controller. So uh, they they have like three synchronized one point aero pieces with flash pulses while they sit oh. in a corner piloting the things. Also, not remotely balanced, um, but that's been like a silly fantasy of mine for for a long time. Good idea, though. I kind of like that one actually. It's like um, it's like uh, what's her face. Um... Like fiddler, but with uh, flash. Yeah, but like mm. yeah, char- character war correspondent, six points, mm. three points with three, um, one point flash pulse drones. Um, <laughs> but in terms of in terms of changing changing profiles, um, a, a little bit that way madness lies, right? Because uh, if you look at some of the online discussion, and it's like, here's how the rules should be changed, mm-hmm. and I can certainly express thoughts on that. But if you go to if you let yourself dwell on that stuff endlessly, it's really easy to become. Um, like myopic or uh, no, that's not even the right way of putting it. But like, if you think about profile, profile balance, game rules, game balance, and you choose to filter all of your own thoughts through the prism of how I would change things rather than how I enjoy things as they are, you get mm-hmm. you get really unhappy really quickly. Um, and yeah. so yeah, I don't have a lot of wish lists for changes I'd make to profiles. Yeah. Okay, can, but can, is there I, is there a, is can, there a selfish? Can... Oh, sorry, Jacob. Oh, I just I was, I was just agreeing with Rob. I can see the idea of you almost yeah. get into that self fulfilling pro, uh, prophecy where. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, okay, yeah. But kill, you don't kill a hacker. Like, yeah. Kill a hacker kill profile on Asawiris. They should totally have one. I don't. I don't hate that idea. Um, yeah, As a fellow so, hacker, so, I BTS support the BTS nine two wound regenerating hacker. Fuck off. Yeah. Right. Hackers Islam need it, man. We talking about. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we have another question here asking um, advice on how to become an ITS winning machine. Now I know you, you know, you, I know you're very humble, uh, Rob. But um, how do you win so many? How do you win okay, so much? So no, let's <laughs> let's break this down because there's a big difference between winning an event and winning ITS. And I am mm. a million miles away from winning an ITS season because the way that you win an ITS season is that you go to lots and lots and lots of official events and you just play in them. You don't need to win them, although it certainly helps a lot. But you think about like Gavin Bateman won an ITS season. I think he's the only Australian to have done so. And I don't know how many events he went to, but he just tore his way across the East Coast of Australia. Um, And if you look at the, um, there are some Russian, Russian, Spanish, um, European players who are not just very, very good, but also prolific tournament players. And that is how you win an ITS. And I will never be able to do that. Uh, In terms of winning events, um, practice. Practice a lot. Uh, Develop that knowledge where 
particularly if you think about like a fire, like satellite tournaments, but even little local game days, it's a lot of effort. Like it's a ton of mental energy to play one game of Infinity. To play three or five is is exponentially more. You're cooked by the end. Like if you if you go to a tournament and you find that you're like you're mentally exhausted. Um, toward the end of like the end of the third round, the end of the fifth round, yeah, no, no shit. It's really like a ton of mental energy to play those games. As you develop experience and you learn, you you like experience is the ultimate mental shortcut. You just develop those like muscle memory knowledge around what's good in certain situations. It alleviates the mental load, and if you alleviate the mental load, then you can get to round two, round three, round five with enough juice in the tank to play a good game. Um, and it's not a great answer if you've like if you're new to the game, you're gonna have to practice a whole bunch, but you will get there. And going to tournaments will teach you how to play at tournaments. Um, speaking about uh, events, there, what do you think about round numbers? Is you know, Interplanetario? I think they had six rounds plus plus one. Would they you had seven, for, but it was over years. three. It was over three days. Yeah, right. Would you um, advocate for ever having more rounds in a two-day ITS event in Australia? Like, would you go to CanCon if it was six rounds? Um, the Okay, sorry. If Six rounds over two days. The, the most rounds of a war game I have ever played in one day was seven. And fuck that. That was, that was War Machine. Uh, war Machine players have no chill. Um, right. <laughs> uh, did you did you play simultaneous games or something? No, we started we started early and finished late, uh, and it mm. was ridiculously sweaty in every sense of the word. Would never do that again. Um, if you, as long as the event oh. is limited to three rounds in a day of like any system. Um, absolute maximum, then yeah, you could do you could do six rounds across two days um, if the numbers back it up. And Infinity had so um, Interplanetario was a really big event, right? So they did they did seven rounds over three days, which is pretty pretty manageable, all things considered. Mm. It's a long three days, but you know you got it's like two three and two three and two or something like that. I guess does um, that, but does that actually contribute anything to the to the event other than I guess you get an extra game, but like that balance between burnout and getting extra games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, the Interplanetario is a unique beast because it's an overseas holiday or it's a you know inter, inter uh, cross border holiday for a lot of people. It's special. Um, for something like CanCon, no, I wouldn't advocate for more than two days because oh. it's um, for most people in like CanCon coming to like coming to CanCon, it's you take the weekend off and there's already a bunch of travel and. Um, how do I how do I express this? So I don't necessarily think that the, so the absolute maximum number of rounds that you ever want is enough to get a clear winner. But I think it is, and I've seen tournaments that have more rounds than you strictly need to have a, a winner at the end. Um, mm. And I, th those don't ever look like they're particularly feels good to me, where you have to just like keep playing and keep playing and then aggregate your scores at the end. Um, you're already playing a lot of games, and we play this game for a hobby, and tournaments are a great way to play games, but after a certain point, like, five in a weekend is already a ton. I would be more comfortable, like, if CanCon was four rounds, and we just said, yeah, look, it's two rounds a day, and at the end of those two rounds, eh, there'll probably be, like, four undefeated players. One of them will come first. It'll mm -hmm. be down to how many major wins they want. Like, that changes the texture of the tournament, because you, if you want to win, you got to kind of push for majors. But that's whatever. That's fine. Um, it's not, like, 
genuinely, if if the podium is a huge deal to you, you're probably too sweaty in any case. So yeah, okay. um, yeah. I'd, I'd almost I'd almost advocate for fewer rounds than you need in order to ensure that everyone has a bit more social time and and that there isn't like if there's it would almost in some cases be positive if there's not a clear winner. If it's like, ah, oh, hey, look, th- these four people all did really well. Let's celebrate them. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah. Right, I was thinking about, like, for like BCB, we had two slash three undefeated players, and and also the you know the top the top two players didn't play each other, which you know most people are like, who cares? But you know, it would be fun to at least see the top two players of the weekend play each other just to see who actually came, came out on top. Mm. Like, you take, like, what, like take, take my lack of losses away from me. <laughs> uh, one way that the War Machine group does it, or did it at CanCon, I haven't been there since pandemic, um, was play enough rounds to get to the top four, and then that top four has games at a separate scheduled time. So similar to Interplanetaria, where oh, you've yeah. got the six rounds and then you've got a finals round. So, so in, in the people case, can either watch the finals round, they can play a casual game. Uh, so you get that, but without the pressure that everyone is doing all the rounds. In that case, uh, like I'm asking, I guess, sort of from logistics, does that mean that those top four are locked into at worst coming fourth? Uh, the w- because the scoring system is different uh, in that game, yes. Uh, but that system has very poor tie breaks. Mm. What, what, what I'm saying is, like, let's say whoever's fourth mm-hmm. somehow, I suppose it's impossible for him to drop below the fifth because he's already got more points than them. You're so, yeah. correct. It is, it's cut to the top four. Those are the top four podium places. And then they sort it out by, amongst themselves. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I asked that question. Like, even, uh, in, even in Infinity, you're probably getting more <laughs> points anyway. Yeah. Mm. If you've got but the numbers yeah, of BCB, you had two undefeated, have a, if there was a sixth round. Sixth round, just to, that, you know, and then people can watch it and like throw Yeah, people can watch, and... <laughs> or if you don't want to, you can play a casual game, or you can... But that's by then everyone's just ready to go home as well. So and then we have to delay bump out to the next day. Yeah, and it's just a bit of a yeah. bummer. As a as a format idea, I like that in spe- the specific circumstance where it's like a convention where everyone mm-hmm. is devoting a certain amount of very precious time at an event mm-hmm. to playing in a war game. And if you weren't playing in that war game, there are many things you could be doing. Um, so especially like a US style event, like if you're at like Gen Con, for example, if you were at Gen Con and you're like, I'm going to play Infinity at Gen Con, I'm going to play War Machine at Gen Con. And they said the tournament format there is like a day one, then a cut. So that if you if you do well on day one, you're fine, you're playing in the finals. And if you don't, you're, you're going to go to Gen Con. Um, I think it works really well for that. And so, yeah, like at CanCon, that seems like it would make sense. But at BCB, mm-hmm. where BCB, the purpose of the weekend is BCB. You're there to play the tournament and then hang out with people. All you'd get from the cut to top four, for example, is that everyone would just hang out with each other for a day, which is pretty cool, but it doesn't really fit into the like um, mm-hmm. for the event. That could also be a good time to do a narrative event. You've got the main tournament, you take the top podium players, they do the final rounds, and everyone else does a narrative event or something yeah. to that extent. Yeah. It all involves yeah, people having to stay for an extra night, essentially. No, one, no one's yeah. going home. Well, unless you live locally, no one's really going home. That, um, that yeah. segues really well into another question that I think is going to be asked. 
Uh, yeah, the we have uh, one about uh, ITS. ITS 15, yeah. Yes, so ITS 15 has not been out that long, um, but you have, uh, I'm sure, managed to squeeze a few games in already, Rob. <laughs> um, what what are your uh, what are your thoughts on it? What are your least favorite and most favorite parts of the ITS season that has been released? Um, I think this is the best season of ITS that has ever existed for narrative events in particular. Um, hmm. And I think that for two reasons. Uh, so the first reason is that for the first time since I have been playing Infinity, the 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 fluff, the story of Infinity now lines up with the game. Um, so there was there was like it, so I've been playing Infinity. I think for I I can't tell time anymore. My life is divided into pre and post pandemic. But I was playing for several years pre pandemic, and. Um, Infinity has always been a fantastic game, but if you look at the story of Infinity um, since, like, you know, Human Sphere, basically, it's, it's been, been paradisal every fucking time. It, yeah, right? it's been like, what is what is happening in the Infinity universe? Humanity faces an existential threat from an overwhelming alien invasion. Oh, cool. What's the gameplay? Black Ops, where you fuck with each other. Um, <laughs> and so now, finally, and I actually haven't, I've not yet read um, Endsong. It hasn't. I'm going to borrow a copy from a friend. Um, but it hasn't arrived yet. But even just the one page, the one page of narrative in ITS 15 sets up a status quo where the game that we're all playing is now reflective of the fluff, where there's this like uneasy detente and and the combined army is doing their own black ops alongside everyone else. Mm. Um, and that's so good. And on top of that, the actual narrative around the QAZs and the digester and the stuff that's happening on Paradiso means mm-hmm. that if you want to do some wild shit from a narrative perspective, you can. It's it's this like carte blanche, like I, I mentioned this on my channel, but if you want to like, you want to make a dinosaur table, you want to make like, you know, <laughs> this, this incredibly weird, like trippy jungle terrain, you kind of do that with Paradiso, but go nuts. Um, yeah. So yeah, best the best ITS season that has ever existed for narrative. I've run one like full on narrative event. I did it at CanCon pre-COVID and it was incredible fun. I had such a good time with it, um, like running it like a D&D campaign kind of thing. Um, but it had to be about the Paradiso front, um, because because I wanted to have combined army players playing, um, and now it doesn't. Now it can be something else. So that's that's awesome. Um, yeah. I, I, others, on that, I mean, I, I just I just written a, a bit about um, you know including zombies in your game of Infinity, which you know is out with the realms of Infinity generally, but now with these QEZ creatures, this is something that I could you could definitely run as a narrative event or a or a spec ops style event and, uh, and infinity it, 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 has had zombies in the fluff for ages it's part of the background of the parody so um oh like is it pre- there you go. yeah 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 there's a whole actually but 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 it would play in really well because the there's like one thing where zombies have appeared in infinity fluff and it's to do with the zentia digester and the original attempt to settle i think parody so and it's a really cool story around it and the whole okay. colony got wiped out um they they detonated their own the core of their like um, settlement. Oh, that's that, that was on Dawn, wasn't it? I can't remember if it was Dawn. I, I think, think was, I think it was on Dawn. I yeah, should know because this. it was um, it was it was the tri- it was the trivium that uh, I think because I think I was talking about this before that like got discovered, and so they were like, nope, and blew up a ship. Yeah, you you and Chivian chats uh, summarized it, but but you could because yeah. that was all to do with the digester. You could easily yeah, you could do that again. You could do that mm. again on on like you could draw back on that and, and have it in um really easily have it in uh um. On like it's set on Concilium now, uh, mm-hmm. 
So in terms of the actual, I've not played, um, I have not played enough games of the new like scenarios and mechanics yet. Uh, I I really like the change to the saturation zone, the the depression zones. In um, specifically, I like that they are more meaningful, but there's only one of them. Um, so you have to think about them now, but you can't like corral a person. They're 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 important. They require people to think about the um, effect that they have on play, but they're not going to have as much of an effect on play. Mm. Um, I like the 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 quasi the quasi creatures, quasi creatures, um, yeah, yeah. But I haven't had a chance to play with them yet. I just like them on paper. So, yeah. uh, I'm trying to think what else. It it's otherwise also. I like the, the, the removal of Takimotos, not in the sense that I think it was a bad rule. I think it was a great rule, but it was such a big deal in terms of like how it changed lists that we had this huge injection of novelty when it arrived, um, and now we have an injection of novelty again because it's gone. It's gone. Uh, yeah. So, like all of my Starmada lists have had to change. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you think of going I, in the bin? I, I uh. think I think I think this is sensor <laughs> bots are still fine. There's nothing yeah. like there's nothing wrong with a sixteen I, point. I'm taking one of them, not two. Yeah. yeah. What, what what do you think of? And I think this is probably one of. I don't know if, of all the ITS seasons I've played whether I've seen any sort of a change like this, but um, uh, the introduction of the O12 prestige, like the ability to just generate an order per turn. Yeah, so that is a very impactful mechanic that I don't yet have a full grasp of how it changes list building, other than that I'm sure it does, and it's going to take me time to think about, which is nice, because that's chewy, right? That's like a, I have to, mm. I have to dwell on that for a while, play with it. Um, it's going to mm. impact, some, some lists it will be like, if you were running 15 regular orders, you're going to still run 15 regular orders. It might change how you do your combat groups, though. Because, like, uh, say at 300 points, a 10-5 split, you could do a 9-6 split, and now those are potentially 10 and 7 order pools. Like, the, the, the big thing about O12 Prestige is that it is flexible which combat group the order applies to. Yeah. And that's the bit that I don't know yet how much it's going to change list building, other than that it will. I I just like the I just like that it gives it gives you another resource to manage right like I sometimes you play a game and you end up with like two or th sometimes even three com command tokens left right you yes. haven't needed them for whatever reason mm. and now yes, you it will... get to use them but there'll be times where you're like fuck I wish I didn't spend that you know you'll be like I need to push this button oh, I failed oh I'll convert command token I'll try again I failed damn it and then you like later on you're like i really need to reform this fire team but i've just spent that you know it's just it's just yeah. another thing that you're gonna be using and then having to risk risk manage it which i think is quite exciting from a point yeah. of, from that point of it's view it's certainly a rule that fits my play style very well because even in sectorals i tend to play relatively few fire teams so mm -hmm. i almost always like the only mm -hmm. factions where i don't have like a command, an ample command token budget is in Hackerslam and Dashat armies where I'm really pushing how many irregulars I can play. Yeah, um, for sure. But if you're playing, even in Toha, like a fire team broken, that's fine. The McCall will attack until it's dead. Um, but mm. if you're running a sectoral, particularly five-person defensive cores that you need to keep reforming as the ARO pieces go down, I think those... Which is, I just basically that's just not in my ballywick at all. That kind of list needs to think about ways to manage the command token budget. Um, 
So like Varuna, for example, where they already wanted to convert Helot orders, and mm-hmm. they often want to reform a defensive core, whether it's Fusiliers or like Ed Sykes runs a pure Kamau list, the absolute madman. Um, yeah. And, and they even, even like um, Engineer and Doctors, right? Um, you know, sometimes Kano you want to keep you want to yeah. keep that you want to keep one command token for that inevitable failed whip check. Yeah, and you don't want to. Or if have you're running to, a tag, yeah, if you're running a tag yeah. and your opponent has hackers, you keep a command token. You do yeah. not spend your yeah. last. Command now you're token. like, now you're like, oh. Whereas before, you know, you'd be like, I don't have a really good reason to spend this. Now you may have a really good reason to spend this, which again creates games, this like I've, tense situation. In the games I've had with the rules so far, I have liked so. What I've been doing is I've just, every turn I've set one command token aside, and I decide over the turn if I need to use it, and then I just push it back into the pool if I don't. And mm. I've been surprised, actually, at... Because if you if you present this... like in a, When I first read this, I assumed that I would be, at the beginning of the game, putting aside three command tokens, because I would want those orders. But I actually haven't necessarily. Like I think I've used it, on average, about one and a half times a game. But that's not a huge sample size yet. But but mm. that's what I've been finding is that it's a nice to have, but sometimes you don't need that extra yeah. order. You don't need I, it. I, You're, yeah, I, yeah. It's good but, because the game already worked without having it. Um, yeah, and it it is nice. But I, I'm with you, having played a couple of games um, of it. Is like I may have used it once in like in, in a three round game. That that is mostly with reinforcement lists though, um, where. Mm. I win because you're playing effectively 225 points for most of a reinforcements game. You're more constrained in how you can pursue your objectives. And so you'd think that a an extra order would um, matter more, but actually because you set yourself more limited objectives every turn to begin with, you don't have those situations as often where you're you're you know a fox in the hen house where Sheshkin has yeah. made it to the enemy deployment zone, right? Those are the situations like where Sujan has gotten to the enemy deployment zone. Those are the situations where an extra order is most powerful, and you'll see those in three hundred point games. But in reinforcements, it just kind of happens a little less. The pieces that I attack within reinforcements are like Hassassin for days and Speculos, and they just start there and spend three orders. A fourth order doesn't matter as much. Mm. It feels like that one more option we needed for command tokens, so that at the end of the game, if you have a pile of command tokens, it's because you chose to have a pile of command tokens left, yep. not because yeah. you had nothing to do with them. I hundred, yeah, 100%. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, which is good. That's great. Um, on the ITS 15 continuing, uh, we've got a question from Ryan. He's asking our other Ryan in the chat. Um, he wants to know why CB hate Ariadna so much for this new ITS release. I don't think that's uh, a question. What? What? <laughs> specifically with the uh, QAZ zones doing BTS damage. Yeah, that's that's the that's the that's the question everyone's ha- wringing their hands around right about right now. Oh my god, Ariadna bears. Ah. BTS, forgetting, BTS zero forgetting the fact that there's any other faction. Forgetting, yeah, exactly. Forgetting the fact that many other skirmishers in the game have BTS zero, and um, yeah. bears are too. Ariadna wins, has so. a fair amount of terrain skills as well to help get them through the zone, so they don't have to stop and spend an order in the middle. Yeah. And I didn't realize when I first did it, because um, I haven't played a mission uh, with them yet, that it is only, like, one zone per person. So unlike before, where you could really, like, zone out an entire corridor. I missed that part. It's only one zone per oh. person, not two now. Yeah, so now yeah. you can pretty easily just avoid them um, if you're Ariadna. Well, if you're any... Like, see, like, people, people keep talking about Ariadna. Fucking, like, find me well, a skirmisher I'm, that's BTS. Yeah. That's got BTS. My, my Libertos are all BTS zero. 
Yeah. Um, all, every almost every skirmisher in the game that's not like shrouded or BTS zero. Fucking. Uh, there's many, many, many units in the game where BTS zero and one wound. I might add, like there's lots of new one in cap dogged troopers in Ariadna. So, uh, and the, like I want to make the point as well while that comes up that if you yeet a trooper through a QAZ zone and it takes a wound, it doesn't matter what the trooper's BTS is. You chose to to throw it through danger. Like yes. I know that there's going to be a game where I just have to run a tag through that thing, or I make the choice to run a tag through that thing. And it takes two wounds doing it. That's, that was the risk that I chose to take. Um, it, it almost doesn't matter what BTS you have and what you don't. If you run a trooper into a zone that can kill it, you chose to run a trooper into a zone that can kill it. The dice will decide to screw you or not. Yeah. And the thing is, right, as well, like with people, like, even if, even if it didn't hurt you, if you can't get through it, you wouldn't go through it anyway. Like, if you had to stop on it anyway, you would probably just try and find a way around it. So you're not like a bear that has to stop before touching it wouldn't waste an order it would probably go around it if it, if it could obviously yeah yeah there's, if there's, only there's, a, if a six four trooper with climbing plus <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah exactly so and then like the troopers that can go through them because they've got terrain total can well they'll just won't go through the middle of it now they might just go or like they'll skim the edges if they have to, but they probably still because but you don't get the the bonus to your movement if you don't start outside it anyway. So one of the things I actually like yeah. about it as a change is that the effect of the decompression zones in the previous version um, actually were very like very how do you put this um, inconsistently applied. Uh, so like you'd put these zones down and they would actually just serve to accelerate some troops through them, um, you know zero yeah. G troops etc. But now when you put a QAZ zone on the table. Everyone has to respect it to some some capacity. Um, mm. No one gets to look at that and say like, "Well, this this obligatory terrain piece that my opponent has placed helps me rather than hindering me." So I think that's the fact that there's always some risk associated with it now. There's always some downside. It's a good change. Mm. There was it was like the conversation we had about capture and protect, where people were like, "Oh, I'll just put my zone," you know, in the old season, I'll put my zones next to my beacon, and I'm like, "Thank you." Because now you're burst one and I'm terrain total, so I'll just move through it faster. Whereas now I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that you putting that there now may actually hurt me. Sounds yeah. like Namua supremacy to me. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> BTS 6, baby. They don't care. Damage 10, get fucked. Um, we have any more questions for Robert? Um, before we bring on Eloise, if he's still kicking around, yeah, um, it, is, Robert, it, is, uh, it is 10 30. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Eloise is already answering questions to the chat. <laughs> is there anything else you want to you want to you want to mention, Rob? No, look, I'll just thanks for inviting me on, guys. Have good like 100, 100 episodes. That's a that's a hell of a record. Like, absolutely fantastic. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, maybe well, get to well 159. Done, Yep. <laughs> we, might, we might reach the the dizzying heights of uh, white noise. I think they stopped at 169. I think that was their their last episode. So we've got a bit oh more yeah, to but go you know, with the cast of a, cast of a million different people <laughs> recording. Hey, we're well, like we're building our cast right now. Um, but yeah, no, thanks so much for coming on and, and and sharing your thoughts. It was great to talk to you. No, awesome. Always a pleasure, guys. All right, all right. Catch you, mate. Thanks, Rob. Bye. All right. Okay, folks. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we are about an hour behind schedule. Uh, I guess we just love to talk. Um, but if Heloise is kicking around in the chat, he wants to jump on. Um, uh, we'd love hold to. On, hold on, before he does, before he does, uh, I gotta fix it. Oh, you gotta make him making sure he can talk. He's a guest. Yeah, that... I gotta mute him. Unmute him. Move his volume.
Heloise, if you could just disconnect and reconnect, because that's how Discord works, apparently. Righto. Well, yeah, so we have a few questions for Heloise already, but if there's any more that you'd like to throw them in the chat, chuck them up in the chat, and we'll try and get to them. We also have, like, our listener questions, which we didn't quite get to finish, which if... If we have some time, we might try oh, and squeeze one in there. We can get to that later. If, let's not keep the man <laughs> waiting. Worst case, what? Right. It's another special edition episode? <laughs> 100 part five, part two? He's uh, where are you? We're still waiting for Heloise to get on. Okay. Um, Colin, uh, can, can, can you unmute yourself? Hey, yes, you did it. Yes, 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 yes. Because yes. it. it's weird. Like They have to unmute themselves. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Yes. Hello. 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 Evening. Hello is. <laughs> uh, Thank you for your patience. Apologies for the delay. Don't worry. Uh, my my the, the first time that you give me the schedule, I, I thought that it was uh, this time. So okay, it's perfect. Good. Yeah, oh. there was a little bit of the um. Yeah, the 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 time zones didn't quite um make yeah. sense initially. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It, it really not make sense. So. <laughs> Perfect. So glad to have you on the show. How are how are you? What's what's been happening? Where where are you right now? Are you in the office? No, I don't have. I am at home to have uh, some more relax to this uh, interview. So, mm. yeah. stuff. Are you um are you uh, taking a well deserved break after after the last month into planetaria and all that? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> No, when uh, we finish the interplanetario, I have to go to the office to continue working. So, yeah. could you? We can't stop the engines. Yeah. No, no, could I you, guess not. Heloise, just give a uh, quick again elevator pitch on uh, sort of what you do for Corvus Belly and 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 Infinity. Okay, uh, uh, I'm the organized play manager. That's my main work, but also. Uh, I'm a uh, rules developer from Inf for Infinity. So, well, many stuff, but small, small uh, 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 work. But my main is uh, organized play and Infinity rules. Yeah. So I. So you look after the ITS seasons. You're the you're the man in charge of of um, developing rules for each season. Well, uh, the last one, uh, 14, uh, I, I can manage it because I was in a medical leave because I had a herniatic disc and was uh, six months of pain. So, what was that? So, was that uh, your I, back? I can work it out. Yeah, my back. Oh, your yeah, back. Oh, man. Ouch. Fucker. Yeah. I hope but you're feeling now you're I'm, better. I, I, I'm, I'm feeling better. So, it's oh, good. <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, Okay, well, I mean, actually, um, when did you start with Corvus Belly and what was your first role in the company? Um, I believe it was in the 17, 2017, okay. I guess. Uh, I started previously on Corvus Belly uh, testing only two or three hours at, at a week. Uh, but one day a friend called me that we need some guy to write text for the from um, from the store. So I say, okay, why not? 
are you going to pay me? Yeah, of course. So. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, and I finished uh, finish that work very quickly because, you know, it's writing text that uh, Fusilier, one Fusilier in this box, uh, two Fusilier in this box uh, was quite easy. So I get some free time. So I got some free time. So uh, the people of Corpus Belli is going to give me more work, more work. And at the end, the guy who runs the ITS is going to start uh, Aristeia developing. So they say, do you want to try to do this stuff? And I say, of, of course, totally. Uh, that was a dream. So yeah. So I started working at season seven, but not really, because it's like you have one week to do your stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. shit, I don't have many time. So my real first uh, season was season eight. Tagline, right? Exactly, right. Yeah. Okay. For me, it was the best one. Uh, okay. I know that Robert, Robert Shepard uh, says that this is the 15, but for me, it was the, uh, the eighth one. You know? <laughs> do, do, you, because... do you still have a, a love for tags that would have made you create tagline? Um... It was uh, when I when I started, I, I thought like a play, uh, like a player and I want to use many things that uh, was on the shell, like tags. Uh, I don't I don't remember. I don't know if you remember that in the past list, like, uh, wow, tags. Uh, you don't have to play tags because um, they are overpowered. So forget mm -hmm. about them. So I tried to give that push. And, Mm. And now you can see it on the on tables, and that's great, right? For sure. Uh, I so watched, I, I actually watched the video, the tagline video from Corvus yeah. Belli with the uh, yeah. the Umbras fighting the two, were they the Tickbalans? Yeah. yeah, that was such a good, like, I just watched it going, we need more of these videos. These are, these are fantastic. Yeah, I yeah, but I, I don't think so because <laughs> many money, many time. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure, for sure. I, I still, I still remember the um. Was that was that another one of those like 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 uh, like early eighty like, like late eighties sort of things? No, that was like a whole like mini mini movie. There was Bit and Kiss was in it. There was uh, well, sort of the Alive group was in it and everything. It was it was it was right. great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it yeah. was a time that so they they. Uh, they give me a lot of free space to to create and to prove things. Like let's mm -hmm. let's see what uh, that guy can do, no? Right? Uh, so I don't I don't know if you remember when I trolling and spamming with a live account at the forums. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Even even I, I hacking uh, uh, our <laughs> web page, um, creating a, a lot of. of um, of puzzles and and riddles and people yeah i remember that was quickly yeah that was one of and the first big was... controversies of my infinity career was when i was told i could no longer play with Tariq mansuri because yeah. he was, oh, uh, he, was right. he was in, he was, in, he was in jail for half a season or something like that wasn't it was, <laughs> that was the live yeah. group yeah because it was yeah. a trade well it was the next season oh but, that was right yes yeah yes. yeah traders yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was was amazing uh, the moments because they allowed me uh, to create three short movies, not only one, three, uh, just to 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 put the new uh, organized play uh, 
on the map because at the beginning the organized play wasn't uh, wasn't having the the care that I I believe it needs. Mm -hmm. So they give me a lot of uh, uh, they give me a lot of chances to to try new stuff and improve uh, crazy things, and it was great. Yeah, well, I mean, whatever whatever you did during that time, I mean, even like Infinity Casual Casual is still pretty much just grounded in whatever you bring out for the next season. Um, like people who loved Takamoto doesn't matter; they're going to move on to uh, season fifteen. Uh, oh, I because... don't know. I think you've I think you've upset a few people with the removal of Takamoto Heloise. I think I'm not gonna lie; I'm not one of them. But I think. <laughs> Famously hates rules changes in uh, uh, season rules changes. Hated the bike changes. Hated Takamoto's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We like we the players. We always want more change, and then we don't want it. So mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's I life. Think it's, so. <laughs> I feel like it's honestly a sort of. I mean, I feel it sometimes. Luckily, I wasn't too affected by the Takamoto getting. Uh, taken away that you're like oh i gotta go and look at all my lists see if they're okay now um and i think it's that in the first week of a change they're like oh does any and then it just goes away as you start playing and mm. building lists again yeah totally um, but for, for me it's, it's a part of a game that uh try to not get comfortable that okay that's my main list and that's it because for me creating lists is part of the game uh, how many of you uh, opened the army and spent time during during your work, like creating and moving? I'm going to put that um, skid mixture. No, maybe that. Uh, and that's part of the game. So for me, that's great. And this little change uh, affect how you create a list. And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but for me, it's fantastic. Oh, it's really good to stir things up just enough to make people change their list and rethink them rather than just having like, here's my list. It's been awesome. I've been running it for four years. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, 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 <laughs> and in a company thinking, in a company thought, uh, it's easier to change a lot of the game with the small changes. We don't need a, a expansion or a DLC, right? Uh, that uh, that it needs a lot of hours of work with yeah. these little changes like, oh, whoa, that bots, uh, that's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a little time to, to try it and, and, and to make new stuff. So for me, it's so speaking really about, great. Speaking about the new season and, and, and talking about the little changes, obviously we were just talking about it with Rob, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on, on the design behind the changes on specifically the decompression zones that are now the QAZ zones and the new quasi creatures as we start as we like to call them. Um, what was the I guess the thought behind making them, introducing them to the game? Um. Uh, well, uh, I believe that there are two types of players the narrative ones and the competitive ones uh, and i um, and its is only i'm going to say only for the competitives but for me that's not true uh, i want to try that casual gamer uh, players to to the game uh, for me the background is very important the first seasons is like here you have some missions play and goodbye 
And from the start of the season eight with tagline, we put a background uh, behind the rules like, hey, that is going to happen and you are going to be part of the movie because I want to give that players because I'm, I am a narrative player, but also I'm a competitive player. So I, I, I miss that part in the ITS. So... With that background, Gutierrez write me the background. Okay, the the fluff of the infinity is going this way. Perfect. So we have that uh, uh, quantum anomalies and, and are dangerous. Okay, perfect. So I want you to give that feel, uh, that danger during your your games. So it's part that that I create that that uh, kinds of rules, right? Uh, and of course, uh, that rules are uh, encapsulated in some missions. So this way, uh, organizer can choose to avoid that rules during a tournament, or he can force to use them. So this way, uh, uh, this way, I I believe that uh, all the Infinity players can uh, find his place uh, during a tournament or our game. Yeah, no, I think we're exactly what we were just talking about before about that bringing that narrative feel back to Infinity. Um, mm. As much as it, from a from a gameplay point of view, some people might not enjoy it or might enjoy it less because obviously, you know, a neutral element causing damage is not necessarily the most fun thing for players. But I think from a narrative point of view, I think we can all get behind that. And also the idea of a quantum anomaly zone, this other alien races is also really exciting and interesting for me as a player, you know, where we've been dealing with Toha and the various arms of combined army yeah. for years. And now we have potentially Probably. new aliens um, in the mix. Um, the, the multiverse, as it were, or whatever is, is, is interesting from a point of view right. of, um, of, of, of for infinity. And it also gives you the chance to use some skills that you don't use in, uh, often, like terrain skills, because we always forget to put that on our tournaments, because it's quite annoying, you know, like um, that terrains uh, mm -hmm. reduce my movement, so we, we tend to forget that rules with that a small pieces of terrain in the, in the tournament will give you the options to to take the potential of that troops that have that skills. No, I, don't I like know. that I... the train rules have been moving toward giving a buff to certain models rather than penalizing totally. most models. Yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I learned that during uh, season uh, nine, during Traders, when I penalized is... some profiles. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, hmm, maybe I, <laughs> I was gonna, bonus I was, before Malus. <laughs> I was going to bring it. Did you learn it from, I think, the first iteration of Rescue where the middle of the entire table was difficult terrain? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. Medium, infantry, medium infantry in that particular season were 2-2. Two, two. That was yeah. their movement. No, they were yeah. like, no, they were two, they were, weren't they like 2-1? Because you would go, oh, no. No, no, you had to oh, use yeah. your little second profile. Their second profile yeah. was that, two, right. so they were 2-2. Two, yeah. two. Yeah. I do remember like moving a, a unit prone to avoid fire, just going one, 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 one. Like, this is so bad. This is the worst. Take thing. you with Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Um, you mentioned there, but uh, Gutierrez, he, he, he designed, he um, wrote the, the fluff, I guess, for the new season. Did you, do you have any um, uh, influence in, in the writing or designing, or is it just the rules? Uh, for now, 
choose rules, but uh, mm. I suggest some 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 crazy stuff. I have to suggest many stuff. So this this way, Gutierrez is going to pick one. But uh, I have the chance to do it uh, during season eight in tagline because all the group, uh, a live group, uh, uh, Victor Messer, uh, General Clayman, all that crazy movie in my head. Uh, mm-hmm. And then in a short movies, uh, uh, I I take Gutierrez, uh, I surprise Gutierrez with that because nobody expected that ITS is going to work with the fluff of the infinity. Mm. So let's say, whoa, great, perfect. Mm, let's let's see what's happened. But um, but yeah, I have many crazy ideas. Uh, for example, I want to, to recuperate a, a Templarian, right? Uh, a Templarian Knight. It's going to be Victor Messer. But what you're saying like, they, whoa. No, relax. <laughs> it's not working like that. <laughs> because we didn't have the knowledge of all that universe, right? And I'm a foreigner, like, mm, I want to push buttons and make stuff. And mm. So for now, it's it's better that Gutierrez's plan and how is going to advance that future. And I say, okay, perfect. So I have this, I have this, I can work with that. Uh, what did you think if we made this stuff oh, perfect or not? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's how we work. I'm going to say something controversial at the moment. And I'm going to say that I, from a, from a, from a narrative point of view, I, my favorite season was season 10. Which was the genotech? Oh gosh! (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, because I really enjoyed like the mechanic was was bad. It wasn't great, but I loved the idea of armies all trying to dig and excavate this Hmm. this artifact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having the xenotech and it 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 had so much more. I had so much like bursts of creativity during that season of like, you know, why are they here? Who are these xenotechs? What are they actually looking for? How are you digging? Like what's going on yeah. in the, you know, in, in, in a movie, you know, the idea of like, you know, Indiana Jones, like digging in a hole and like trying to watch out for, you know, people coming, that sort of thing was really interesting to me. And I really enjoyed that season from that point of view, even though the actual yeah, yeah. Rule the actual rule point. was yeah. quite weird. Yeah. yeah. I have to confess that uh, mm, you can study uh, a, a degree of organized play. So I'm learning with each season, right? And mm-hmm. yeah. with mm-hmm. your comments, the feelings, what I, what I want to see in my game table. Um, sometimes the crazy idea doesn't work. So, okay, don't worry. We have to change. And for me, ITS is the perfect field to test things because, okay, we have 20, 30 testers, but with the ITS, I have an army of testers. Mm-hmm. Um, Speak, speaking to that, um, is, is like, uh, and um, thinking about the, the bike rule that's now sort of been adopted um, as like a base rule for bikes, are there uh, like sort of I suppose uh, moments or like rules that you guys want to implement into the main game that you test using ITS? Yes, for example, I don't know. There was some ones like like the motorcycles. Like you can choose to have cover or be impetuous. 
or touchy motos we tested like okay it works but maybe we have to cut here to add up and mm -hmm. to make it works better but yeah yeah okay. like a good example is the removal of the template from when you combat dropped that was one of the seasons yeah yeah yeah, yeah like that's one super more accurate, accurate drop yeah yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. I don't remember it was in, in the 11 or 12. No, but it was before. Yeah, it was a test. Like, let, let's see how it works if we remove the, 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 the template to jump. Because uh, we have to cut some rules and make the game easier. Because, yeah, mm -hmm. it's really cool to have. A lot of options and create your movie in your mind but don't forget that this is a game so we can have 400 rules page all right so we have to put something and and make easier because the the feeling of the movie is going to continue but we don't need a lot of rules or complicate like yeah. the templates or combat jump or yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. you, you mentioned I, I think that you bring that up oh. kevin and i've now just realized how many um big changes have come from you guys testing in um its because that that drop I, I i now remember i uh hopefully um nick's uh, still here i remember him saying when that came out of him using that to like drop tiger soldiers into balconies into like really yeah. weird spots where otherwise they couldn't fit normally yeah like, yeah, you would you would often not be able to get cover, not not cover, but you wouldn't be you'd be in the open somewhere because it would have to fit, you know, in a certain area, which re reduced the place. And I remember when it, it was removed the first time, people were like, "Oh my God, there's gonna be drop troopers landing in the middle of a fire team, and they're just gonna wreck face." And you're like, well, yeah, that's what they're the kind of what they do, right? They're supposed to like drop in and, but currently they can't because they can't fit under the templates. So I think uh, that was a really positive change. You mentioned Takamoto's there, right? Briefly, you, you said, you know, uh, it was good in this season, but we're not sure how to implement it into the game. Does this mean that some form of Takamoto's may be returning to the game in per like perpetuity, or are we still not sure about that? I don't know. Maybe Mayana. <laughs> it's a joke. I'm just kidding. Mayana is tomorrow in English. Uh, <laughs> in Spanish. Uh, I don't know. For now, it's like uh, in the freeze, and uh, let's see. We have to test to to to, to wait a, a time, no, mm -hmm. to to get freeze that that rule, and let's see what happens in the future. How much does um does does uh, submitted lists into into ITS seasons actually um really help you collate data and information about about testing for new units? Or, or new rules for existing units. Um, does 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 those does that data affect it at all? Or if yeah. we stop suddenly taking sensor bots in or takimotos in in this season, is it like oh okay, the, this was a big change? No, the, yeah, we we check the all your army list that you've left pull up to the OTM, and we try to say that. What are the troops that the most people use? What kind of troops troops are the most popular? 
uh, that's why that, for example, uh, during tagline, no, nobody wants place tags. So let's keep a booth or let's make some specific emissions um bikes right and nobody would use bikes because they have a, a bigger base and nobody want can move that basis from the from the table so let's keep some uh, bonuses with the tachimotos is the same same thing because many people use the 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 cheapest ones only to give one, one order the the, mm. the fugazi i think no fugazi no the the footbots for example seven points that's it and these troops um, this for example tachimotos uh, people doesn't use it because it's better to get a fusilier than that uh, remote for example mm -hmm. you get the same and you uh, you don't have to worry about the hacker or um other stuff so yeah we we check and we try stuff mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. Okay, um, we'll we'll get on to um, ITS fifteen. So it's on ITS fifteen. So, um, question then about uh, reinforcements, right? That's uh, you were talking yeah. about like small changes. Reinforcements is a is a very big change, and it's an extra this season for ITS fifteen. Um, was that was it was is re was reinforcements ever gonna be a main part of infinity or was it always just going to be an extra and and, and also how much i guess how much playtesting has been done on on reinforcements going into its 15. well reinforcements has been many time over or uh, over desk so i don't know maybe n2 or n3 so oh wow yeah yeah and um, we never find that a, a rule that gets us happier uh, to release them so and now we try it a lot, we test it a lot, um, and we get a version that we like or we think it works. So, but now it's time that the community mm, test it, play it, uh, and see what think about it. And, and it's better to play, test it, and talk about that before, okay, everybody can uh, to talk about before game, uh, before the games or to play, you know? But, Mm. let's give it that chance uh, so for 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 that uh we we thought that it's better to use it like a, an extra because uh, for now it's i don't know maybe it's uh, quite difficult to manage that i'm going to play with re reinforcements and you are going to play without so how i create my list if i go to the tournament how i manage is going to be uh public information not so mm, okay with this, with this yeah so um, it's so quite it's, complicated because we have a lot of, of opinions uh, inside corpus valley that how it has to work but uh I think it's going to be easier to encapsulate in an extra that, okay, if it doesn't work, it, it's not going to affect all the game because it's like, uh, okay, we don't use that extra and we can continue playing Infinity. If not, if it was mandatory and it doesn't work or the people doesn't like it, whoa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if, with that yeah. in mind, does that mean the the profiles and like the models that are coming out soon, if for whatever reason um, 
Irene Foster doesn't work out, are they going to be? Are they going to make a move into the the sectorials and the vanilla armies? Not really, because uh, uh, I, I believe this is a good way to give uh, the spots of. Uh, to some troopers or some profiles that you never uh, align in your regular lists. Why? I don't know. It's like I don't have a spot for that uh, kind of, of troop of pro or, pro or profile. But when you have a, a, a reserved army points at, and you have a, a specific list, it's like mm, maybe I get. Uh, Agnes right now I never uh, or Queen Richard Queen for example maybe they have their spot to shine um, okay. if we move it if we move it that to the main army we're going to have uh, a problem that we already have that we have many profiles and this profile is similar to this one but it's better so I'm going only use this one and I never get the spot for this another one. So, but what about for those profiles that are only because Richard Quinn's obviously available in in regular and in reinforcements. But what about for uh, the Burtuk for Hakazlam, for example? That's only reinforcements. Yeah. So, uh, what? So if you can't play that in non-reinforcements, then then I guess we're relying on reinforcements becoming either the main game or a popular extra. Uh, I think you can't, Burtok can't is available in QK. No, Burtok's are it's on not? reinforcements only. Yeah, there are some okay. kind. There are some some profiles that are exclusive for reinforcements. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't have to talk Burtok. We can just talk like the kiss. Yeah, for now. Let, let's let's think like a company. Like, okay, uh, mm -hmm. it's new. Okay, so we have to give some uh, special care. With reinforcement rules because he's our new baby, so mm -hmm. we have to put shiny stuff in the other side. Like, hey, look at this! Come you play, have some new yeah, stuff yeah. here. Play here, play here. So yeah. for now, it's exclusive. Let's see what's happening in the future. I don't know. That's yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. No, that's, I mean that's, that makes that makes sense. It seems yeah. like the the um, conservative way to go because we're we're only what one month into this. You know, two weeks into the yeah. season like we're we're yeah. not really very far in yet um and yeah. uh certainly from what i've seen the reinforcements looks looks interesting um but yeah, there's there already a lot of many games to play <laughs> exactly yeah and there's there's already a lot of discussion over over whether or not cb maybe should could have put them put it in as a as a when you build a list you can make it reinforcements or not reinforcements but your opponent doesn't have to play that way exactly. like you can just you can choose that's the main objective of course okay um, but that's cool uh, with tests like that and um, we get a lot of problems during the testing of like so so we need we need uh, many games uh, in our back to to, yeah. to reach that point so for now it's better that you use it and you too to to have that equilibrium, right? Yeah, that balance. Okay. That balance. Yeah, it sounds like this is the most balanced. You were able to get it with your pool of playtesters, and now with a larger pool of playtesters, we can you can refine it more. Exactly, because yeah. in all honesty, I think the closest to like a, like a size of change to the way you play that I've seen in any ITS season was when limited insertion was a rule. 
So and that all that did was meant that you couldn't be affected by the uh, minusing of two tokens. And that's nothing compared to reinforcement. So this is, yeah, definitely something that needs to be treated as the big change that it actually is. Yeah. Well, insert, yeah. limited insertion was another rule that we tested during ITS. Let, let's see what's happened and what the people mm. uh, think about it. Because we was working in M4 and we are trying to avoid that uh, spam orders. So mm. let's try it. And if it works, we implement it in, uh, at in, in M4. And and that's our, uh, our tens. Like, I want only to play with 10. And now we say, okay, 15. Not for you, not for me. Uh, uh, and now yeah. people is like, I need more orders. <laughs> <laughs> we always need more orders, uh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think at the very least, the spiritual successor to that rule would be all the introduction of NCO and tactical awareness. That means you can run that 10 units and still get it, you know, at least yeah mm -hmm. 12 mm -hmm. orders or something um we'll we'll move on to from its and reinforcements to interplanetario as well because yeah. um that was a that was a really exciting um time i'm, I'm sure um i don't I ever think i saw the uh, number of players you had at that how many did you get attending in the end at the end we have 151 for infinity wow. oh. yeah that's a big event <laughs> So really, cool. yeah, really crazy. I can't believe it. Uh, uh, and 34 Aristea, yeah, 34 Aristea. Wow, yeah. yeah. And in total, we have uh, almost 300 uh, attendees from all that were around the world, and that's fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, do you know? Um, did you do a breakdown of the countries, like how many countries and who was the most represented? At the event? Well, I'm going to talk French uh, mm, remember. So we have from Latvia, uh, USA, uh, UK, France, Italy, Sweden, I think, Mexico, uh, Venezuela, uh, Spain, of course. Uh, I don't remember if one Australian guy this year. There was one, there was one Australian yeah. guy, yeah. It was Ryan's yeah. brother, actually. He's thinking he might still be on the okay. channel. Germany. Oh. So yeah, we have we have uh, a lot of representation. So that's that's great. Yeah, 151 players is, is that's incredible. It's really that's really great to hear. He's got a way to go, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Australia's we're we're you know we'll get there. I think we had like a hundred a few you know before the pandemic. So we'll, a we'll, venue we'll, issue, but yeah, Cancun was a big a really big event. So. Yeah, one one of the years way back, I think we had a big event at CanCon, and then NovaCore when Gavin ran it in twenty nineteen, I think it was a hundred. I think that's great, but uh, nothing since then. We did get we did have representation from CB this year though at Burn City Brawl, even though you weren't there in person. We had the cardboard cutouts, which was which yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, we'll get uh, we'll we'll get them sent back to you at some point. Um, hopefully once we've once we've once they've toured around Australia for you. <laughs> that's good. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. What were the um, highlights of Interplanetario for you? There are many stuff, but uh, if I have to choose only one, uh, I will see it was great to see a lot of old friends and, of course, to meet new ones. 
the best of the interplanetarius for me is to enjoy uh, with all the players who love uh, Cross Belly as me and to share that magical moment. Uh, having fun with all the Cross Belly games, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like Christmas. Uh, if you're a Corvus Valley fan, right? Uh, many, many stuff, uh, stuff, um, a lot of lots, uh, many anecdotes uh, to share, talking about your games. Uh, so you're living that movie and that you already just played and it feels like, I don't know, it's, for me it's an enormous family that um, it's an experience that you only can uh, know how it works if you come to the interplanetario and get infected by the puppy love. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the only uh, way to feel that is to come and visit us and have fun. But for me, it's to meet all that people that met, that you only see one time during a year, but you feel like it's like an old friend from all the life. Yeah, for sure. Did you, uh, did you take anybody out for some pulpy and during the weekend? Sorry? Did you take anybody out to try to have some pulpy? Yeah, of course, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, what else have we got here? Um, yeah, so I guess we have to ask as well, the, um, the single sectoral of um, Seal Phalanx was very dominant at um interplanetario was there much talk about that during the event uh have you talked about with corp with cb after the event um or why you think that might have been the case uh well we didn't expect so many players uh, of steel phalanx but let's let's talk about numbers because we have let me see the numbers well i have only uh vanilla uh, armies, but we have 23 uh, Aleph players. So, out of 151, yeah, we have 151 players. So, 23 players aren't so much. If, if you have to say that, no, you have one hundred and twenty players of Steve Phalanx, it's like, oh, whoa. But for me, it's more curious that we have only uh, six players or, or 12 or eight for Hack Islam. Mm, so, right yeah, because we have 33 of Aleph, but okay, let's see that the half of that players are still phalanx. But yeah, they get a lot of them in the top. So it's like, it's like the way they A, we are vast majority, but mm. that's, that's not true, uh, totally true, right? Because mm. there are 23 for 151. So, yeah, but they were overrepresented in the. Yeah, in the, yeah, totally. That, that, that's that's the question I really wanted to. That's like because this is my question. Is what I really wanted to know was was this a case of still phalanx have suddenly become this crazy dominant thing in the like worldwide meta, or were they just a ton of players there? So of course there's going to be a bunch in the top. Well, uh, so I think the best way to fix that is to give three more points to the bullet here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, a change is much needed, and uh, just kidding. Uh, uh, for me, uh, uh, I remember one guy gripe me. I don't remember where that say that. Oh my God, there are people on the top 
playing a seed phalanx, I need that list. How that mm. is possible? It's like, whoa, really? Uh, uh, so I don't know. Maybe it depends on your community and your meta that can affect your point of view of if something is wrong or not. Because let's see more numbers of the interplanetario. Uh, yeah, more or less the, the, the victories or the, the defeats of the armies are quite uh, balanced. So, yeah, it, 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 it happens that a lot of Steel Phalanx players get at the top, so can get your attention. They were good players. But, yeah, but uh, remember, we had 30, 23, and how many players do we have in the top? 10? Where are the other ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, half of them. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Um, actually, on that, you were talking about a, a player, players coming up to you and uh, you know asking you questions, and it does make me wonder, like, what were um, what were your interactions like with players at Interplanetario? Um, do you, uh, like, I guess, did you? I mean, I, I know prior to Interplanetario, there were some people on the forums and, and Facebook saying, "I'm going to go and ask Heloise why he's doing this. This is terrible," and I'm like. I'm sure you won't, buddy. I'm sure you're not going to go up to him and and like yell at him like you're just doing on like social media. But did you like? Did you have mostly good interactions with people? Were, were people very uh, polite and excited to excited to see you and excited to see Corvus Billy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ninety nine percent, ninety nine point ninety nine percent of my players' interaction are totally great and polite and. It's it's rare because I I, I believe uh, the Infinity community is quite uh, healthy and great. So I have a, a great time. Maybe I have a problem because I always like to be in in the in the front line of the battle and <laughs> the social media, right? And my my girlfriend say like, can you stop using your mobile phone for a moment? I'm I'm answering a guy like it's not <laughs> We're watching a movie. It's like yeah, you're right. Uh, because for me, it's not only my job; it's my hobby, uh, and it's mm. quite difficult to to manage how, how when when to stop. But yeah, uh, I'm maybe two or three times they have a bad experience talking with a with a community player so mm. I'm, very, I'm very pleased with with the results that's good um we have a couple more questions i don't i don't, we don't, want, we don't want to keep you too much longer i know you're i know you're working uh yeah. but hopefully so that's okay that's work so don't worry <laughs> okay cool um we'll we'll move on from interplanetario and um, we've got Oh, sorry. We've got a couple of random questions to ask. Uh, one of them is, uh, well, actually, Nick, do you want to ask this one? Yeah, okay. So, as a Hawk player, when will we get an ITS season that has desert terrain? Sorry, can you repeat? Ah, oh. desert terrain, desert terrain, okay. Yeah, okay. desert terrain, because we keep, we've had a lot of uh, zero G, and we've had some mountain. Yeah. I'm curious when we're going to get a desert season. Um, mañana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, who knows? Uh, hmm. I don't know. Maybe next year. Uh, it, mm -hmm. That's because we depend. I. I uh, depends of the background season. So yeah. last season is like on the space and in ships, and that's 
Oh, wow, zero G. That's great. And uh, now we have the anomaly, quantum anomalies. Um, let's try new things. But who knows? Maybe next year. <laughs> it's a guess. I don't know. I can't use desert terrain. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the quantum Maybe. anomaly going, but you have to roll a dice on a chart for uh, for what terrain <laughs> feature is uh, is. Yeah. Is <laughs> Random terrain elements. That'll that'll really that'll really annoy the competitors. It's a quantum later. anomaly. We like. Yeah. I mean, it could be anywhere. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but I have to say that this this season you can uh, you can play with desert terrain. Where in the resilience operations, but yes. you have to get yes. the new deck. So you have yeah. to to be patient and get it. Which which is out manana, right? Mañana, right? No, but that's that's right. The mañana, I I believe that's. To, I don't know if today arrives to the office or tomorrow, oh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's time to deliver to... that new decks. Into well, the next question is, is Josh and the... I are certainly excited for it. Yeah. We've already, <laughs> yeah. we've already well, got our orders in. We all, I think Rob Rob said before, it's the biggest cock tease in CB, CB's ever done. <laughs> it, it's uh, here's here's a new here's some new missions you can play with, but you can't play with them until you get the deck, and the deck's not going to be arriving until tomorrow. A month into the season, <laughs> and tomorrow is a few weeks away. Uh, so <laughs> when are we? Can we? Will will we be able to download these decks on a PDF, or do we have to buy these decks? You have to bite it. We need to live to eat something. Yeah. We yeah. have families. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but don't worry. If you if uh, you can uh, still play in their actual missions with the old one because it's totally uh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. So we're just we're just when very we, excited when about we being... get the new one. Yeah, we have to jump to the new one. But for now, you yeah. can get the, the you can use the old one. Is there? Is there? Can you can you reveal if there is much difference between the old classified deck and the new classified deck? Still twenty cards, red and red, red and green deck, or are we changing? With the deck, we are going to have three decks. Uh, The first one is the classified deck, twenty cards, like the old one. Is that that deck going to be the same though as the old deck? No. I I remember I can remember there was five or six new objectives. Ooh, I, like I remove I remove the old ones and I put new ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very disappointed uh, when it's the ones I hate. <laughs> <laughs> totally, but the predator is going to be there, so. Okay. No, well, you, yeah, you know that I'm a JSA player, so keep Predator in. So when I play with Panos, like, ah, oh, come on, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, five or six new ones, and the olders, uh, I modified some some little stuff. Okay. And cool. the other two decks uh, are using in the resilience operations. One are going to give you the objectives of the mission, your objectives. The other player have their own ones or can be different. Uh, and the condition, battle condition, that it can say that, okay, maybe you are um, fighting in a sandstorm or in during night, or I don't know, maybe you have uh, hostile CVs. Uh, who knows? Ooh, yeah. No, we're really excited about these. I, I personally am very excited about this resilience operations. I think yeah. that yeah, me a, too, me too. this is going to be a very interesting way to play. And, and I, I will say, as much as I'm excited about that, 
there are, you know, when you combine it with um, the new season, the reinforcements, and then this, there's a lot to chew on. It's a lot to test out and try. Um, yeah. Uh, so it'll be yeah, there'll be a lots of lots of lots of things to try. But um, yeah, looking forward to the resilience operations. Absolutely. I hope I hope you enjoy it and have a fun time with it. I I hope it's uh, it has. Uh, uh, I I hope this new tech, the resilience operations, can bring that casual game, uh, players to the competitive game because it's mm -hmm. more. It's not so quite demanding how you create your list because you are going to create your list because you you know what you have to do before the game starts. So yeah, so a, a new player can come in with a list that they're exactly. sort of gotten gotten comfortable with. They come in, slap it down for so. resilience, and it doesn't matter yeah. whether they're prepared for it or not because they couldn't have been. And just draw the cards, and then this is what we play. This is our mission. Yeah, yeah. which is a, something that I know yeah, I've been looking looking forward to doing, like, like mm. wanting to do for a long time in Infinity is is have have like a uh, a blank slate to play on, and then you draw your objectives, you draw the the missions, and and the battle conditions as well look look really exciting as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um. All right. Do we have any other? questions i don't know um oh actually we've got we had some listener questions actually we didn't quite get finished on maybe we can do a really quick quick fire round through them all five of us and then we can close it up for tonight does that sound okay <laughs> yeah sure. let's go that's something we can do yeah. Are you happy with that oh, yeah. sweet yeah all right where did we leave off from nick do you remember um uh, it was uh podcasting weirdos one <laughs> yeah sure that one that'll do yeah okay uh yes it's the one underneath that one yeah. All right. Okay. Well, this is this is one directed at direct. Well, I guess. Well, we'll just read it out and see. So, <clears throat> um, so this is from Diomedes as well. So, as we Infinity Port Podcasting, is this the one? Yeah. Oh, we did. We just we did this one already. Did we? Yeah. Because yeah, we talked about talked comics a lot about comics oh. and books and stuff. Mm, we talked about what was the forty k a bunch. Uh. No. No. Oh yeah, wait. We, no. We hold on. We, Sorry. No. 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 Sorry. No. No. He's right. No. No. No, sorry, we didn't. We didn't, right. we didn't do this yeah. one. Oh no, yeah. we didn't. Right. Yeah, so you're right. No, okay, bad. so as as we Infinity Podcasting weirdos all want to see the game grow and the player base expand, what kind of support would you like to see from Corpus Belli to help with that? So this is a question from Diomedes, um, which I guess is directed at, at well at, from us to about 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 you. So I guess uh, this will be an interesting uh, one to say as we're as we're talking to you. But for for me personally. I've never felt like I needed support from Corvus Belly. Um, insofar as, you know, you know before I was a war corps, I was organizing events. So we were more about building the community because we loved the game so much. We weren't looking for a handout from CB to help us. However, um obviously since we started this podcast, the um promotion from Corvus Belly has been very um been very uh helpful and um yeah. excellent and obviously you coming on tonight as well is 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 fantastic because we get to ask you some questions and we get to know you a little bit more and our listeners get to know you a little bit more so um uh, Hello, just from that from from that question is the support is um i guess just keep doing what you're doing right and yeah. keep engaging with the community so that we can, we have a, we have a great game to talk about 
like what I, I mean, hate is silence from a what I hate is silence from a game company. I, I want to feel as though I can um, be involved in in the game. Yeah, I personally. mean, I, I, there, there was a while ago where uh, I think Corpus Belly were listing like top YouTube channels and top this and top that. I think we were we were on there as one of the podcasts that um, Corpus Belly um, mentioned. And considering we were. As, considering at like the size we are, where Often, I think for other uh, game companies, you know, it's you know, it's the big guys, it's Beast of War, and um, on the on the tabletop that really get any attention. The fact that CB even C, <laughs> uh, a, 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 a small Australian, we're loud. We're 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 just lo- a loud yeah. Australian podcast. We don't less we so, don't have the less so that yeah. now Julian's gone, but <laughs> um, Julian, you know, left. But you know, <laughs> we 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 are still pretty loud. Well, so, yeah. I, the, the fact CB, that we get anything from CB is, yeah. Well, CB you. also provides nice tools to get new players in at multiple levels. So like ITS, the previous ITS where you got direct action missions. So now you've got a bridging point between Code 1 and ITS. Um, yeah, so ITS. you can get players in at different levels depending on where their comfort zone is. Code one's a good point. Yeah, actually, I think I yeah. think for me, code, code, code one was a really great introduction to N four. So that was um, great for introducing new players to the game. I, st- I don't think it gets used very much now, but I think if we ever needed new players into the game, that's a good entry point. Um, what uh, actually question for you yeah, on not, that? Really... A friendly, friendly way to enter to a enormous yeah. game. Yeah, slightly related. About a year ago, I was. You know, sitting down having a chat with Coney, and we were talking about war cores and the war core program. And he did mention that the war core program is probably going to change. Um, or right. it's going to so, um, I, I mean, I guess Coney might have more information than yourself, but I guess, do you have any information on, on that, on the war core program, and how players and communities can promote the game, or how you can help players and communities promote the game? There are many fronts uh, where we're working uh, on on that, but you have never to forget that we are we are players too, mm. uh, and we love that game. So um, the important is to to contagious that passion for the game that you have, and you come on, you do this podcast in your free time. Oh, for free <laughs> so <laughs> that's fucking amazing so yeah from Campus Valley we're, we're always trying to to get that support and if you're going to make a, a big tournament we can we always try to give you prizes in in our yeah when we we can do it in or uh or promote the hobby for for example if you check the 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 last book band song you have more painting yeah uh, guys so it's a way to say hey this is not only a game uh, that you have to compete during ITS it's a hobby you can paint and spend hours relaxing or not with a brush your miniatures uh, losing your your scene right um and uh, yeah, the worker systems is going to change uh, to help that that players that have a lot of patience that wants to to give uh, a 
Timo to a, a you know, person to a stranger or people who made content like yours. So we are adapting that system because yeah, we have to change and adapt to the community because we not we we not only have to get new players, we have to keep the old ones. Right, because the old ones are going to be over messias, no, well, over prophets, over prophets. No? Like mm -hmm. this game is cool because don't forget that we are a small company. We can have an army of commercial guys that going to the stores or to the clubs to say, "Hey, buy my guy, my game." So you are our commercial guys, so we have to give you that support, and that's why we try to. To answer all the questions in the forums, in the Facebook, in in Twitter, in in Telegram and Discord, that that's fucking crazy, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we are going to try to do our best uh, and thought about new stuff, how to improve our support to the community. Okay, oh, that's a good answer. Um, all right, sorry, we did we did say quick fire round, didn't we? But we didn't quite do that. But we'll we'll try this in the next right. question. So. So uh, Fest asks, um, what meta slash rule would you change about Infinity if you had the chance? And would you make, or, and then he's giving some examples, like making medium infantry stronger or changing guided, that sort of thing. Uh, I know there's a bit of hypotheticals uh, here, but I guess quickfire, Jacob, what, what do you think? What's what's one thing you might change? Uh, I look. I just I, I miss I miss some of the varied hacking programs. I miss Red Rum and my uh, Red Rum and Maestro and stuff like that. So I wish there were some of those more interesting powers back. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or okay. the U turn programs come back. <laughs> Which ones? U turn. Oh yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Bring back oh, U turn. Yes. Oh, yeah. Bring bring back U turn. The, yeah, that's my one. Maybe in the future. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't uh, know. Uh, one one thing I really I really want to do, but maybe that the world uh, gets in fire. I don't know. Is like uh, is to take off the heavy weapons from the from the uh, infantry, steel. and only for the medium infantry or the heavy infantry can use that weapons. Oh. And, oh. and the specialists are they they. Um, so the big guy with the big armor, with the heavy, heavy machine gun, and the engineers, the light infantry, and to mix that, you know, to, to, that's my my that has, I would like to see in that movie. You know, like you have the big guy with big gun, the smart one, uh, the sneaky one. <laughs> More thinking on that uh, covert operations, like it's infinity, because okay. for now it's. But that's a tendency that mm, I really like the mobile brigade. I need a specialist on that unit. Okay, take yes. one. So every band, every troop can do everything, and I don't really like that okay. because right. I don't okay. know. Uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'd, um, I'd like to see, like on the medium street point, I'd like to see a better defined space for medium infantry because I feel like the the area between survivable light infantry and budget heavy infantry has gotten really narrow. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that medium infantry is like um, in in the land of nowhere. Like Yes. Yeah, yeah it seems Armor like they're light wind. infantry with more skills, but they don't have the survivability necessary to justify paying for those skills. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah totally. 
Yeah. 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 Do, do you remember one season when the 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 medium infantry infantry moved four two? And I give yeah. some that gave for what deployment you gave him. Like, I, I remember yeah. that. That was the I think that was courage or something. Yeah, yeah that and was, that then was really the, the the medium infantry move for four. That is it's a quite improvement yeah. for that. I love that how I love how every if how you made an in four every medium infantry in the game now moves four four except for grunts who are still four two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but grunts have infiltration and it's like hello. I cost mm, two points and I have like flower. And I mean, from you, like, are you going to do something? But I did. I did, so, yeah. I did like. I did like the idea of like if you took heavy heavy weapons away from light infantry and just gave it to the medium infantry, it would make sort of sense that the US mm. are just unpowered guys in a ton of armor with all their big guns. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Right. Um, yeah. What what one thing Gosh. I'd like to see, oh, and sorry. I think, and, I'll, and I'm and I'm gonna question whether this is just an oversight, but I know. Oh, sorry, uh, J- Josh, I forgot to ask you. I will ask you oh, once. I, I was just gonna be the voice of the people and say, bring back sniffers. Um, oh yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, we've had a few people in the in the chat asking for Sniffer to come back. Oh, also, and uh, on a personal note, um, I think Let's... CC in martial arts needs a little bit of a rework because I like bringing knives to my gun games. Yeah, we will see because when we do Code One, we have to to cut that that three of rules that we have to mm. you know get mm. to get the one hundred. Pages rules and it's like, whoa, Infinity is here because remember Infinity is like, hello, I'm Infinity. So whoa, I'm a new guy. I'm I, I'm scared of that game, but <laughs> Infinity, yeah. Uh, for me, Infinity is quite easy. It's a quite easy game. The base of the game, yeah. You you have your order. You can do this, move and shit and react that's it then you have a lot of rules and interactions but the, yeah. the base is is quite easy and that's the the great for infinity that you can learn how to play quite quickly uh, and you have a long way to to recover and and discover new stuff and new ways to play or new new tools to to make stuff that's a great but when I am uh, for a new player, you see all of that, and you have to see really only one hundred pages, and this ah okay perfect. So let's see, maybe lockpit sniffers. I don't know. It's really necessary. We have to think about it for N five. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> a while away. <laughs> um, maybe N six. Even Boo. I I had one that I I want to raise now as just a, as a rules thing. I just I'm just gonna slot it in there right now. So we you recently changed the rules on um, fire teams being able to declare different types of hacking programs. Right, so like one, if you've got two hackers in a link team, one person can declare Trinity, and the other one can declare a Spotlight. However, that does not apply to coordinated orders. And I'm just wondering, like, can we make that a thing, please, so that you can do multiple different hacking programs in one coordinated order rather than everyone having to do the same program? That would be, that'd be great. Thank you. That's all. That's one. That's yes. mine. Noted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the long, your long list of, like, notes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wait, I have a space here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we'll move on real quick. Um, so Jam800 asks, if you could change any profile in N4, what would it be and why? Mine's really quick. Make Tariq 
give him either three wounds or total immunity. That's all I want. Thank you. Uh, oh, then I'm <laughs> asking the curious question. I will, I will <laughs> give some love to this uh, to the seraph because yeah, Tikalan oh. is totally great. But hello, I'm seraph. That have to be a cool guy, but he's yes. totally eclipsed by the Tikalan. And hmm, I'm, which profile I will buff? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the avatar. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh no no the bulleteer maybe he bulleteer. needs four more points <laughs> four, four, four uh, more points and, and pull him down to MIM3 yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, um, Jacob two things uh, I like that I would like to see um, an N4 profile and points for the Megalodron yeah, because uh, yeah, right. I I never got to field him because I don't think we I got him before the rules changed. But uh, biggest thing is for me is the Tagma schema. I think try cause one of the biggest reasons to play Spiral. Um, and at the moment, I think Toha just overshadow it almost completely to make try call go from what it is to the uh, a p- impure five link five man link to a pure yeah, to five a, man a pure. link would give you would give a huge reason to play spiral call over um toha whilst like you know and except that you're sacrificing ava on the specialists you don't have the tack wheels anymore you know all those sorts of things yeah okay um josh um, Yojimbo, give Yojimbo shock immune. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can. Uh, kinda, That's not the worst yeah. take. You could have been. That's fine. It's fine. Nick? Uh, it's going to be a minor one, and it's going to be go back to Treek. Um, <laughs> the fact that the pinnacle of super soldiers forget, forgot how to walk on sand. Okay. And I give him Trey Desert back yeah, just because desert. <laughs> it bothers me that that rule just disappeared from the highest ranked of all the super soldiers. I'll yeah, point out, right. he is quite heavy. He Correct. Yes. He's, he, he's, he's he's he hates sand. It's coarse. <laughs> it's coarse. Okay. Um, we, uh, we've already talked about reinforcements. We're going to talk about that one. Uh, Trent asks, how does it feel to be the premier Australian Infinity podcast? Well, that's we've been like that for a while. We are number one Australian Infinity podcast. Soon to be number one Infinity in podcast. The world. Yeah, in the world. <laughs> after a defeat of um Well, it's just endurance space at this point. They keep dropping. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like we've white noise is gone, transmission matrix is gone, Maya cast is gone, RIP, and then we've just beaten Whip 12 into the ground in TTS. So what's who else is, who else is left? That's great, and you, you <laughs> do a great job and one hundred episode is quite amazing so you you thank can you. feel proud of it so thank you <laughs> celebrate yeah. appreciate that um and then um um last question um ed asked a question for for all for everyone favorite faction sectoral in the lore and why um so um, uh, Heloise, you want to go first Panoi, uh, Panois, I am going to say uh, Panosenia, uh, military orders, of course. Uh, and that's it. Why? Uh, why I started Panosenia? Because the nieces have a code. And for me, that's whoa, what is that guy with that techno 
armor with uh, a Blade Runner cowl. Like, I mean, <laughs> mm, true. I'm I'm gonna have to go again. Still, f first love, Aleph. I love the idea of post humans and recreating. You know, uh, people from history like the William Wallace and uh, Hector. I will say though, yeah. one of my favorite units and like their code um, that just like Heloise uh, mentioned is uh, the Fides, where their entire assassination, like, raise like their entire assassination method is to walk up, kill someone super publicly, and get killed. Mm. Yeah, uh, Josh. Uh, in the law, uh, I think the current law now, I think Spiral Core, the, uh, the wanted for crimes against humanity. Oh, what yeah. A, what a time to play Spiral Core. Um, is this, uh, is this story just for the enemy? Oh. Might be an end song. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it, it's definitely part of RTS 15. We, yeah. we, we want some, uh, some Toha. Just shoot them on site. We we would like we we want some Toha scalps, so I'm happy I mean, to facilitate it, by playing Spiral. <laughs> at, at, at the very at the very least, you can love Spiral Call because the entire incident that created Ariadna was Spiral Call's fault. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm happy to be that guy after after playing Combined Army. Yeah. Be you, I'm gonna have to go with Puck because something about playing the lightest shade of gray in a very gray universe. I was about to say, they're actually only ones you could say are good guys. Yes, the, the closest thing to. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I first started Infinity, I was being shown, it was a it was a Ariadna game versus, I think it was against Hackerslam. And I remember like when my friend was like, hey, you're Scottish, you'll love these guys. They wear, they wear kilts and they've got werewolves. I was like, yeah, that's a bit, a bit out there for sci-fi. And they're like, okay, well, if you don't like them, we've got these like, Scientist, scientist oriented um, Islamic people and I was like that sounds more my like that immediately drew me in oh and also they've got assassins and I'm like sweet done <laughs> like that's that was that was me I mean <laughs> yeah they've got the they had the they had the coolest lore as much as I love the re you know reincarnated William Wallace who looks a bit a little, little bit too much like Mel Gibson um I was I was sold on Hack Islam from the from the get-go the lore yeah for sure um all right well i think that's all the questions we have um anything else Great. from our audience i don't think so so think we're good yeah um so. thank you yeah thank you so much Heloise, for coming on um giving up your, your your afternoon to to join us over here in australia um really appreciate it thank you thank you for inviting me it's always a pleasure celebrate you deserve 100 episodes it's fucking amazing congratulations it's great thank you so much um before we before we do sign off uh, ourselves um i do have a quick announcement to make um this this is our hundredth or our, our 100th episode um, and it will also be my final episode. So I am oh. stepping away from the podcast. 
um, at least for a while. Uh, I have some um, some other things I need to take care of, but we have left the podcast obviously in, in excellent hands in uh, Jacob and Val, who's not on tonight, um, and Josh and uh, Nick, who are two of our newer hosts, uh, newest hosts, and they're going to be um, helping out and taking over the running of the podcast. So, um, yeah. I uh, just wanted to announce that at the end there, just to say thank you so much for everyone um, for the last few years for uh, helping support the podcast and make it what it is. But um, yeah, this will be my final time on the on the show. And uh, I, 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 until I you come back as a future guest, <laughs> <laughs> until we do our 200th episode, when I come back on uh, with, yeah. with with Nick and we talk, we wax lyrical about Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think just just before we wrap up, um, and a bit of a behind the scenes um, on the podcast is we obviously started a while ago. We had a number of hiatuses, and I think. Kevin was, I don't even think saying he was instrumental in getting the podcast into the pace and the way it is right now um, is saying enough. Um, he was the, probably at one point, the sole force keeping the podcast going. Um, and I think he's very much lit a fire under definitely my ass um, and has been uh, like a staple in the community. Uh, for as long as he's been part of this podcast and he has been yeah the 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 driving force the organizer um for loss of lieutenant and for a long time was probably its beating heart until um yeah until kev finally went like hey someone else needs to actually pick up the torch and we actually uh listened to his uh to his and advice you so, and you've been doing a, a, yeah. a fantastic job i took three months out to go travel europe and you guys did a great job and yeah. and now jacob you're now the longest running member of the podcast so congratulations um, i am and i'm going yeah. I, i'm go, i'm I, I i get the feeling especially after this episode i'm gonna go down with a fucking shit <laughs> oh um, no 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 don't, don't don't do a white noise on me don't don't no i'm just saying that, that, that means that he's I'll, got lots I'll of stamina be, i'll oh, be oh, here until it sinks <laughs> okay right yeah you'll be the last um, one he'll be the one who but, turns the lights out at the end yeah but yeah so um Pinata. from 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 the from the last longest uh standing uh podcast uh loss of lieutenant member thank you kevin for all that you've done for this podcast Thank you, Jacob. I appreciate it. Thank you, it. Kevin. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. All right. Well, okay. With that, uh, you've listening to another exciting episode of Loss of Lieutenant. My name's Kevin. I'm Jacob. I'm Nick. I'm Josh. And and I'm a random guy. Louise. <laughs> 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 All right. Good night, See you guys. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. We love you, Kevin. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.